doing what we have done from the beginning. Nothing in Jurassic World is natural. We have always filled gaps in the genome with the DNA of other animals. And if their genetic code was pure, many of them would look quite different. But you didn't ask for reality. You asked for more teeth. I never asked for a monster. Monster is a relative term. To a canary, a cat is a monster. We're just used to being a cat. Welcome to Jurassic World. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think what it says in the tin, it's best film ever. My name's Ian. And I'm Ethan. And that is it. We were the only ones that survived the dinosaurs. That's right, everybody else (laughs) is at the bottom of a, don't call it a fish tank. But uh, there, <laughs> no, I knew George would be away. Sometimes real life gets in the way and work schedules and things of that nature. So we are without Liam. But just like a T Rex arriving in the third act to somehow <laughs> save the day, we will be joined by not King of the Lizards, but King of the Directors, Jay Salahi, in just a few moments. So we're looking forward to catching up again with Jay. Ethan, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I I had to mute everything. I've got a massive uh, pot of tea. There you go. Because uh, I oh I need to keep myself going. This can be a really fun one <laughs> for me. Because you and I recorded already once today, actually. So yeah, is, yeah. We we is, did our Obi One episode. It's time number two. It's getting it's gonna be hard. Yeah. It's weird to switch back. Now I'm in the lead chair. Yeah. I make sure, but I'm in control of this. We got we got the big show now. <laughs> so yeah. here we are. Uh, let's go ahead and hey, let's just crack on as we always would, as we always should. Episode one twenty five. Whoa, Jurassic! Everybody got really excited. World, <laughs> and they went off. <laughs> uh, Speaking of 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 world. Uh, let's talk about what we charted this week. We charted in... Oh, you got to do you got Liam's part. See if you oh. remember this. We charted in America. In Canada. America. No, he doesn't, Canada. Do it for, he doesn't do it for America. Oh, does he not? No, he did. And then I was like, no, we don't do it for America. Yeah, okay. But he did it for America. We did it for Canada. Canada. There's the note. Uh, do it for Australia. Good eye. Uh, for South Korea, we charted in Norway, in Netherlands, Ooh. not the Denmark this week, but number 46 <laughs> in, the, in the Netherlands, uh, in Ooh. India, in Nigeria, in Egypt, in Qatar, number 24 Whoa. in Ghana, number uh, 64 here at home in the UK, and number chip, chip. five, thanks for leaving the light on. In Sierra, Sierra Leone. Leone. Yeah. Oh, nice. So uh, a little bit of promo stuff. If you didn't catch last week's episode with Hermes, go give that a listen. By the time oh, you're yes. finished listening to it, it should be time to start next week's podcast because it went <laughs> long, but it was good. It was a it was good, good one. We had one. lots of good feedback for that one. Also, recently, we've released uh, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, we've released... Uh, that was a Cedar Skip It. We've done a Cedar Skip It on yeah. the 2022 uh, revival season. That's the word I'm looking for. Revival yeah, yeah, season yeah. of Kids in the Hall. Um, we've also done episode one, two, and by now it should be episode three of Show yeah. Me Juan Kenobi, our <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi retrospective. So uh, lots of content after a bit of a, a quiet season for a couple of weeks there. A lot of yeah. stuff going on at the BFE. And I'm going to announce now what, what our big news is for, mm-hmm. we, we, we teased it actually today in the episode. Yeah. Um, our next Live and Uncensored, which we do as a perk for our Patreon backers, they can actually come and engage and watch the podcast as it takes place. So, Ethan, you may have to make your way over to the Studio Awesomeness for, 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 for oh, this one. yeah, definitely for that one. Uh, July 3rd, we will be doing Ooh. Thor Ragnarok. 
and oh! Thor Ragnarok. We are doing that is our Thor week. That is our Thor Love and Thunder wow. week. So we are going to do a Thor Ragnarok uh, proper full episode. Oh, I love that. We're in debates whether we're going to do a, new, a, a complete because we did review Thor on Talking the Mickey, but we haven't done mm. it on the main feed. We're talking either do we sort of top and tail it and leave the the bulk of the old one in, or do we give it a fresh watch? We're going to talk about that one there. But we're going to do something with Thor. We're going to release a review of Thor for sure as well, and we're going to okay. do a watch along of uh <laughs> thor the dark world oh. so i can crap on it in real time that is a that's a groan along but the that, that'll be our first taiku movie as well yeah but the highlight is going to be the live and uncensored on yeah. the uh, thor ragnarok Ju- that's the week of july 3rd whether july 3rd is the end or july 3rd is the start i haven't determined and hopefully we will finish the week by doing our proper see it or skip it on thor love and thunder Oh, nice. So I'm gonna come with some sort of, we need some sort of a, a, a branding for it, but something about, you know, it's, it's a thunderful life, maybe. I don't know. There's a, it happens this fast, right? So we will, <laughs> we will see. Um, also we've got coming up and I'm hoping to talk to the group and see if we can do this in the next couple of weeks, our real roundtable on Bruce Willis, the best of Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. Get your lists in on the Patreon, not Patreon, geez, on the Twitter, uh, respond to the, necessary tweet with your top five on the patreon your top 10 uh rank them in order one to five with the hashtag bfe top five and we'll see how your list compares with the bfe list the people's list versus the bfe list and we've had a couple references to the patreon let's go ahead and give them a shout out now because they keep the lights on here at the studio of awesomeness i'm talking reverend bruce julene hermes oslander lena oberholzer katie mccray ensign ian davies chris peterson randall what's your twitter handle silva that's dwayne smith dwayne smith not not that bad <laughs> the Yeet Meister. Yeet. <laughs> this lag is going to kill us. Nate the I'm Great. Sorry. Hey. Cheesy. With a fish on a bike. With a fish on a bike, indeed. All right. So let's do some reflections and corrections from last week, shall we? We released a couple of, uh, couple of pieces of material. Uh, first thing, I gotta say, Hermes did a great job. It was great to have oh, him yeah. on. Uh, he always chooses, like these, ba- as, as our, as our BFFs of the BFE usually do. Mm. They provide films. It's, we haven't had one yet where I'm like, yeah, that's crap. <laughs> They've all been decent films. Uh, not just That's decent, not a challenge. Strong either. films. No, it's not a challenge to race to the bottom here. Uh, <laughs> um, he had some, I'll say this much. I had to go let Pip out at one point. I was watching mm. Pip um as, as a as a favor and i was letting pip outside and Hermes had some very nice things to say about the pod and it was yeah. uh, it wasn't until i went back to edit that, that i heard these things i just wanted to say thanks Hermes. i didn't respond at the time because yeah. i didn't hear him i was i was out <laughs> taking care of pip making sure he wasn't bar- let him out because he was barking and then he barked outside and i was trying to get him back in so uh there we go um we've got a shout out here from ian davies who says great episode guys and hermes loved all the tangents come for the film stay for the conversation uh julian says really love the tangents this week i hope so because there were a lot of them last week i <laughs> know uh, georgia this week and she, i was just thinking to myself ethan i, I was thinking <laughs> she talked about how it took her to the end of her, when she was writing her review to realize yeah. hugh grant was in the film 
She yeah. never commented on Colin Farrell, so I'm convinced she does not know that Colin <laughs> Farrell is in the film. So next week, we have to, have to, have yes. to ensure that we ask if she realized that Colin Farrell from, from, from In Brookies, all the way from episode three, and of course he was whatever in Dumbledore. Oh, yeah. Well, he was in Pokemon Go the movie, uh, Fantastic yeah. Beasts, and where to find them. So I'm curious to see what is happening uh, there. Uh, Nate the Great says another great episode this week. I'm glad you guys enjoyed the gentleman and even snatch as much as me also i guess i'm in the minority when it comes to the lobster and the killing of a sacred deer just didn't enjoy them at all and that's more your stuff i said i have a feeling that i wouldn't like them myself either but uh, it's a very it's a very specific taste it's a bit it's dark humor and then also how far can we go sometimes it's 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 very artsy outlandish but it's an interesting. Also, uh, lobsters go. Uh, Mr. Cellophane. Oh, what's his name? Um, John C. Riley. Yeah, it's got John C. Riley. He's great in that film. There's a mistake. I think I made. Oh no! I haven't verified this. I'm told this one's you. Oh, from our friend Step Taylor, who says there's a mistake. I think Ethan's made. Season two of True Detective starred Colin Farrell, Vince Vaughn, and Rachel McAdams. Marshala um, Ali was in season three, not season two. You know the best thing? I said that with like semi confidence. I have never seen True Detective. Yeah, I, I just I, I just went through, through my, my thought. I got through halfway through season uh, not season one episode one of season one and went. <laughs> I don't get this, and I turned it off. Um, so he says season one was one of my fave TV. Season two was a crashing disaster. Three was dull, and I pieced out a few episodes. In Andy Dixon says, "Wow, that was a marathon this week." Can imagine how long the actual recording and how much Ian edited to get it four seconds under four hours. I did. I did. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not putting something out that's four hours plus. It will be under the four hour mark. It's a hell of a task whenever I see like, it's like three hours, 59 minutes and like 52 seconds. Yeah. Like, that, that, I know that was a, that was a trial. That was, that was something I've done to get it under there. Yeah. yeah. It says first time I've heard Hermes enjoyed his contributions and the rabbit holes and tangents y'all went down. Thanks a lot for telling Ooh. us, Andy. Uh, Ed from the film effects says I'm coming back to this because the entire conversation on marijuana really added to an already enjoyable listen. I found it fascinating to hear how weed culture in the UK is almost non-existent. Also found it fascinating. It's still so frowned upon. Level C question mark. So that leaves me with this question for Ian, Liam, and or Hermes. I'm going to throw you into this one, buddy. Okay. Where are you at with the topic of marijuana being criminalized, but alcohol can be bought worry-free and legally? Um, I guess I'm here. I'll st- it, it's personally, I'm in favor of legalization. I don't partake, mm. but I am in favor. That being said, the laws of the country where I live in say it's illegal. And as such, I'm not, there's no reason for me to start getting involved with trying to see the legalization or hypocrisy with the fact that booze is legal and weed isn't. I just, I don't have a dog in the fight, so to speak. Uh, I'm in favor of legalization, but not enough to go ahead and do that. And uh, there was a lot of information that Hermes talked about and that Ed talked about and someone else talked about. I I just don't care. And I just don't care because I I don't partake. So I don't know enough to know where the push is here. Um, the hypocrisy about booze versus wheat. I, I can, I can, I guess, conceptually get your point. Um, I, I just don't know enough about it. And it does seem to be, and this is not a shot at anybody in particular, but it does seem to be that people who are really in favor of weed legalization go really hardcore for that. 
and 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 it's like a vegetarian who you sit down beside and is going <laughs> to talk your ear off about you know why vegetarianism is is the humane thing to do and do you know all the things yeah. that they i don't and i don't i don't really want to i don't have a dog in the fight i don't know enough about it i'm going to shrug my shoulders and go in this country it's just not a a thing nor do i think i feel that there's a groundswell of people looking to get it legalized any sort of mass um situation i'll say this much i was in high school in the late 90s in canada i felt more of a groundswell even amongst political parties coming into the school talking to us than i do um than i do here now i just don't think I think because of a lack of agricultural land, there's not that it's, it's just not everywhere as much as it was when I was growing up in, mm. in elsewhere. I don't walk down the street and smell people with it. <laughs> I don't, I don't go to concerts and smell it all around me. It just seems it's not as present. And I think a part of that is agricultural land. I just don't think people yeah. have their own private grows. So there's me. Is there anything you want you want to add to that? Uh, it's, it's weird for me because obviously, uh, where I, where I have been in Cambridge for the last couple of years, um, since like 2015, 2016, I have been more in contact. I've, I've never, I've never partaken. It's, it, even with, with the booze, I, I don't really drink either, except like once every so often if it's like a shot of whiskey. Um, I don't have it. This like you said, I don't have a dog in the fight. I think it's because I've been so almost desensitized. I just, I'm not really phased. Yeah. Like if it's legalized, okay, sure. Yeah. It'll make, it'll make it easier to partake and stop like any dangerous strains. I know a couple of people have been negatively, negatively affected by, yeah. um, that's part of my justification for legalization. Yeah. You know, you, at least yeah. you know where it's coming from. You know, yeah. there's a, a check and a balance it's been through. Yeah. And I, I'm, I think I'm just not, I'm not as fussed if it is, if uh, it's just one of the, one of those things. I think we've seen the last couple of years with, with America, it's not, it's not really done anything too terrible from what I can see from any study. So I'm, I'm just so indifferent. I'm not really fussed if, if it, if it does become a thing, it doesn't affect me whatsoever. Cause I'm not, my lifestyle doesn't really change. Yeah. Um, a closing word from uh, my sister. I don't have the button queued up, so sorry. Uh, says, I've been in one of the many dispensaries around me in a three-kilometer radius. She's got four stores she could buy from. It's bizarre. Everything's under glass, like at a jewelry store, and you have to point out what you want. 20 CBD, I'm guessing that's just something that's a term that I don't know, uh, are $30, which would be about, I don't know, around, around the 20, 22 pound mark. Uh, I think Ian, so, yeah. Ian's also correct about how expensive <laughs> you're doing the Canadian to British exchange rate. You have no idea what the Canadian to British exchange rate is. I'm comparing it to what America is. I'm assuming no, it's around that same kind of no, it's, it's, yeah, a Previous time, maybe. Not so much now. Um, Ian's also correct about how expensive alcohol is in Ontario. 750 mil of OK wine is 15 to $25. I'd call that, Ooh. oh, I don't know, 9 to 17 pounds. Good wine is about 40 I'd call that about 27 pounds. Um, so, you know, if, you, if you're planning on drinking wine, it requires a second job. Uh, I'm not sure how hard spirits compare us. I haven't purchased them elsewhere. Great hearing Hermes contribution. Loved Liam, Ethan, and Ian as always. Hashtag great pod, poor film. I disagree with that. Wow. Uh, Andy Dixon shouted this out. Said just watch the first three Obi-Wan episodes and the BFE drop. Show me one Kenobi. Hashtag it's all about timing. And um, Hermes says, again, Ian's the voice of reason uh, on this latest apprehensive take. Go ahead and listen to it. If you're watching it on Disney Plus, and you should, I think. I think it's, uh, hmm. I think it holds up well. But uh, go ahead, watch it. And then if you're so inclined, listen to the two of us prattle on about it a little bit. 
Yeah. Let's move on to shout out, shall we? And we'll start yeah. with Julene, 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 Julene. I just waving, I saw, I was waving my waving fingers. Finger. I'm going, do not join me on this. <laughs> uh, we got Josh, your next favorite movie for always sounding the gong. Uh, we are trying to pin down. Uh, I, I, Ethan, I think you've got your film choice in. I've got my film yeah, choice in. Liam's just given me the choice to get to Josh. There's just one more waiting on Georgia for best month ever, too. A best month boogaloo. Hey. Uh, Carlo for all the love. Love me some Carlo. Love me. Hey. Love me the movie loot. Um, cheesy for the mashup of Ethan's noise into James Brown. We retweeted that. <laughs> go, go go to the Twitter uh, on, on at best film of her pod and check out that that fine, fine audio production. I had I, such a smile on my face seeing that. I've never had that happen with anything. I've, I'm I've wondering. Done. I can probably do this in a way that you won't be able to hear it, but, but our listeners definitely will. So yeah. I'm going to go ahead and plug that in right now and say where have i put this here it is let me pause it let me go back to the start let me unmute it there we go unmute it and hopefully the the thing i can enjoy like was it infinity war without needing to go ah! I, feel good. I knew that i wouldn't Thank you, Cheesy. Much appreciated that. It was incredible. Did, were you able to hear that? Probably not. I could, I could cut. I heard a little the, bit. The, yeah, yeah. It was silent. Just hear. I just heard like the outline of wah. <laughs> so there we are. Uh, we've got in film we trust podcast for the love. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for sending the gong yourselves. Uh, Ray from hey. being bookish, who's always very witty. Yeah. God bless her. Does an excellent job and has an excellent podcast. If you're into reading, mm. being bookish. That's your thing. Uh, Ed from the Film Effect, uh, who, of course, we were just talking about a little bit in our marijuana conversation, really digging this conversation so far. And I'm sincerely honored we're the reason Ian watched this to begin with. Hey, ain't no thing but a chicken wing, brother. I uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, Ian Davies uh, said, Back to the Future was trending, uh, I noticed. And he said some of the tweets about it are saying that if Back to the Future was made today, Marty would travel back to 1992. So I was hoping oh Liam God. would be here to talk about it. Whoa, it's twisting my melon and all the things that Liam <laughs> says. Um, but no, it's crazy because I really remember 92. And I think the world's changed less from 92 to now than it did from 85 to 55. Maybe that's you just have me. a hell of a technological change. I, yeah, I think the internet. Yeah. Internet and, and yeah. everything that gives us. But as far as just kind of the way that people are, I don't, maybe that's just my rose tinted glasses going, hey possibly i th- i think it's i think if you compare the general like even media wise from the 90s to now there's definitely a difference i'm not sure what exactly i think it's more just people you see if anything still about the same uh science fiction remnant for the love and saying the gentleman was a great episode and then ian davies got a hold of us for some yeah. reason he's posted a picture of coffee flavored guinness in the uh in the patreon group chat that we have oh uh, I think it was the Patreon group chat. It was definitely is that that or it was yes, because everyone was posting their Guinnesses. Yes. So yeah, he said, "I drove to Lynn today just to get this coffee flavored Guinness." Uh, again, if Liam was here, Liam messaged me to say he couldn't make it just as I was walking to the till with these beers, and I'm going. Oh. Oh, this would have been a great bit of content. I'm still going to do it. <laughs> I'm still going to do it. So I'm going to have myself here a. Uh, a live taste test. I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna hand over my t- to Ethan for a minute. I want yeah. him to sort of describe my visual interpretation here oh of the Guinness. So I'm gonna hand it over to Ethan right now. Yeah, and you go ahead. Okay. 
So as you can see here, the gentleman is bringing the glass to his uh, mouth. He's taking a sip. He's really going for his wig. He's contemplating. He's thinking about it. He's looking kind of inquisitive, tilting his head, nodding. Uh, a slightly positive choice, I think. You know what? That's a strangely delicious beverage. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it brings out, there's like, Guinness kind of has a natural kind of chocolatey kind of feel to it anyway. Oh, okay. And the coffee kind of brings that to the fore. And it's not, it, it tastes like kind of like a cold roast kind of uh, coffee with like, oh, hints, okay. which is probably what it, I mean, it's what it is. It's, it's cold roast coffee and it's Guinness, but mm. it actually really does work together, I think. So I'm is getting, it like a, an Irish coffee? Like you have an iced coffee with like a, a shot of a shot of sun? No, it's not. It's not like you take like a coffee and you'd put like some uh, oh, like Bailey's or something like yeah. that into it, or or even like a spirit. It's it's interesting. I think the coffee flavor is carrying it, but the consistency between Guinness and coffee is so similar anyway. Uh, no, it, it's it surprisingly works. So I'm going to give that Ooh. the uh, the BFE seal of approval. There we go, Liam. You could you could have been part of this, buddy, but uh, no. <laughs> Bless him. He's got to sleep. He did an evening shift into a morning shift, so uh, he's a bit zonked out. So there we go. Um, so Ian Davies, thanks for that. Really enjoyed that. I got three more to finish off. Not tonight. I got to work in the morning, but uh, <laughs> no, it's really it's really quite lovely. Uh, hmm. So Wizard Pod for the love, shoot the flick for the love. New listener Holly, who oh. you know I was doing my usual pitch. Just where's people yeah. looking? Where are they looking for pods? I'm like, hey give us a try if you're if you're into films i always really say give us five minutes if we're not for you that's great you'll know pretty quickly if 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 we're not for you we're not the get through a film in 20 minutes kind of pod there are pods that do that it ain't us (laughs) but if you're up for it here's what we do and holly got a hold back and said hey three episodes down friends gray's anatomy and knives out and i'm obsessed also you made me realize knives out is my favorite film ever Wow. So there we go. You might Joe say Logan. that our pod's a donut hole inside of a donut <laughs> hole. I, I want to give a shout out to Josh, by the way, because he tagged me in a post by someone saying, what's some good Star Wars accounts to follow? And the, the person who uh, he tagged me and followed me back and it discovered that it's it's an assistant of a Star Wars writer that I've been a fan of for like Early. six years. So thank you, Josh. That's a dream come true. Yeah. Turn them on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else do we got here? We've got uh, Hermes from the Scuttlebutt Podcast. Always a pleasure. Gift Jeez. of the week. The random word was cannabis with um, gifts given to us by Julene, Ian Davies, Chris Peterson, Nate the Great, Russell, Josh, my next favorite movie, and Cheesy with a fish on a bike. And Cheesy would have won. Um, he did Marshall Erickson from, from uh, How Much Your Mother? Uh, Eating a Sandwich. Yeah. Oh, incredible. But we were told very specifically last week, it's not weed, it's cannabis was the word. Oh, so yeah. So I think the sandwich, of course, is a metaphor for smoking a joint. So I don't think yeah. that can win. So, yeah. Um, also, there was a, a Nate the Great did Snoop Dogg. But again, that's weed. That's not mm. cannabis. The winner is, and it feels like it goes to this category more often than not, but the winner is going to go to Josh, your next favorite movie. It's the Homer <laughs> bit with the hedge. Where he goes backwards, oh, but the hedge yeah. has been replaced by cannabis plants. <laughs> I did laugh. <laughs> it was excellent. So that's Josh, your next favorite Incredible. movie with the win this week. If you want to be involved in our little gift of the week competition, you want to just let us know. Um, stay, to the, Listen to the uh, random word at the end when we start the end game, and then let us know your uh, your thoughts there, and let us know. Share a gift. It's just really quite simple as far yeah. as that goes. So uh, I'm going to go ahead. 
And I'm going to ping the uh, the link over to Jay Salahi. That has now gone on. I'm just going to say, if you like what we do here at the Studio of Awesomeness, there's two ways that you can help us out. You can support the pod by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash BFE. We kept it simple for you. Uh, just pure support of the pod. I like this. I want to keep it on the air. I don't want it to go anywhere. Starts as little as three British pounds a, a, a month. That's as little as it's less than $5 US a mm-hmm. uh a month, uh, all the way up into this other tiers. Feel free to go ahead and look at that. The other option is you can go ahead and you can write a review for us on either uh, Apple or Spotify. I know people ask for this all the time. It really does help with the algorithms into pushing kind mm. of the pod into other people's framework. It's like when you go on YouTube and they say, here's some videos you might like. Some of it is based on your past viewing, but some of it's also based on what's trending in bigger sort of circles. And there's people who have found us because for that moment, we must have been trending in their region. And sort of it was, if you like this podcast, you'll like this pod and sort of threw us up there. So the more engagement we can get, the more it helps the pod. And so what would take two minutes of your time would uh, would be gr- with the, the impact of that would last far longer. So I am sitting here going, if you're able to do it, uh, please go ahead and uh, I don't know. Show us a little love. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. I, I will say this. I'm very excited about what next week's film choice is going to be as well. I'll say that. I'll say I'm more Jurassic excited. Jurassic World 2. Only. <laughs> I've not seen Jurassic World 2, actually, as luck would have. Oh, it's. I, I don't I'm throwing cards on the table. This is gonna be a really fun one for me because this is like the schlockiest film ever. I, I'm on my, my fifth uh, cup of tea since we started because I know it's gonna be a rough one. Jurassic <laughs> World 2. Jurassic World 2 is like everything bad about the first one dialed to a million, and they go, What if we did the stupidest thing ever? Really? Because that's saying something in this universe. Because really, yeah. if you want to consider it. There's been one really strong movie in the franchise, and it was the first. Yeah. 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 Like it's. Uh, we had Debbie on, I think, when we did Jurassic yeah. Park one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, Debbie, if you're out there. Um, well, she's out there, whether she's listening or not. Different story. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know. There's that. Uh, as Jay comes on here, uh, just. Hey. We'll let him see if he can connect to the audio here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think he's there. Uh, Jurassic Park t shirt in tow. We are joined at this time. Hey by the writer and director of Northwood Pie, friend of the podcast, a kindred spirit. We've got Jay Salahi. How are you, Jay? Hello, how are you? Thanks for having me on, and thanks for the wonderful introduction. It gets better every time. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the more you come on, the more I will absolutely adorn you with well-earned superlatives and platitudes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Those words coming out of nowhere. (laughs) Jeez Louise. Uh, How you doing, Jay? You all right? I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, 10 a.m. over here. I had a late night last night on Saturday, but I, I made it here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're, we're quite tame in, in, in comparison. It's, uh, what's it, just gone 6 over here? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like 6.20. Yeah, it's just gone, yeah, just a little bit past 6 in the evening, in the evening. Um, and so just sitting here on my Sunday evening thinking about what I got to do at work tomorrow. So it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a tale of two experiences for sure. Um how how goes the greater sort of filmmaker life though what's what what what's what's going on with you and your exciting your exciting world over there yeah so paying the bills wise i'm working a lot on uh commercials and promos I do a lot of like i did ads for the uh, billboard music awards and we do a lot of ads mm. for like star trek i got to be a a second ad on uh one of the commercial shoots so i got to like 
meet the cast and walk them from set to set and kind of hand them off and stuff. So, I mean, it's always fun to do that type of stuff. Oh, and then cool. personal, personally, I'm just doing a short film. It looks like I'm shooting next month, which is a little test for the feature I'm going to shoot next year that I'm still working on in, in, in you know, when I'm not doing my own uh, paying the bill stuff. That is excellent. <laughs> oh, it's, it's just such a nice window into into the bigger world. I mean, we, we we sit here and we talk and we pretend to know what we're on about, but it's always a joy to have Jay to come on and destroy any credibility people out there think I might have. <laughs> because no, uh, I I I look at things from that that uh, <laughs> hypothetical, um, I guess, slightly academic perspective, but uh, then you know the guy doing it comes on and i'm it's just it's just a far superior experience so we are the better for your inclusion sir thank you very oh much. yeah too kind too kind and you can catch jay's film just while we're talking about it northwood oh, yeah. pie on amazon prime in every territory except the uk <laughs> yes you can still rent or buy it you in can the still, uk though you can still rent nice. and it's definitely worth it's definitely worth it without question a, a a lovely lovely little film and i mean that without any condescension i mean that in its in its, in its positive interpretation of it a lovely little film. thank you and if you watch it and dm me because i'm i'm a nobody still i'll keep memory of it and you know if for some reason i make it i'll send you a goodie package someday so hey, there you know, we are. worth it in the long run <laughs> absolutely here's a weird one and we can sidestep this if we want to Ooh. anybody want to talk about the johnny depp trial for two minutes oh boy i need i need <laughs> more tea um i i wasn't one of these guys who was really following it um i'll tell you what scared me I'll, let's do this instead let's talk about the public's reaction to the johnny depp trial that's the part which yeah. i want to get a hold of people who were like <sighs> i saw th- instance after instance of people posting memes or gifts or 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 jokes and they were all about the concept of um and I think there's, there's some very real topics to talk that, that that this trial brought brought to the mm. fore the idea about you know can men be victims the idea about um um standing with 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 accusers and and realizing what what what, what purpose does like due process and like a court of law still have in our society but it seemed like it was just getting boiled down to people's affinity towards characters and um i I saw one and there's this one that sort of this theme that kept coming up was that johnny depp should walk up to amber heard at the end and say you'll remember this is the day you almost caught captain jack sparrow and i'm going he's not he's he's not his character (laughs) i physically cringe (laughs) at that it's 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 yeah and i think it speaks to our society's inability now to distinguish because of i don't know it's because of reality tv or what the deal is but Mm. to, to turn everything into a uh into a media property and i i know the trial was televised 24 7 365 and and that's not helping matters any Hmm. but these became almost like characters in your new favorite true crime sort of series and it was uh it just made me feel sad for society that that, that, that's my that's my take on it yeah the amount i've seen like tiktok i i've stopped using tiktok for a while because every like third video that pops up is someone doing a skit or making fun of it or being like, ha ha ha. She said dog stepped on B. That's funny. Uh, and it's not, I just don't, I, it's boring. And um, I saw someone that was like, oh, I know Johnny Depp would never do this. And I'm, you don't know the, <laughs> you don't know these people. I'm sorry. Celebrities, right. celebrities are not your friends. No. You don't know them. You don't know what goes on in their life. And I, I used to love Kevin Spacey and I, and everything I went, ah, okay, maybe not. I don't know him. 
So who, 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 who's to say? I, I just, it's, it's, it's not a sport. It's not a show. And someone was saying this is like millennial OJ trial where it becomes this cultural phenomenon. And I just, people used it for clout. And that's not what you should do for this uh, severity of a, of a, of a case. I, I, yeah, it's, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I have no comment really on like the actual trial mm-hmm. or anything. As you're saying, I, I don't, I haven't keep up with it. I don't know enough information about either thing, but like you said, I mean, we don't know these people. Um, and on top of that, like, I think it's more about the reaction and people follow, like you're saying, like it's a true crime thing. Like it's this, it's just this story that people want to be caught up into. And like you said, we live in a generation and we're part of it right now. Right. Or talking about it. Like you make content off of content, right. Yeah, and yeah. everyone wants to kind of profit from that. And it's like this, it's this new thing. It's trending. So it, we almost can feed it, make it bigger than it is because everyone wants to, it's trending. So, Oh, if I tweet about it too, maybe I'll get more likes and I'll do this. And it becomes this thing, but it also goes to like stand culture or like saying like fan yeah. culture where people really just, they see a character on screen and they just, he must be that person in real life and they, or she must be this person in real life. And they must be like that. And like saying, we don't know these people. We have no idea. I don't know how nice or how mean anybody is, you know? And I personally, as someone who like works in the thing, I only really judge people by like, if I'm on set with them and like how they acted on set. But then even then it's like, okay, it's one random Sunday. Maybe they had a bad day. They weren't supposed to be there. Their daughter's there. And the one person had a great day and like someone got bad news. So it's so hard to judge these things and to judge, you know, anybody off this. And anytime you're that supportive, not supportive, but like, this involved or like kind of wrapped up in something. It's a little strange. People don't have an objective opinion on anything. Um, and I didn't really pay attention to it, but I just saw it. Like it was all over my social media feeds mm-hmm. every single type. And it was, it was kind of insane. Go ahead. Yeah. Ethan, you gonna say something? Oh, no, I, I, I was, I think cause everyone's like, so, uh, black and white with things. You can't have this, uh, I don't know. You have to sort of say if you do, and I don't know anything about this trial. And I'll be quite honest, I don't want to look into it because it terrifies me. And I think uh, it's done more damage for a lot of online spaces than it probably needed to. So I've I've just avoided it. And until something comes out and like in a proper official document, I'll go okay, and I'll focus on other things. I there's like maybe two celebrities that I've ever been like okay, I'm going to have a genuine negative. Uh, opinion of you because of actions that i've witnessed and that's who is it was uh, the cara dune girl for gina carano yep. and that's just because like actively or uh, openly awful and lawrence fox who again i've seen be actively openly awful uh, i know nothing about anyone else uh we're gonna talk about chris pratt in this episode um i know nothing mm. about his personal life I've seen things that made me go, okay, that's re- that's concerning. But again, I know nothing. And I'm going to be Chris Pratt. Just he doesn't affect my personal life. These people don't affect no. my personal life. And unless they do a terrible thing that causes something to affect my personal life, I I can't I can't have an opinion that is valid enough. I think. And this 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 whole uh, Johnny that member heard thing has just felt like that because I I just don't I know nothing about this. I know I don't think I ever I fully can't, ever will 
Yeah, I'm not, it's just that I'm not really even that interested in it. <laughs> it's just it was just everybody getting wrapped up in it. And maybe I think it affected us less in the in the UK, Ethan, because of the, yeah, yeah, because of a time delay, and it was the trial was going on when many of us were doing our evening stuff, and it wasn't just like random. It never became really, I don't think, uh, water cooler conversation over here in the way I think it probably did yeah. in the states. Plus, we had our jubilee. We were more focused on the Queen. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting that um, as soon as the trial was over, that's when, um, oh, what's her name? Oh, Will Smith's wife. Oh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Jada Pinkett Smith decided yeah. that's when she was going to make her comment on, on Chris Rock and Will Smith at the Oscars. It's like, <laughs> okay, so is someone else's crazy done? All right, now let's, 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 let's stoke these fires back up again. It's that 24-hour news cycle. It, it just, it never ends. Yeah um let's talk about let's talk about something else that never seems to end anymore. and that, that, that's the jurassic world franchise uh, here we are so uh jay of course is, is brought on because jay is a massive jurassic park fan um i thought he was oh. leaning back to do a t-shirt thing again but yeah um we used to, I, if i recall correctly when you were on previously you said that you remember was it like one of those like um did you see this you saw this in cinemas right now this was sorry. You saw Jurassic Park one in cinemas, yes? Yeah. And well, well, no, because I was uh, only six months old. Um, I have oh, seen Jurassic God. Park in cinemas, <laughs> <laughs> but I have seen Jurassic Park in cinemas nine times. So I go to wow. advanced screenings all the time if I can. If it's a screening, I go and see it. Um, but I saw the Lost World Jurassic Park at four years old, um, which was way even scarier than Jurassic Park to go to at four years old. Probably I was terrified. Um, <laughs> But it was, it, you know, it hooked me. I got all the toys for The Lost World. And then oh. secondly, on top of that, when I was eight, when I watched Jurassic Park, the making of for the first time, that's when I fully decided that I wanted to work in movies when I watched that making of. Because I realized, you know, Jurassic Park's not real. You know, Indiana Jones isn't real. Star Wars isn't real. But the way to make it real or the closest you can get to it is to, to make the movie and go on the adventure of making the movie is the closest to actually going on the Star Wars, right? Or going yeah. to Jurassic Park or being with Indiana Jones is to go make the movie. So, so Jurassic Park does have a strong place in my heart. I also have three like full size frame Jurassic Park posters in my living room, and I have like tons of Jurassic Park props and like lots of little posters. Like I have more Jurassic Park stuff than anything, so it's definitely my favorite. So this is your like number one fandom kind of thing. This is still, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not a fandomy type of person. Yeah, like, maybe, I love maybe fandom Park is the wrong I, word, but yeah. Yeah, no, but I and I collect stuff, and I'm obsessed with Jurassic Park. But like, I'm also like, you know, if they never made another Jurassic Park movie again, I wouldn't care. If they never made one, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm glad as a kid, but I'm not one of those people who's like, I love Star Wars. I'll watch everything nope. they make. But if they never make a Star Wars movie, like I have the ones, they're great. I, they can make new stuff that I like just as much Star Wars. That is I'm a mood that I that I feel within my heart. Great, yeah. and I love these great things. Like being over yeah. sheets, you know. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Let's talk about what it is, what it is. Why are we doing this? Of course, because Jurassic World 3, what are they calling this one? Um, Dominion? Dominion. Apocalypto. It's, it's, so, it's yeah. some destructive buzzword. I think Dominion sounds right, yeah. Yeah. I actually uh, do have to add real quick. I do, because I kind of made it seem like I'm not, my fandom down. Please, Steve, uh, Universal, Jurassic Universe, number seven, eight, or nine. I'm still, I still want to do it. Don't, don't let my, don't let my, I, I'm lying. I, I love Jurassic Park. I'm the biggest fan. Make a hundred of them you're, and let me direct any of them. Okay? You're going to hear why back. it's important to put this good stuff into the universe. I got, I got news for you. Yeah, you want to be putting forward that. Yeah, must go faster. Uh, why, yeah. why are we doing this? Of course, because the new one's coming out. Uh, this, but the first one, let's go all the way to the start of the new trilogy. 
always scary words to hear. Let's go yeah. to whatever franchise it is. Let's go to the start of the new trilogy um, and talk about Jurassic World 1, which had no subtitle. Um, directed by Colin Trevorrow, who also did Jurassic World Dominion. That's really it. I mean, the guys, as far as things of note, these he's, he sort of got gifted this pretty early on. Yeah, he did this, The Book of Henry, which is one of the worst films I've ever seen. And then he got kicked off of Star Wars 9 because it was so oh, bad. Oh, is that supposed to be him? Yeah, he's, okay. he's suppo- he was supposed to do Star Wars 9. I've read the script of Star Wars 9. Because I heard there was someone who was supposed to do n- n- number 9, and, yeah. and he, he got booted. That's why JJ came back. Okay. Yeah. I he think it would have been worse than guaranteed me. before Jurassic World, which I must say is a, Oh, is a that was him! It's a really good movie. And That's a fun it's, one. It's, sometimes all you need to do is the right person to see it. Frank Marshall sh- saw it, showed it to Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg saw it and said, hey, this is great. This guy should do Jurassic World. <laughs> Lucky. Like, sometimes you get the dice gets rolled your way. Uh, this was written, the screenplay, uh, by Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver, who are a screenwriting tandem, who gave us The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, uh, the entire new trilogy of Planet of the Apes, uh, 2020's Mulan, and will be on the forthcoming Avatar 3. Not Avatar 2, but Avatar 3. I like the new Planet of the Apes trilogy. Mulan, I've not seen. I like, I've seen two thirds of the new trilogy and, and liked mm. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I just never found, when they kept switching the, the human protagonists, I kind of lost my rooting interest each step. So I do mean to finish the Planet of the yeah, Apes trilogy. It was, it was more of a, I think they realized I threw through the second one. Maybe this should be a Caesar film. And then they went in that direction halfway through that one. Yeah. Um, cinematography by John Schwartzman, who did Heathers, Benny and June, oh. The Rock. Armageddon, <laughs> Pearl Harbor, Sea Biscuit, National Treasure, The Amazing Spider-Man, Save Mr. Banks, The Founder, and if Liam was here, I wrote this down for him, Last Christmas, look up. Oh. Yeah, so he's, tre- he's trending the wrong direction in recent yeah, years. He, he's got like, it's like an up and down and then a plummet. I mean, I like, oh, I, I love him. The Founder. I really do. I think it's a mm. wonderful little film. Uh, Save Mr. Banks is great. I never saw Amazing Spider-Man. I wasn't ready for another Spidey after Toby. Not because I like Toby. Film. I was wow. just, I didn't want to see Toby to begin with. So why, why do it again? So there we go. Uh, and then music bu- words. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I had no problem. That come at me. Uh, the only Spider-Man movie I liked before Homecoming was Spider-Man 2. So oh, take the best one. So. It is the best, but it's not even close. It's not even close. I agree. <laughs> Um, music in this by Michael Giacchino, who I love. I love Michael oh, Giacchino. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of Lost. So, like, Michael Giacchino is all over Lost. And what he was able to do to accompany and raise and heighten the, the emotional stakes throughout that series. Uh, I, if, if each season did its own, like, soundtrack album, I would buy all six. He, the, the guy just, he got it. And if you remove more than any character, more if you remove his soundscape from that series, totally different show, totally different show. Mm. So I let Michael Giacchino in all things. I think they'll sign it up to do a John Williams sequel. It's just basically going. Yeah, you got some. Oh, it's cute. You got some stuff of your own. Let's just let's just have the themes we like, would you? Let's just let's yeah. just let, make make sure you get the. They- Complain. They don't use the Jurassic Park themes uh, enough. I feel like they use oh, the really? Jurassic Park theme quite a bit, 
There, well, there's two major themes of Jurassic Park. That's there's true. The, they use the one, but not the second. They use the one, but the, the journey to the island. They play like briefly for a few notes, just the motif when the helicopter's landing before they see the Indominus Rex, mm. and that is the only time we get oh, it in the movie. See, it's got to be like, really, really difficult because, like you, like we just said, like you kind of want to do your. I don't want to do my own thing. I don't want anybody to accuse yeah. me of just sort of plagiarizing or oh, you're just leaning on him. But at the same breath, if I'm going to see you know something for the Jurassic Park franchise franchise you know this movie had no problem showing me all the stuff from 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 the first sure. one so why yeah. are we stopping with the soundtrack i don't know <laughs> why is the score limited to just yeah do do the big one but not the second one yeah yeah um so yeah uh, of course michael Giacchino also did spider-man no way home the batman thor love and thunder coming out inside out and star trek so there we go mm, and rogue one probably one yeah of the yeah best. i couldn't yeah. name everything but but yeah he's we'd, be, done- we'd be longer than our last episode if we did yeah we would be yeah 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 so i mean this is a movie that's had its roots all the way back as far as 2001 uh, Steven Spielberg at Amblin Entertainment commenced development of ideas for Jurassic Park 4, which he was going to produce. Originally, uh, they kind of were thinking about Jurassic Park 3 director Joe Johnston, but he wasn't interested in directing the fourth film. So as early as 2002, they started with screenwriting with a release date set for mid-2005. I'll remind you, I think this film came out in 2015. Yeah, that's like ten, that's 10 years. So we got some development hell coming up here. Um, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy, here's how long ago it was, would produce the film and Spielberg would be executive producer. And the early idea was that dinosaurs would migrate to the Costa Rican mainland. And a team of experts, including Alan Grant and Ian Malcolm, would chart an expedition to an offshore island and discover the dinosaurs breeding. This script was finally finished in 2003, but then Monaghan left the project to work on Kingdom of Heaven. Is that the Orlando Bloom? Yes. I ne- I bought that DVD used at Blockbuster. Never watched it. Never watched <laughs> the, it. The director's cut is better. If you're going to watch it, you should watch the director's cut. Okay. And most uh, people will agree online. That's like, actually, it's not just my opinion. It's when most people say that. So. Okay. So Kingdom of Heaven, director's cut. That is the word of Jay Salahi. A director featuring or championing a director's cut. Imagine that. Uh Monaghan was replaced by John Sayles, who wrote two drafts of the script. But by April 2005, the film had been postponed because Spielberg didn't like the script revisions. Uh, Frank Marshall would join the project as a producer, and then it filmed during uh, stalled during 2005 because they were busy with other film projects, uh, one of which being the fourth Indiana Jones film. So if you remember you know, Crystal Skull, this is way before that. They were trying to make this movie here. Oh, no. In 2006, Spielberg said Johnston would direct the film, but by 2007, Johnston said, no, I don't want to be involved as a director. Uh, released in 2008 was then expected, but delayed to 2009, and then the 2000 2010 johnson said yeah all right i'll work with the project again and the idea of it being a new trilogy was developed but then he dropped out to do captain america the first avenger so needless to say we go ahead and we get all the way to 2013 universal sets are released in 2014 kathleen kennedy has to leave the project because she's doing the star wars sequel trilogy that's yet to come finally colin trevorrow was hired as director patrick crowley was announced as a producer alongside marshall and then you're not going to believe this the film was delayed by a year to give writers time to perfect the script uh, and eventually uh-huh. it is released June 12, 2015. And there's a whole lot of controversy, even about the script we get, because I said there, were, there was a writing tandem, and there was. 
but a whole bunch of controversy related regards to two additional riders being added to the screenplay. Yeah. If, if, if you've got information to extend upon it, oh please no, go no, ahead. you go. I was just saying I was oh, going to bring that up earlier. So I don't really have it, so if you've got it, oh. I, I just know. I don't know much. I just know that like I think it was Colin Trevorrow and his writer Derek Connolly, who's his partner, who also I think they helped. He wrote Kong Skull Island. I think he may have helped wrote Fallen Kingdom as well. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Supposedly they came in and did a lot of rewrites, and they their version of the script they say is theirs. And then it went to arbitration, and then arbitration said, no, the other two people wrote enough that it's theirs, too. So if you watch the movie, there's four credit screenwriters. Yeah, so. it's so-and-so and so-and-so with so-and-so and so-and-so, yeah. I believe. But yeah, <laughs> Which it was- basically means that they kept enough from their original draft that the, that the, the guild said that, no, they need credit, too. Yeah. yeah. So when we get to some stuff in this film, I think it's important to note this because uh, I think there's places where the story is an absolute mess in this film. <laughs> Like an absolute mess in this film. This I is. Have, uh, oh, oh, no, you go. I'm just saying, I think it's funny. On watching the making of, you feel like uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, the, the main three ideas kind of in the movie are all Steven's ideas. Like, oh, really? He sat down for four and he said, the three ideas for Jurassic Park 4 are the park is open, there's a genetically engineered dinosaurs, and I want like the raptors being trained. That was his three notes. Oh, that, and that's the movie. Like, say the, what you will. Like, the, that is the movie. In the no, no. <laughs> so I, he got what he wanted. <laughs> I remember this is because this has been a long time. I remember being uh, looking on YouTube in like 2011 when I was a child who loved Jurassic Park, and there was a video. I cannot, I would not be able to find it, but there was someone was like, "There's all this leaked information," and it turned out to be true. But when they were like planning it, it was like, "What if the dinosaurs were bioengineered with humans and they were hybrids?" And I was like, "And there's a there's a shot of went, that's dumb." Th- this thing is this development <laughs> hell like was terrible terrible ideas over yeah. and over well what you're not- talking about i don't know if you've seen it there's the concept art from the early 2000s where yes. there's like half human half yeah. dinosaur faces and it's like a soldier away. as well i mean yeah in between the two scripts we talked about there was a version where they were going to like have human splice gna stuff so they yeah. kind of went away from that thank you yeah. let's not pretend that the lost world and jurassic park 3 were fantastic movies either <laughs> let's not pretend they got human reptile no no true. running around either <laughs> but <way. if> <laughs> I seem to recall a little girl on the uneven bars helped save the day in Jurassic Park you know too. I will, you know, this is the thing I will say. I'm going to defend this moment real quick. This might, I think, the thing about filmmaking, which I think is funny um, as a director, because it's about tone. Because, like, in that moment in the Lost World, it is set up like they establish he does gymnastics, they yes, establish he yes, does the- that, and he kicks. And it's not a great moment, but it's a small beat. But in Marvel movies and stuff, that's a big deal. There's so many moments like that, but no one cares because the tone is so light. Like in Black Panther. A car gets hit by a thing, and the car gets completely crushed to a, a tin can. And then a human being with no superpowers is surfing on the thing, and no one cares. <laughs> so I just want to say that everyone goes back and like the girl kicking the raptor. I'm like every movie these days has girl kicking. Oh, raptor I, 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 so let's just I'm let's a, just hey, relax on the raptor. I, 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 when we do Black Panther, I'm sure you will one day. I will attack the human riding the surfboard. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, and so I will you do that. And I will give day. you I will give you your due in the sense that no, at least they establish that because this film has yeah. so many instances. Of, hey do you remember this quick exposition i need to give because we're about to do that very thing yeah i do and that, that happens yeah. like five times in this movie so I, I will give that but i'm just saying let's not pretend for a moment that the original trilogy was on par <laughs> with that first film the whole way through no of course yeah. and i want to add one thing sorry about that i just think it's interesting why the Jurassic park franchise of sequels haven't maybe worked as well and stuff it's not a franchisable idea. That's the thing people don't really like. <laughs> Avengers, like, what are the, all the Avenger movies? No matter what, like, a group of heroes team up to defeat a stronger villain, yep. right? Everyone, you can make 10 of them, that's the movie. You make an Indiana Jones movie, like, Indiana Jones finds an old artifact to, before the villains, like, you know, yep. to say, like, movies are repeatable, but, like, 
Jurassic Park, the plot, it's a, it's a one movie. It's like, they, okay, the theme park's closed. The sequel can't be, okay, the theme park again. They had yeah. to wait a couple in 15 years. So this, like, every movie has to come up with a different plot and a different reason. So it's just because the movie's so popular, you have to do that. But that's a reason why it's a lot harder. It's not as easy as something else where you can just say, let's just change the artifact. Let's just change the, yeah. the snow to, to desert. Let's just change the desert to forest. You know, you really do have to come up with new story and plots and stuff. So it's, it's difficult. Let's just change Grogu to Princess Leia. <laughs> That's a good one. just saying uh, you can hear more about that on our star wars obi-wan kenobi retrospective show me one kenobi which i'm just saying because i like the title um <laughs> let's start a deep dive so we have that title card the the studio ident universal amblin entertainment hey you know it's that it's that, it's that et one you, you yeah. love that and we have an egg breaking with an accompanying thud in the score. So already I'm going, I'm about three seconds in. I got a note on Giacchino. Well done. And then there's yeah. a foot that comes out. And then we pan and focus pull to another one. And it's really quick at going, look, it's 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 the, the dinosaurs again. But they get the idea that it's sinister. It's still not something we should be celebrating. Mm-hmm. which i appreciate i mean the heavy use of i mean cgi's come a long way i mean and, and let's not forget that you know the original jurassic park was massive in the world of cgi and for the most part the cgi in that film holds up and yeah. the cgi in this film holds up massively as well i didn't have any issues with with how that was incorporated yeah um, i think the first shot you're saying it does a good job it's a winner it goes around but it, it has the feel of Jurassic Park because it's got like the scary tones, but it's saying it's a lighter, more inviting, family friendly movie. Just the color palette alone. It's more over top lit. It's brighter. So it's, you know, it understands that it's, you know, the fourth of the franchise and in a different <laughs> perspective viewpoint than the first film. Cause it, you know, it is, you're making a film in a little bit more like this film and it's well, for better or worse, you can't, it made it a little bit more lighter and not as serious in the sense that it is, that it's a 2015 summer blockbuster movie everyone knows jurassic park there's been a bunch of them it's a generational thing they're trying to you know you're swinging for more quadrants and jurassic park is like a mystery the first time you've ever seen dinosaurs on screen so you've already seen that so like they, they made you know and it made a bunch of money so they made the right decision i think in that in that regard it's not like Whether we handed the uh, the keys to the car to christopher nolan and you got no no womp first foot comes out <laughs> womp dr Wu looks suspicious <laughs> IMAX frame. <laughs> <laughs> Let's meet Judy Greer and the kids, shall we? Um, Judy Greer, I mean, for 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 my money, she's Kitty from Arrested Development. We'll always yeah. be Kitty from Arrested Development. This was a time though when Judy Greer was everywhere. She was always someone's mom because she was the like this came out, then Ant Man came out, and she's like she's, she's the divorced that. mom in that as well. She's the divorced mom in Two and a Half Men. She's, oh yeah, oh she's she was everywhere for these two years. Like one out of every three movies had Judy Greer in it. Absolute true fact. And she always cried. Uh yeah, I guess so. It's weird because I remember as Kitty, which was this really weird caricature, mm. and then she's found she had some. I, mean, I, I have this belief that you know all great comedic actors are just great actors in general, and that you know comedy's the hard thing, drama's easy in comparison. Like this is a this is a day at the park for her. I yeah. mean, there's no heavy lifting involved. Um, one kid had a viewfinder, which I thought was great. Gray, gray, the young one. He's looking yeah. at the view. And Love I, that moment. I wish that I could have had a bedroom designed by a Hollywood uh, <laughs> set design because you had the shelves with all your favorite stuff. It was always big and spacious. I'm talking all the way to the kid from the Princess Bride to this kid. Like the Hollywood bedrooms are just amazing. 
I have to be real. Everyone wants a slanted bedroom. How many movies does a kid have like the bedroom that's like yeah! slanted, and you're like, man, I want a room like that at the top corner of the house. That must be so good for laying as well because you got that natural light from the slant just going straight into your room. Oh, and then so you're jealous. like, wait, wait, Judy Greer's married to someone. Who is that guy? And then you realize it's David Wallace from The Office and you're like, oh, this is the mashup I always wanted to have. What if Kitty from Rest of Development was married to David Wallace? Oh my god! It was David Wallace. There you are, face blindness to Ethan. This episode, I was like, I know that face, but where from? Oh yeah, god. I thought it was every sitcom person is in this film. Oh, the, 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 this is sitcom heaven. Um, and so, uh, oh, so uh, the, we meet the two kids. The youngest kid's name is Gray. The oldest kid's name is Zach. And Zach's one character arc is. Apparently, girls find you irresistible, but you're just incredibly mean spirited to all of them. <laughs> he's like making out with his girlfriend. He's like, and she's a little bit needy. She's like, send me pictures every day so I know you're okay and I remember what you look like. And they go, when well, she goes, I love you. And he goes, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> and like, doesn't look back. There's no. And the girls come over to wish him goodbye on the porch. And like, they're driving away. She has to walk home by herself. He doesn't care at all. <laughs> and uh, like, oh the movie tells me to redeem him like this oh i hate this kid i hate zach um oh and so as they're going away judy greer tells the kids at the airport remember if something chases you run <laughs> going that's that's an awfully strange thing to say um and then we get some exposition about the sister that are going to, but we also have David Wallace comes over and goes, so much for our last breakfast, huh? And she's like, why do you got to say things like that? And finding out what you find out, I'm totally on board. Like, can I have this last great breakfast together? If my world's about to be torn apart, can we at least have a breakfast, that semblance of normalcy before we go to the lawyer's <laughs> office? But I will yeah. say that was a moment, though, like the first time I seen stuff that's like, it's so small and like not hinted at really before that one line. And then you don't really discuss it in Jurassic world. till they mention like the lawyer thing that it's like, Oh, that's what that meant. Cause yeah. when we first said it the first time in theaters, I didn't know. Exactly I thought she was way overreacting. Said. I'm like, Whoa, he just wanted the. La- I thought last breakfast before they go on vacation. I'm like, still, yeah, that's though. what I thought. Yeah. I didn't think it was about them like getting divorced. No, I, no, was no. Like, I thought it was, yeah, yeah. I thought it was just like, they wanted to have a nice breakfast together before they're gone for a week. Okay, it's, we're it's, on one the same page. Of, it's one of the really effective breadcrumbs. I think the film does. Cause on first watch, yeah. You go what? And second watch, you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, whichever one of the four writers came up with that, well done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, meet the kids. Ty Simpkins and Nick Robinson's auditions consisted of a script reading and then sitting down, screaming, pretending a dinosaur was about to eat them. <sighs> Which I think, considering how much of the film is them reacting to imaginary dinosaurs they can't really see, uh, I think that's an effective casting kind of process. So much of Ty Simpkins' role in this film, uh, other than crying, is screaming until his voice breaks. And you know what? It's really effective. Is he autistic? I think they're supposed to. They're trying. It feels like they're playing him as if he is, because everything he's like giving all the information. He's he knows. really, yeah. He's really, really, really. He's either an expert in it or he knows nothing about it. Yeah, because even he sees the car and he's like Dodge Wrangler, whatever, cream, yeah. whatever. It, it feels like I know. I. It feels like they're trying to to mimic that, even, and I don't. The, is, is even the bit where he, like, he goes to the touchscreen when they're in the center, the welcome center, yeah. or whatever it is, and he's picking out the cell structures or whatever it is. Mm. And I'm like, this kid's clearly 
I mean, I was into my dinosaurs. I wasn't remember everything. Yeah. Thank you, kid from Iron Man three. <laughs> is that who it is? Yeah, he's the annoying <laughs> little kid from Iron Man three. So, so he's Spider Man. No, um, he's the he's the the t- like, like oh, the, the on. one in the hick town. Is this the kid who shows up to the funeral? Yeah, yeah. The one, oh, okay. Who the hell is that guy? Really? Wow. Yeah, he's the potato gun kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we then head to Costa Rica. Ilha Nublar. Welcome back. Zach gives us some more exposition about the girl. Oh, I got it backwards. Gray gives us some most ex- more exposition about the park, and Zach just checks the girls out. Whatever. So <laughs> this is a problem I have with the movie a little bit. It's like the character of him is to ignore things, and I think the movie consistently does a, a flaw in it. Is that? Every time the movie tries to wow you, and it has moments of wow you, then the, like he acts unwowed, which then tells the audience, like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be wowed. And there's a certain point where like the movie has like a really nice shot of like, look, it mimics the first shot of the first movie, like here's the island, yeah. here's this, but it's like comes like right after a moment where you're like, oh, that kid's a dick, yeah. And like a lot of moments, like the kid will be like, wow, isn't this cool? Look at this dinosaur, these dinosaurs, and the kid's like, it's not cool. I'm texting, and it's like <laughs> a lot of times that happens, and it's like you're it kind of keeps undercutting itself in that way, just slightly. But it's like you know, let's be real, he'd still be impressed, even if he reversed it, even if you had him be unimpressed and have the kid look over and go, wow, and then yeah, we had our shot. If you sequence Agreed. it in that order, but you're not asking me to go super high. Oh, it's not impressive, and then show me the thing he's not impressed by. That's a flawed yeah. order. Wow, exactly. real life creatures from millions of years ago that they've been able to bring back to show the history of our world. You're adopted. I hate you. It's every single dialogue between them. Well, it's funny how you said the words "I hate you" because it's time to meet the babysitter Zara, <laughs> played by Katie McGrath. Who hated this woman on the set? Oh, she got done so dirty in uh, this film. She 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 wanted to do that. She loved it. She was excited. She was like wanted the <laughs> the best kill. She was like all jazzed about it. Tell like, me, know, it's Jurassic Park. Eddie gets yeah. ripped in half in the Lost World. Tell me, this wasn't someone saying, "Get me a Megan Fox type." Huh? Tell me it's not. Tell me this isn't. Give me someone who's Megan Fox but cheaper. Because that's my take on it. I think this is just... You could have put Megan Fox in this role and it would have been 100%. Um, it was that kind of person at that kind of time. No, it would have been... Dist- yeah. That's why I said type. Sure, but I know you mean type. Yeah. 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 So it's like... Uh, like uh, what, who, the modern day Megan Fox was her name. Alexander Daddario, I think. Is that her? She's like one the of the, the new... San Andreas. Yeah. Uh, I haven't, yeah, haven't seen that True one. Detective. Yeah. Season two, one. Season we one. were just talking about True Detective. We yeah. <laughs> haven't seen it. <laughs> um, I hear it's very good. Season one, I will say that. I hear season two is terrible. Um, the build up of the park with the main theme is is something. It really is. You, these snippets they come back to the park, and it's hitting. Oh, it's hitting all the right notes. He says, not trying to be literal, but it, but it is. Um, and it's reminded me of. Oh, this film is like when you date someone who reminds you of someone else you dated. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh I just kind of just kind of really, really uh, remember these other times I had that were a bit more fun. <laughs> um, and so, but Zach opens the window of the hotel and then we get a great flyby of the park and the theme is in full effect. And yeah. it is this first right. time we hear the theme. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. It fully it crescendos in the right spot. They go on out. We, we get a flyover of the main parts of the park, which then helps me establish where everything is and lets me introduce to kind of the rules of the game. And then we meet, I used to hate word too quickly because then we meet Claire Daring played by Bryce Dallas Howard. 
Well, now you're going to hear me say hate. And it's like, I like her as what? a role. I like what? that. But I, hold on. The moment I hate is like, I just do not like, like, she says, welcome to Jurassic World, like practicing to herself oh. on an elevator. It's like the, it's like you can't if, either don't do the iconic line or at least try to do it iconically. Like it's just such a throwaway yeah. thing to like, yeah. if you're going to say the name of the park, I don't know. I just, that always, that's a, such a minor like nitpick thing, but that's always been like, ah, it bugs me. I really do like Claire. And I really do love Bryce Dallas Howard as an actress and a director. She's really good. Mm. Mando. I, oh, really? Yeah, she did some of the best. She did the Bo-Katan episode of Mando. It was great. Uh, I remember the first time I watched this, I absolutely hated her. I'm less vitriolic about it, but I still don't like her. I still don't like what she did. I don't. She's not, her, her arc's not really. Her arc's not good. The material she's given isn't great. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's that thing of her, um, her wants is just. It's that thing of the arc of she's a she's a busy businesswoman in this city. He's a grubby little guy. What happens when these two meet in Jurassic World? There we go. Um, is this is this Ron Howard's daughter? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's our, that's our second Arrested Development alum. Yes, it is. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's practicing her speech. She's about to give to someone. She's dressed in all white. Um, this is a conscious decision to ape uh, the color choice for Richard Attenborough in mm. the first, uh, of course, because both were directors of their respective mm. parks. Um, there is something missing in this film, and that thing that's missing is Richard Attenborough. Um, there's a uh, a majesty uh, that, that that he provided, and uh, obviously you go the opposite direction with this, and you go with the. With, with, with a, a young female instead and you make her ethan's kind of you know, you know it's almost the caricature the the workaholic uh, yeah. super successful emotionally vacant um you know s- superstar and you go that direction instead but i think someone needed to have that sort of Mm-hmm. that grandfatherly role oh it, it, it's just missing well what you'll see this movie does a lot and we'll talk i won't talk about chris pratt yet so later but um they, they take character archetypes from the other films and combine them and have to squish them into singular character like less characters in jurassic world so like you know she she's kind of gets the that little alan grant sprinkle with like the, she's reluctant to kids thing and by the end of the oh, film she's true, gonna be yeah. open to having kids so it's like it's you know it's she's a little bit of you know kind of that spliced into it so um then we've got uh, of course she's running in her high heels get used to that uh she did say that she did ankle exercises and trained for running in heels as if i was in the olympics so there we go um she says let's be honest no one's impressed by a dinosaur anymore interesting now i think this is clever in the sense that we're there because we are impressed by dinosaurs and it's an amazing mm-hmm. thing. And so by having her say that is going to get our back up so quickly that she's easily sort of established as now here's my issue with Claire is the idea that she is a legitimate villain of this piece and they pivot so hard to make us go, no, pay attention to this guy instead. He's way more responsible. When in fact, the guy who they position as the villain really only becomes a villain in the middle of the second act. As someone who is obsessed with theme parks and knows all about them, I will say that, like, technically she's not the villain at all because, like, she's not making the decision to make the dinosaur make it higher up. She's just she's in, she's a, a, the park president, essentially. She's not the, the, the she does not the, make, the one who is actually making the choices to, like, 
do this, do that. She's promoting it. She's in the meetings. She's helping stuff. But like, it's not like they're going to make it with or without her. You know, she's just kind of the face of the park. Oh, my word. I was just following Um, orders. Is that what we're doing here? No, but, no, but hold on. Some, also, theme parks. I will say, I think it was a good point in the movie because, like, as someone who just, like sees attendance and stuff like that, like people do die. You have to build a new roller coaster every so on and so forth. Years. If you build the biggest roller coaster in the world in five years, is now the fifth biggest roller coaster. Certainly, because everyone else builds something. And the idea that, like, if dinosaurs like had existed for fifteen years, right? Let's say if you're a five year old kid, they've existed in your lifetime. So you may not look at that any different than a rhino. What's the difference between a rhino? And a stegosaurus to you if you're five. So it, it's putting in that, it's maybe a little rush because it only takes place 13 years later. But the concept that like we would get bored by something, like if dinosaurs had existed and Jurassic Park opened in 1993 and was really here, if it was around today, it, would, it wouldn't be, that's the only way it would trend on Twitter was when they came up with the new dinosaur. You know, that's, that's, it's so on and so forth. Like it, it is a realistic kind of idea of capitalism and like kind of like the need for people's hunger to improve and stuff like that. I don't know. It's kind of like that if if Disneyland were like, yo, let's have a new ride. And then one of the engineers was like, what if I secretly gave one a gun and shoot like a, a, a gas? And you're like, why did you do that? Oh, you know, I was designing it. Uh, or if someone yeah. said, hey, it's been 15 years. Let's do another Jurassic Park movie. I think that was the reason. This film this is film- kind of um, self-congratulating in the sense of like, look at us, we're, we're satirizing the idea of corporate synergy. But it, also, let's have Chris Pratt drink a, a Coca-Cola right directly in front of camera and all of our shots of cars. So, hey, someone's got to give us $40 million. To get this <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you want me to say. Look, we're really clever. We satirize it, but we also are the, set, the same proponent. It's a really weird combination that feels really um it feels really self-congratulatory and ham-fisted she tells the uh reps from verizon uh we've learned more from a decade of gene splicing than a century of digging up bones and this is important as well because i'm going to disagree with you and say look at again how it positions her against someone from the original trilogy who i like dr alan grant who is an archaeologist and by saying no no it's about the science she might be the the puppet or the representative of corporate america in this in this thing but they're they're, they're working really hard to present her as the antithesis of the characters i like now it's it's, it's I, I would go as far as saying villain if it's just we're just not supposed to like her well that's gonna become really problematic in a minute when the guy i'm conditioned to like beyond question is going to be infatuated with her and i'm trying to reconcile how is this possible i mean she has an arc i think that's the whole point I mean, i'm not disagreeing with you but i mean the whole point is you're not supposed to she's a likable like you're not supposed to like love her you're not supposed to think she's a good person no, she's, not she's a villain she's, she's not supposed- a villain she's just oh. an antagonist maybe in the beginning you know and then, she yeah, becomes, villain, she's on the side villain, in the end. In the next movie, in the next wrong. movie, she has a dinosaur program where she's trying to save dinosaurs. So obviously, she has some form of arc. I was going to say, compare, on, her, on, compare her from this film to the second one, yeah, and we, it's literally two characters. I'll, I'll I fully love admit, it. I haven't seen film two. I haven't. Um, film two is a riot. It's 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 way, it's it's not good. I don't, yeah. I don't want. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Let's meet or at least be reintroduced to Doctor Doctor Henry Wu, Law and Order SVU's BD Wong. Um, who this is his first appearance since 1993 in the first Jurassic Park film. Wow. He should know better, I've written down on my notes. It was written the first one. He seemed to be a reasonable human being. Not so much on this one. He is become, He thinks he's a god, and he's gone insane, and I love how evil he is. 
Um, I, have you been to, I've been to Universal Orlando. I just went in January and they have the Velocicoaster, new roller coaster there, like one of the best roller coasters in the world. And it's super great theme. And I love it because like it's themed to like you're actually at Jurassic Park and you're riding a roller coaster called Velocicoaster that goes through the Raptor paddock. And like the queue is like BD Wong and he's like has all these scenes talking to you about the Raptors and like at Jurassic Park, we take your safety very seriously. That's and there's like a scene with like Claire Danning like saying, talking about the ride and the attendance. So it's cool to see BD Wong like expand his role in the universe. Cause he's also in the ride over here in Hollywood. So it's funny that like the guy who got one scene in Jurassic park is the guy who's going to be in the most Jurassic park content actually. Cause his character's <laughs> in like the animated stuff. He's in all the ride movies. He's in all the rides. He's in all the sequels. I just think it's great. It's hilarious. Respectfully. What else has BD Wong got going on? No, of course. I mean, Not how much. happy SVU. is that? That's oh, that Yeah, of course. But like, you didn't think that that one scene was going to pay for his, his house. Oh, there's no way. He's still, he's, he's still cashing checks. <laughs> uh, they talk about when the Indominus Rex, uh, uh well, talk about the Indominus Rex, bigger than the T-Rex, more dangerous. And they go, when will she be ready? She already is. Leave There's that some confusing dialogue there because they act like it's not ready, like when, like, and then all of a sudden they say it's done. BD Wong said it's done or whatever. Like, there's, yeah, like, there's a moment when you watch, I forget, I don't know exactly, but they kind of like contradict themselves really quickly. Rather than this pitch, wouldn't it have been better to go, hey, let's go check it out? Rather than speak about it in hypotheticals, let, there it is. Yeah, because she's like, she'll be able to do this, this, and this. Oh, I, what, did I say will? She is. That's, I, yeah, I, it's, it's the thing i'm guessing this but then is we, but then we have seven people that have to go in that one little small set and look through that window glass yeah. it's a lot harder to shoot <laughs> I, i'm get oh, that's okay maybe that's it i'm guessing it's because no, that's, it. that's it usually it oh i'm gonna give you my counterpoint because i think it's more from yeah. a story construction perspective i think the first time you see it you need it to be oh my god our heroes are in danger and look at that thing yeah, well, and also those act- actors aren't really great. Like, you wouldn't want those seven uh, <laughs> featured extras to stand around like, oh, gawking. Like, they're not very good in their one close. Like, honestly, their close-ups are like, it's some of the weakest acting in the movie. Some of the extras in this film are not the best. And I'm not trying to be mean to anybody, but, like, it's definitely wow. a little cringy. If you can get Jay to say that, that's about as savage as it gets publicly. There's, like, four <laughs> different extras I remember None became memes of, yeah. because of this film. <laughs> the Mojito guy is, like, the everyone's favorite extra um claire meets up with the kids how many years has it been and i don't know how zach knows it's been seven years this is ridiculous you asked me how long since you met your aunt i wouldn't remember this this is um this is one of those things that gets worked into scripts but isn't actually believable of yeah it's been a long time it Maybe. Was, I don't know. See, this is the type of thing where it's like I just think you're not like I got an iPhone, I got memory. If I had, if I didn't like my aunt, she's a stranger. Like, you're going to see your aunt. Like, when's the last time I saw her? Five, six. Mom's like seven years. I don't know. I go through my phone and I'm like, yeah, it was that birthday seven years ago. That's the last time I saw you. I would be oh. the one to pull up the phone and show my aunt. You are wrong, aunt. It is seven years ago to the day. Like I would be. Even I don't. More I about don't it. believe <laughs> these relationships. I don't believe that Judy Greer is this positive about sending her kids off when she's in seven years, and that it wouldn't be a bigger deal than this to the it's dinosaur like, park. It's like going. You wouldn't send your kids who are if they're going to Disney. Where it's like, what if your what if your sister owned, like ran Disney World? And like they had a week stay at a at a nice hotel. Then it wouldn't take like, me seven. I mean, come on, has she been in the job for six months? Like, what's going on here? I think the idea is she's done it for quite some time. Exactly. So why did it take this yeah. long to send the kids? 
No, I, that I agree with. I thought yeah, there they've already okay. been 12 oh, okay, times. Yeah. Like, they should have already yeah, been. Yeah, they should like, have been there. They were, I would go every single year. Oh, the kids obsessed with dinosaurs. You wait this long. That's the true. Yeah, yeah your auntie runs the dinosaurs. Oh, stupid. But tomorrow we'll go into the control room, but then I'll see you at 8 o'clock tonight. And she, you know, she does that bit where do they go to bed at the same, do you go to bed at the same time? And, you know, all we get, she like, even on that fundamental level, she just doesn't get kids. Move to the control room. It's the battle of the sitcom stars because we got Nick from New Girl and, uh, and Denise from The Big Bang Theory. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's Stuart's girlfriend, isn't she? Oh. I'll admit I had to look that one up. I'm like, where I, do I know see, her from? At first, I thought this was was a was her name. Elena, uh, Mr. Dickovich's daughter from the Spider-Man movies. Oh, I don't know who that oh, is. No. The, the, the girl who, the, the, yeah. rant, the rant, the rant, the daughter. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was her daughter. I thought that was his daughter. The one that's like, I made your cookies. Yeah. So Jake Johnson's on the phone. Jake Johnson's wearing a classic vintage Jurassic Park T-shirt, and I'm like, I can't. Yeah, he's wearing that shirt. That I, I, I can't figure out if this is really cool or so self-indulgent. It feels very. A lot of this is self-indulgent. I think because it's Jake Johnson, it gets away with it, especially because she tells him never wear that thing again. I'm like, yeah. oh, this this is kind of handled correctly. Kind I mean, of sort I, of. I worked at a park called Jurassic World, and there was a park called Jurassic Park before it. I would definitely wear like nostalgia Jurassic Park, <laughs> even though like park. everybody died on the opening. Yeah, it's, 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 it's okay. First of all, like more people have died at Disneyland in the last twenty years than died at Jurassic Park. I want to make that clear. Let's just all relax over here. It's kind of like if you if you um, if you know about Alton Towers, there was a ride called the Smiler, and it just went terribly. It's like if you rocked up there, being like, "Hey guys, the Smilers got my I got a t shirt of it." Yeah. Like t- time and place. An- <laughs> we find there is a, there, first of all the Smiler. No one died; they just got their legs crushed. That's yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, we find out that Verizon Wireless is going to be bringing us the Indominus Rex. It was successful. And this is where Jake goes on his, I think his name was like Lowry or something. I'm going to call him Jake. Jake decided to go on this anti-corporate rush. Everything's brought to you by a sponsor. You know, um, he was just naming potential sort of... Um, Verizon Wireless Presents or something. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was for that. And I think the... the, 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 the Welcome Center was by Canon or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not for the, to be the, the uh, sports arenas, but they got to do this as well. And I'm sitting there going, uh, okay, again, I don't... I think it's like the shirt. I think it's you saying like, oh, that's terrible you're doing that as we do that exact same thing. <laughs> Because just mentioning, you know, Verizon two or three times in the film to this point, that probably wasn't for I read a note that said they didn't take any money for the product placement. I, I refuse to believe that. I got a hard time truly believing that. I really do. Especially you get your, your Coke uh product placement and your car which whichever brand it, it, car w- it, is. it wasn't as egregious as Top Gun with that closing shot in front of the Pepsi sign, but it was uh, <laughs> it was something. They they need little YouTube clicks when you watch this movie in the corner that's like buy t shirt here, you know, like DVD <laughs> Jurassic Park DVDs on sale like in the corner every time they mention it that you can but, just like click on your Blu-ray and be like, oh yes yeah, that gift shop scene at the end yeah. is literally that though. It's like you like the Jurassic Park t shirts we have on display in this scene, go buy them from the Paramount store. That's, I, that's in the first movie though too i mean that's that yeah. is what they would yeah that, like, that was brilliant yeah, that's, when, that's what they look like it was yeah because it was all the merch they were getting ready to ship out to 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 merchandisers all over the place yeah but when i first watched the matrix on dvd there was this like little white rabbit that would appear in the bottom corner and if you clicked on it oh. it would sort of show you how they did that specific special effect 
if you were watching at the time. But they should have something like that for Jurassic Park, <laughs> Jurassic World, every time they mention it. It's like a little click the link that'll send you to, to some sort of service that they're providing from, uh, <laughs> yeah. from that situation there. Um, we find out, oh, the no fail fence. That's the second time this month that fence has failed. And I'm just going, all right. <laughs> noted and i know you always come to the defense of the screenwriter when i'm like come on that's incredibly clunky uh i think there's still better ways to to sort of manufacture this or just the way that information breaks out is is ridiculous is in this movie it makes absolutely but just the way they get this essential information to the audience that clunky exposition like well that actually that has nothing to do with the uh, dinosaur breaking out no it it was just the, the no fail fence that had failed so they went, oh. um what, what where, oh yeah that's just the background that's a background line though it is a background like, but you get the idea it doesn't of the affect fence. the actual dinosaur it's, it's it's your first sort of chance that the, the park isn't really as slick as we're led to believe there are some holes sure. um claire oh, and then claire is able to predict that lowry's drink is gonna fall off the table so she like kicks the yeah. wastebasket over and it falls and i'm like at no point in the rest of this movie is lowry's clumsiness a thing nor is her well, ability to be clairvoyant and realize claire uh-huh. the realize that you know that, that she's got this incredible foresight that isn't established either it's just a really strange this will be a funny a funny gag but I it, think it that's for his line i think it's a good character beat it's just it's just like her like she's knowledgeable she's on, like i don't think it's like she's clairvoyant i think i think the problem is they don't follow up on it i always think that problem i think and when you first watch i'm like oh that's a nice little that's the first time I'm like, on her side, something, yeah. she's good at her job. Like she can do this. She's like knowledgeable. She's smart. And it's like a fun little, like you said, little like beat. Like it doesn't yeah. make you laugh, but it makes me smile and go, oh, okay, she's clever. And then it doesn't pay off. As you say, they don't kind of mm. have a, a third act moment where she does something that reminds you of that, but like to get out of it. I guess the idea is that like, that's how she thought of like the, getting the T-Rex, but the kid's the one who says more tea. So yeah. I don't understand that. Uh, you know, there's really it. no connection there. See, I... Oh, I, I thought it was this thing of because um, he's like, uh, you just have you have enough chaos before blah blah blah, and then every then he drops. I th- See, I thought it was supposed to be them trying to foreshadow. Look, we've got so many things going wrong. It's only a bit of time before blah blah blah, and then Claire comes to the rescue. I feel that's what they were trying to do, but maybe I'm giving it too much credit. Maybe uh, I think a little too much credit. I think it's yeah. just a little character gag. Then we meet uh, Simon Mizrahi, played by I hope I'm getting this right, Irfan Khan. Um, if you've seen Slumdog Millionaire, he was the guy who interrogates Jamal the whole time. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. I was sitting there going, he's from Slumdog, isn't he? At which point then I felt this pang of going easy now. Not every Indian yeah. actor was in Slumdog. <laughs> and then I looked it up and I went, no, no, I'm okay. He really was in Slumdog. So he's that's also right. in The Amazing Spider-Man, another film you haven't seen. I haven't seen it. So oh, there we yeah. Go. He's the guy that the lizard like eats in the car. Yes, uh, exactly. Uh, he said in an interview that when the first Jurassic Park came out, he didn't have enough money to buy a ticket. So it kind of shows you kind of where his career had gone in that in the seventeen or eighteen years, whatever it was in between those. He's actually it was a massive, like massive actor in India, like top five most famous actor in India. Like he was like huge. Yeah. yeah. So. There you go. Um, if you look ca- very carefully, you can see that he wears a ring made out of amber that contains an insect in it, similar to John Hammond carried the cane with a mosquito. And you know what would have been cool? If they'd chosen to show me that in more of a close-up. Because <laughs> that's a really cool link between the two characters, yeah. especially when he starts talking about their friendship. And they establish him as a really good guy at the start. And I'm yeah. like, just just, just like a hovering, just have him put his hand on the desk, have the ring, ha- look at, you know, shoot Claire looking at the ring and going, oh, okay. Go back to it. Just so we get oh hang on there's a link there why did they show me oh because that's because of this you don't have to say anything you don't have to go oh i like your ring but just give me that 
rather than just it's there and we never once drew attention to it. Yeah, I got to say, we didn't talk about before, like when you first saw stuff like I've seen this movie 14 times already. Wow. What this um, one? Yes. Wow. And and I've never noticed that ring. So <laughs> <laughs> to your point, I like this. Give me. A, I don't want again. No shit. Just a close up. Yeah, just, just, a close-up. just a close up. That's it. That's yeah. a good character signifier, especially of who he is. It's a good yeah. modernization of the game. Uh, Mizrani wants an update in the park, and she's going through all the stats. He goes, no, no, no. How are the guests? How are the visitors? And this is really clever, because within 30 seconds, I like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's great. He's not a great pilot, and so there's a lack of self-awareness, and that's that's a nice character point where you go, look, mm-hmm. he's not ready, he thinks he's better than he is, and he's also, you know, a billionaire, so that's going yeah. to maybe go par for the course, because I imagine he yeah. doesn't get told no a lot, and it just sort of goes, there, we get some nice shots of Costa Rica, just a nice little bit of scenery stuff, big mm-hmm. fan, big fan of that, feels like I'm watching Survivor, um, <laughs> And he goes, the key to Costa Rica, you mean Hawaii, but yes, 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 really. (laughs) Uh, The the key to a happy life is to admit you're never really ever in control. (laughs) Hey, fair enough. Good show. Yeah. I want to say what I like about his character too, is that like the other films, he's not the billionaire that's like so money driven or corporate. Like they make him like, no, like you said, this is his fun project. This is like his, like, you know, every, every billionaire has got some project that they just like to do because they like thrill of things. Yeah. Or they like to do this plane. Like, yeah, this is his little like, no, this is my fun. I got dinosaurs. Come on. I'm a yeah, billionaire. He's, he's, he's <laughs> a billionaire who owns a sports team but loses money every year. But he's exactly. like, it's my passion project. This is, this is, this is the thing I do for fun. Ba-boo. It's fun owning yeah. a sports team. It's fun owning a dinosaur park. Uh, we do get. So he thought. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we do get some sort of comment. It was John Hammond's dying wish. And I saw some research that said it alludes to the fact that Hammond might be dead. I'm like, not really any allusion to it. He flat out says, dying wish. <laughs> it's not like you hear it. It was, it was so-and-so's dying wish, and then he came back. You know, generally, this is what it is. Oh, that made me laugh so hard I went lightheaded. I, I hate to be pedantic. But, yeah. Uh, but he said, spare no expense. And I, I, and that was a nice little... It, it was a just, nice little nugget. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a small thing where I go... And, and, but but it, it is, again, it's that reminder. I just think back of a movie I'd rather be watching, I think. Which is, you know, Hammond saying he spared no expense. Waiting like 40 minutes time for that one scene. Yeah. Now, again, this I, I realize this argument is for our benefit, but I'm thinking she's been running this for so long. Why are they having this debate about their clearly polarized ideologies at this point? Surely this discovery that they're not on the same page would have come about a long time before this. And she'd be prepared for it. And she's the kind of character who would adapt her personality to mirror what he thinks in order to, you know, stay on his good side to progress herself. It's for us. It's not for them. Yeah, which, I was going to say, that's just a movie thing. But yeah, you're oh, right. Yeah, I am right. Yeah, it's, it's just, just a little, just yeah. a little, uh, you could have had someone new. You could have had another assistant in the helicopter and goes, but don't you care? Don't get him started. And then he can go on about yada, yada, yada. And you go, but what about, no, 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 no. And she, so we still get to hear it. Yeah. But, but it's then not we, from but her. But then we can't have that emotional scene where she touches the, the, the dinosaur. Uh, well, no, just the idea that she's <laughs> used to it. She's <laughs> used to it. She can roll her eyes and do, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go nuts on that scene. I got news for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so the flying instructor, though, is Patrick Crowley. Patrick Crowley was one of the producers of the film. He's the guy who's uh, hmm. taking him up in the air. So I thought that was a nice little, get yourself in your movie. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, wasn't it like 
didn't Steven Spielberg, because he was a producer on Jurassic Park, make I think we said half a billion dollars. Yeah, I think it was a quarter of a, bil- a quarter of a quarter billion, of a billion, like, like obscene money. And that was actually like a, probably like before that was like before the Jurassic World movies and stuff. So if you actually count that, he's definitely made oh for like sure five hundred million. Yeah, he's yeah. done okay with us. Um, I think he bought the rights for a million from John Crichton, Michael Crichton. Sorry, I think if memory serves. Um, mm-hmm. There's a statue of John Hammond uh, at the front of the park. Of course, this is in honor of uh, Richard Attenborough. Uh, who played the role in Jurassic Park and The Lost World. I didn't even remember he was in The Lost World. So there oh, we yeah, go. Oh, yeah, he's in like a bed, I think. I think it's, he's dying. It's the best part of the movie. He has the part where he, he has a, he does a perfect like movie turnaround, like slow-mo head turn where he goes, this Lost World is found and pillaged. Like he says the title of the movie. Anytime, <laughs> what a I mean, trailer it's like, line. It's like, it's like thumbs up. That's like the, my, literally my favorite part of the movie. Just, just say the, the movie line. That's all I'm here for. Although he wanted to be in the film, uh, if they ever made another film, uh, his health made that un- uh, unlikely. He uh, he had a fall at home, and that kind of made him done. He was retired as a result. And he passed away August 2014, unfortunately. So there we go. <laughs> um, there's a problem with the dinosaurs, we find out. They're getting intelligent. And as we're discussing, well, do you think it can recognize us? We get a point-of-view shot from the dinosaur's <laughs> perspective on the humans. This was so dumb, Jay. What? Yeah, no, that's a, this film. A point like, of view shot from a... Burnout. Burnout. I mean, Come on, what is well, it's this? Like, it's, it's like Predator. It's that thing no, of being able to signify no, the, 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 the target. I love how they... Not, do you not want to see a shot from the paddock looking through trees back no, at them? No, it's brilliant, because I loved how they kept coming back to this every time it made a kill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, I don't know. So it's a danger when you. I, I guess they answered the question visually. Like they just said, "Do you think it can see us?" Yeah. And then the answer, the answer with the shot it's without a, words is yes. It's a little on the beach. Film, that's a, filmmaking. It's a little on the beach, eh? <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, I think every movie, like, like I don't know. I think this is more like people like movies now. Like, I feel like the greatest movies of all time. I could point a hundred moments like that. In oh, maybe, series. maybe, like, kind maybe. Of, kind of how you're in. It's kind of like when you dissect things or like things personally. But no, I get what you're saying. It is like it's like, but it's like. Fun. I mean, the movie knows it's doing that. Obviously, and, like they don't know that they're, they're cutting to that shot. Like it is kind of. It makes me giggle. But like, you know, it's a great conversation between um, oh the owner. What's his name again? It's escaped me now. Anyway, I cannot but, remember. Masrani? Masrani, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Between Masrani and Claire, and he's like, do you think it'll give the kids nightmares? She asks. He goes, I think it'll give the adults nightmares. Is it good? And he just kind of whispers, it's fantastic. And I'm like, cool. He gets, you know, to, to Jay's point, this is the new scary ride at, at, at the park. This will do what we want it to do. And then, uh, but it's funny when she says it's good, though, like, it's like, what do you mean? Like, you're asking, like, she's like, has no idea about human, like, yeah, conversations because he's just like, oh, it will scare the everyone. Won't scare the kids. It'll scare everybody. And she's like confused, like if that's good or not. And it's like, what? Like, yes. Yeah, it seems good. to me like she's a woman who doesn't understand the purpose of the park. She she actually serves. <laughs> you like, run a park. It's full of because she is she is she is data, isn't she? It's just here's the data and what Come the spreadsheet on. will say. It's not here's the emotional experience at any point. You run a park full of thrills and fears, and you don't know whether your park is there to thrill and fear people? Yeah. Um, they speak about Masrani wants to talk to Owen Grady. Um, we talk him up a little bit because here comes Chris Pratt. Um, 
Jurassic Park's one of Chris Pratt's favorite movies. The first time he saw it was opening day in the theater. Uh, a popular fan theory is that Owen Grady is the grown-up version of the boy Dr. Grant intimidates with a raptor claw at his dig in Jurassic Park number one. Um, I see Jay no. shaking his this head. This could be explained no. by the warning. Yeah, it's just a fan theory. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> Owen also says that the work with Raptors, he has to show them respect, something Grant also warned about. But the original actor, Whit Hertford, dismissed the idea, saying, guys like me don't grow up to look like Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> I respect the now, self-humility. Back to Jay Salahi and making sure you're speaking goodness into the universe about your future. Uh, for the season two Parks and Recreation DVD, Chris Pratt made a behind-the-scenes video. In the video, he reads a fake text from Steven Spielberg about being cast in Jurassic Park 4. I've seen that. Love that clip. Have you? Okay, excellent. Uh, and then he's controlling the Raptors using a series of clicks. And I like this. It's the illusion of control. And I like that they kind of don't definitively to go one way or the other in the grand scheme of things about the possibility. And I think I think Chris Pratt, who I think the audience is designed to side with at every point in the movie, like Chris yeah. Pratt is. If I have a if I have a, Chris Pratt's flawless, that's my main yeah. thing. Yeah, he's the. He's the barometer for all this is goodness within because he gets to go the, 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 the gene splicing bad the army having dinosaur bad. <laughs> What's with this? D- <laughs> I don't know. I don't my go to my go to uh, my go to voice of whatever. There's like a, a massive plot thing is always that. This is what gene happens. Splicing when you talk bad. more than five minutes in an episode. Yeah, Jeez. I know. G- gene splicing bad army military dinosaur bad yeah. uh, corporate stuff bad coke good yeah yeah i mean it's he is seems kind of faultless is that is is is, is there a problem with that or is this jay's just because it's so much of a popcorn movie he's allowed to be faultless no so the issue it's not whether you see it's an issue or not is not the thing but i guess what the reason is it's interesting is like again jurassic park has more characters and if you look at owen grady he is literally forced to be all three major male characters in jurassic park in one He's Alan Grant. Oh he knows about dinosaurs. He cares about them. See, he's I had Alan Grant. I had Ian Malcolm. Who's the third? He's Ian Malcolm, right? Because he's like good with women, talking to people, charming, charismatic. And of course, he's Robert Muldoon. He's the raptor trainer. He can go on a bike. Oh, he yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is literally all three of the yeah. major characters in Jurassic Park distilled into one. So whether that allows him as the character to be great or bad, that's up to yourself. But him personally, I think he, whether you like him or not, he does a good job playing that. He plays all three. He's given that. And, he, and I think he has a little taste of all of them successfully. And that's not an easy thing to do. My issues yeah. with this film are not Chris Pratt. I'll say that much. Yeah. I think Chris Pratt does. Does it he all plays Chris too. Pratt? As far as oh, I, see, I don't think he does play Chris Pratt. I don't think he's nearly as quippy as he is in almost everything else. In fact, I, I think, think he's a little less. In fact, in I think he's a pretty, pretty much a straight man for large portions of this film. Yeah, you're yeah, right there. I am right. Just you know, <laughs> all that. Where is it? Acknowledge me. There it is. Um, so there we go. But I'll tell you who. And then we have the opposite of him because we meet Vic Hoskins, played by the excellent Vincent D'Onofrio, and I'm sure it's not his fault. But this character sucks. <laughs> I think he said it was a paycheck film. I might oh, be wrong. Him, him. How is this guy Kingpin? I'm not Kingpin. Yes, I got that on my notes here. Yeah. How? How? This came out the same year that Daredevil did. Um, uh, how? Vincent D'Onofrio was excellent and has been. You know, he's he's the guy in the in the uh, in the Egger suit. He's the bug in Men in Black, oh, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, I love him in uh, what's it? Uh, what's the remake with the, the the Cowboys? Why am I blanking on the name? Oh, the Cowboy movie. Is this uh, 
Glorious Seven, something like that. It, no, yeah, wait, that, that, that's the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, yeah that was the Magnificent Seven. He just plays a character who like doesn't talk. He just makes like, oh, oh yeah, was it Bear or something? Grunts. Yeah, like people that's talking Chris Pratt like, as well. Oh. Yeah, he just grunts. <laughs> See, yeah, uh, he just he's such a lazy. Like he's a villain from a nineteen eighties movie that you've put into this. Yeah, like, it does one of those things where like he also like like you said it sets up something. And then, like, the next scene, like, before they even leave the location, it, like, answers the question, yeah. which makes it feel, like, sailor. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am the military, and oh, I want dinosaurs. He, he wants a field test. He's here to talk about, I couldn't believe I was typing this, military <laughs> implementation of dinosaurs in the field. Question, is this the most ridiculous thing ever in a movie? And it might be. It might be. <laughs> you know what our secret weapon needs to be in the war for freedom? velociraptors um and he tells chris pratt this is gonna happen with or without you progress always wins to which point chris pratt says maybe progress should lose for once Uh (laughs) and then there's a pig loose in the enclosure which then causes a man to fall into it and andy dwyer comes to the rescue goes all johnny karate and sets up a million gifs and memes by trying to make them all stay away and it is the singular iconic image from this film is chris yeah with the three raptors i remember the summer of 2015 every zookeeper was doing that same <laughs> that was the that was the big summer meme because it was hey look at the person with the tigers or chickens or like the the goats or whatever and i was like yeah okay that's promotion yeah um i want to put also this is like a i think that's where the movie takes it like a step down is that it has one too many scenes like it's like about you meet Pratt about 18 minutes in the movie 18 and a half and the movie's at a pretty fast pace until then. And then there's three sequences in a row that doesn't leave. Like there's three scenes in a row with Chris Pratt where it's like, you meet Chris Pratt. He's like with the Raptors training. Then you meet Vincent D'Onofrio. He walks down. Then he like has to save the kid. And then there's like a yeah. beat after. So it ends up being there like there for like eight, 10 minutes. And there's a certain point where like at that point in the movie, you've almost, you spent like 40% of the film in that one location. And th- then the movie picks up again when they get back. But yeah, so of course Chris Pratt does the bit where he goes and shows he's got some level of control, which we need to establish, I guess, for what the film yeah. is going to ask us to do later. <laughs> you need this scene to sort of justify that decision. And this both helps show that he's good, but also kind of validates the Nafrio's theory that this could work. Um, which is, you know, at least if he's got, at least I did, I kind of, I'm okay. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm okay with that part of it because it does at least give you some sense of credence to the villain's motivations that what he's done isn't the most insane thing, even though I say it's it's like going to SeaWorld and being like, wow, did you see him swim with that whale? What if we train whales to attack submarines? Like (laughs) (laughs) we can, we can send echolocation and they can bump the submarine off course. They can keep hitting it. Like they can send signals that send it off. I mean, it's like, come on. We then go to a petting zoo, and I cannot, to your point earlier, I mean, I can't imagine a world where people get tired of riding Triceratops, because that would be like, just leave me here. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been more happy in my life. I just want so cool. I just want to ride a Triceratops. I think that sounds like an amazingly good time. It was my yeah. favorite dinosaur as a kid. That's a fun game. My favorite dinosaur as a kid was a Triceratops. Anybody else? Iguanodon. I mean, a T-Rex. It's like the oh, really? yeah. answer, but like, it's a T-Rex. The eyeball is the size of a human head. Every dinosaur presentation ever in school. I just like the iguanodon because it's got a big puffy forehead and it's weird. There is a little boy who rocks over and gives a uh, a long neck, a, a big hug in the oh, petting yeah. zoo. Aww, that, that's cute. That is Bryce Dallas Howard's son. 
Oh, there we go. I want to. I, I do like these little moments in the film more, like when it's not even trying to be like just background stuff. It's like, oh, if, if Jurassic World did exist, they would have that, this. That's like, lovely. Yeah, have, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like Margaritaville later, like they have Margaritaville <laughs> at all the city walks, yeah. so it's like they would have a Margaritaville there, and they would have a, a, a petting zoo. Like that's something you didn't think about across your mind in Jurassic Park, but you see it, and it's like, oh, obviously, of course, you would have that. that. Yeah. yeah. Um. They run off on Zara, the, the boys. Zach's a jerk, but Zara's also a t- terrible babysitter. And I think her character is woefully underdeveloped in this film. I think um, for what's going to happen in this film, I actually probably should care, and I don't. Because uh, I don't you, think there's any time for her in the, in the story, but yeah, but... Yeah, she exists for that for that one. I think if if, if you're gonna have that one brutal scene, I mean, why not just give the kids passes? I mean, how old is how old Zach? Zach's old enough. I nearly spoiled the age game. Yeah, like 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 watch your brother. Okay, great. Here's some passes. We'll see you tonight. We'll see you tonight. If they were like, because I've been doing, like, if they were, a, if she was a VIP tour guy, which she's not, that would make more sense. Like, she's giving them backstage, like, skipping the lines and doing stuff like that. But she's not there. And also, people say she's a bad babysitter. I want to say, I think it's clear, though, like, I don't, that's not her job, though. I think it's pretty obvious. No, she's like, an she's assistant. Service, yeah. She's an yeah. assistant. She probably does a lot of business stuff. And she's just like, you know, like, I got to also but, watch But they kids, don't even you know? really reveal that side of it until the phone call later. So, again, it just yeah. feels like it's a strange setup. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I I don't disagree, but I just as someone who like made a movie, edited a movie, I can honestly know like if they had all those scenes, they would also be the first thing you take out for pacing as okay. well. So it's like you never know. Like they could have that stuff and they trim it, but you're not wrong. Like I watch every movie and think of the perfect version. Add this, add this, and add that, and then do that. But like you know, that's hindsight. Um, Ju- I got note here. Judy Greer's character is called Karen. How perfect is that? Uh, Karen, she's, a, she's she's not a Karen. She's a good person. <laughs> Karen cries, and it's revealed that she's divorcing. So, uh, and that's all inferential for the well like later on. But I think from our perspective, we clearly get what this is about. Uh, Ka- Karen does tell Claire, "You'll understand when you have kids." And she goes, "If I have kids," she goes, "No, when." you'll see and i'm like whoa take it easy here heteronormative everyone has to procreate what what is you know what is this nonsense and i be honest i gotta be honest if there's one thing that gets my goats it's people who have kids who are like oh you'll understand once you have kids (laughs) oh there's just it's just different you don't know yet but you'll see and i'm like okay i also it's like she's not Really, it seems like she's not spent time with her sister in seven years. That's seven, you don't know what's happened in those seven years. She could have just had like a Actually, whole experience where she be, doesn't want them. To be fair, this phone call—I know she's phoning to be like, "Where are my kids?" I hear they've run off. Yeah. But like this phone, it, it it turns into something that's a lot more like they talk on a regular basis. <laughs> True. I'm just yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like, you know, a lot of people like older people, like they don't see each other, but they you know they probably have a phone call every six months for like 10 minutes. And does, then Claire's like, I go. Does it seem really difficult that these two came from the same family? Like they're really different. You know what I mean? I mean yeah. I mean, people are like that. I mean, of course, like, yeah, that's not a. Uh, they both have reddish hair, don't they? I mean, come on. <laughs> that that, 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 that makes sense. That's done. How about Claire? And Claire goes over and meets Owen. He's fixing a motorcycle because, of course, he is. Um, the, motorcycle, the motorcycle used was a Triumph. They gave it to him after the film. That's all right. Uh, they've got some sort of backstory. He's sexualizing her pretty hard. 
Oh, especially because this is your boss. That's how that you get fired. That that is that is well, an HR well, nightmare. I also asked the question, like, how do these? I two think go- he's a different department. How do these two go on a date? It feels like that would be crossing some boundaries. But he's like, she's like, I want someone to talk to you about. It. He goes, should we do it in my trailer? And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he does that like it's like it's like you're watching old school or some movie. Yeah. Guy, like, <laughs> and I and I'm I, we're supposed to like be like, oh yeah, he's the cool everyman, and I go. Ah oh, no, that's that's yeah, that's just bad. He's like they're dinosaurs. They don't know they were created in a test tube. They still want to eat. They still want to hunt. They still want to. And he sort of you know, forces his yeah. fist forward yeah. and then goes, "You probably have the urge for one of those things." And I'm just like, or you can relate to one of those things. And I'm like, you're kind of a creep here, buddy. Yeah. I mean, I will say this, you know, last time I had to defend Sam Raimi, I will say the first time I was on to be Mr. Hollywood for a sec, I talked about, I met, I met Tom Hanks and we did Forrest Gump. The second time I was on, we talked about Spider-Man. I would talk about right next to Sam Raimi. I've met Colin Trevorrow, talked to Colin Trevorrow. <laughs> so I'm getting, I'm not, he's texting me right now. So I'm just, you know, not really just joking. There we are. I, yeah, I met him, so I've been really lucky to <laughs> like, pray for Jay. <laughs> and, yeah exactly so pray for me Colin Trevorrow don't hit me up my phone uh, speaking, I'm not defending him enough speaking of Colin Trevorrow uh, it was his idea to come up with featuring the Mosasaurus. Uh, he pitched the idea to Steven Spielberg of having the Mosasaurus feed on a shark in front of bleachers with park guests. Spielberg loved the idea of eating the shark, but suggested when the animal grabs the shark, the whole bleacher section submerge underwater using a hydraulic system so the audience could see it feeding underwater. Um, the moment where the Mosasaurus soaked 200 extras in the bleacher section was Trevorrow's favorite moment of the shooting. Because at the end of the day, that's real. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. really got soaked with water, and you just sort yeah. of see them react. Because people b- both love and simultaneously hate getting wet. It just is what it is. It's just a basic human thing. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's like a split second of oh yeah, and then the realization kicks in like second, like yeah. a millisecond before you get hit. Like not one person yeah. there is asking what's my motivation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> On a side comment about this, the movie and the extras, I want to say I don't know if you guys noticed, like. I don't know what it is, but like they must, they have like the smallest color palette for clothes. Like, <laughs> it's like, there's something like everyone has to wear one of the same six colored t-shirts walking around. Like it just does not feel quite natural with everyone's wearing. If you go back and mm-hmm. watch it, you'll see like, I don't know. Everyone's wearing like very light colored, bright shirts. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's just very kind of strange, extra color palette throughout the whole film. Um, so then a Mercedes commercial breaks out um, as it parks, and then yes. out, out come our heroes, and uh, they talk about the need for socialization of dinosaurs, but in the paddock where the Indominus Rex is supposed to be, there's no thermal signature, and there's claw marks on the walls, which are pointed out by... Um, by our man Johnny Karate himself, Owen. Um, the Mercedes commercial continues as she drives away. Tell everybody, this is not a drill, but we find out there's a tracker in the back of the Indominus Rex. Uh, I do have some questions about why you wouldn't put other fail safes into its skin in the same way that you did the tracker, but you know. Um, it sounds like they had fail safes and they just didn't listen to them because, like, they went and they checked and they go, is it there? Oh, the tracker. Or what was I forget what the first one is? Is the tracker or the thermal? No, the thermal's not there. The thermal right? signature is not there. Yeah. Yeah. So the thermal signature is not there. So then they panic, run inside, and she starts yeah. driving away. When all she had to do was then say, "Okay, let's check the tracker." Yeah. Like there's a oh, tracker the still just, there. Let's just all don't just move. Everybody inside. locks down until we <laughs> yeah. know where it is. Because so if it's, your if your theory that? is that it's climbed over the wall and you're driving outside, that's <laughs> not a win. Like I don't believe this be- character would put herself in harm. 
I'm going to be honest. I think you could tell if a dinosaur, if a dinosaur like that, got out because there'd be a wave of destruction. Also, just I, I know, I know, uh, Wu, Doctor Wu, has gone mad with power. Why in God's name would you gene splice it to be able to do that? Well, that's the thing is, they don't think it's going to necessarily do that much. Yeah, and he yeah. says, look, it's a side effect. If I bring it, I'm bringing these other traits alongside with it. And we never really got the final order for like what was in this cocktail. <laughs> but the security guy looks at Owen and goes, these walls are 40 feet high. Do you really think it could have climbed out? I'm like, we've clearly established Owen's never seen it. Owen has no idea what we're talking about. He's like, and he does say, "Would you cook the up?" Answers. Yeah, yeah, it depends on what kind of dinosaur they cooked up. But, uh, but I'm like, you know, he clearly doesn't know. So, if anything, security guy, you should know because you've at least seen it theoretically. This is your job. Yeah, uh, they discover it's in the cage, and the Indominus Rex is really respectful because it waits until the movie tells us he's still in the cage before he comes out. Well, I think the, the idea here. This is again being a director. If you really think. It has never hunted before once, maybe. Everything it's eaten has been fed to it, as they sure. mentioned. So it's the first time it sees other live creatures in there, and it's taking a second to, you know, figure it out. And, of course, we need to build suspense for the film. <laughs> no, I mean, absolutely it is that thing. Because if it just comes out, yeah. you, need, you need that moment of, you know, the phone call is coming from inside the house, yeah. and then you run and sort of attack. Yeah. Um, it's funny. The reason I'm defending things is not because I think they're good, but more as a director, your job is defending things. Your job is like, how come it takes 30 extra seconds for this to happen? And it's my job on set to be like, no, it's because this, this, and this happens. And then everyone has to go, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> um, meet the Indominus Rex. Uh, apparently, it's meant to embody humanity's worst tendencies. Direct quote, we're surrounded by wonder, and yet we want more. We want it bigger, faster, louder, better. Um, in the world of the movie, the animal's designed on a base, a series of corporate focus groups. So, yeah, this idea that, you know, the need to, because we get normalized to whatever it is. So, you know, in the 80s, Madonna's wearing a bra over her clothing, and that's the most shocking thing that there is. And then what do you do the next decade and the next decade? And hello, Miley Cyrus, and the next decade, and so on and so forth. What's um, scarier than a T-Rex? A gray T-Rex with an alligator mouth. That's right. Uh, we go to the monorail, and Gray is upset because his parents are getting divorced. Zach's a really compassionate brother who says there's a point where you have to grow up. Um, and the kid, of course, Gray figured it out. Zach did. Gray Googled and found out yeah. they're, they're divorce lawyers. Um, there's some people river canoeing with brontosauruses. That sounds fantastic to me. I just want to. I just want that yeah. experience in my life. Yeah. Uh, that and riding a, tri- a triceratops. The, 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 those are my life goals. Uh, if, if this existed. Uh, Indominus Rex clawed out its tracking implant. And I call BS that it waited until now. I'd leave it in the, in the, in the cage. It suggests that it's aware of what it does. And it goes, now that I'm out, time to get rid of this tracking implant. If it remembered it got put in and it dug it out while it was in the enclosure, totally fine with that. But there's mm. a bunch of things that happen in this movie that suggests that the Indominus Rex has like access to a higher brain function than, 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 than it would at this point. Cause it does not understand the concept of tracking. Cause you, you, you don't just glean sure. that. Someone has to instruct you on that. You know, building on years yeah. and years and years of education. It's just one of those things. That's like, again, if you're enjoying a movie, you're just supposed to go with things. Like in <laughs> yes, Jurassic know, Park, in Jurassic Park, there's literally a cliff that appears out of nowhere when the T Rex walks to the side. Yep. yep. And 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 they asked Steven Spielberg making it. They said, "You know, this happens, right?" And Steven says, "The audience isn't going to care. They're going to be so invested." In nah, he wasn't. And you know what? He was right. He wasn't banking on podcasts happening. 
<laughs> this was 1992 when he was That's shooting. Right. This, this isn't today. Uh, blood falls from above. A million tranks. I mean, there's this team, and the IR just takes. Just take, I'm calling the Indominus Rex IR. It just takes like care that. of them. Uh, I'm asking, why isn't there a fail-safe sedative? Like you've got something where when everything else goes wrong. You can hit boom, and it might not kill it, but it's going to knock it out. Oh, yeah. Suicide okay, squad. Okay. There we go. Please. Kind of like a poison uh, pill so, that's not going to kill you. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I would just get this comment that, like, I think it's another side comment. It's like the next movie has this problem, too. But, like, they would totally just kill the dinosaur. This idea in the movie that, like, it's such an expensive asset and stuff is not really it. Because they mentioned that they spend, like, $26 million on it. Which I just yeah. want to add, isn't that much money? No, and then the realm of what's going movie, on here. Yeah, absolutely. No, when the movie costs $160 something. Not only that, I want to make clear. The Jurassic Park The Ride at Universal Studios Hollywood that opened in 1996 cost 110 million dollars then wow so it's like if if they're willing to build a jurassic park ride that costs that much and it's like you know also like a brand new roller coaster at a new a theme park costs like 30 million dollars and, and the- like sometimes sometimes they fail like SeaWorld built a ride five years ago for 40 million dollars it was open for a year they tore it out SeaWorld's still open it's not like they just like, yeah. like they would have taken 26 million dollars they would kill it because I'm- they have the genetics to design more things so this idea that they would like not you know in reality Jurassic Park is unrealistic because they would just like implant a Mission Impossible bomb in their head yeah. and, like the button <laughs> exactly <blow> up, but <laughs> Suicide Squad and we're told that he's the eighth exactly. richest going back to what you were saying exactly yeah. that's what I was going to say and we're told that he's the eighth richest man in the world so this twenty six million dollars isn't going to hurt him at all and you've got all the you've got all the materials the DNA the science to grow the next one yeah so yeah 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 anyway Claire's going to go oh there's a super cool where am I at here sorry i lost that um owen calls for evacuation of the island this is in the control room and man is he playing to the wrong crowd they do not like the sound of this <laughs> claire is worried they'd never reopen she's probably right if you found if this gets out that we had to evacuate because we lost control how is anyone because the number one thing is trust if yeah. they don't trust you can keep them safe from these dinosaurs then all yeah. of a sudden the bigger scarier meaner i hope it gives them nightmares yeah. becomes a reason I, I ain't going there but again being the realist here in reality that's also wrong because a single guest hadn't died if they had done the right thing locked down the park and not a single customer had died and they had contained the situation before any people who paid died they could have definitely reopened until the volcano blew up in the next movie <laughs> oh there we are. Yo, that's um, the stupidest that's stupidest no that's not even the stupidest part of the movie actually uh, she God. says that she won't let the island be turned into a war zone. He goes, you already have. And he goes in the elevator. And this, I, I am a sucker, Jay, for a character who stares straight out down the barrel of a lens and the elevator doors just close or oh, open over, or open. Love that shot. Every time I see it in a movie, Andy Garcia, so Ocean, Andy Garcia, Ocean's 11. Absolutely. Like, just give yeah. me that shot. Love it. Good guys. Especially if they say like a really cool yeah. line right before it happens. Good guys <laughs> or bad guys. I just love that yeah. shot. Two more things about the control room real quick I want to point out. I like that it's dark still, like the first movie. It's like not completely – like the rest of Jurassic World is really light and white, but that room is still like has a nice dark tone. And there's a nice little side gag, if you guys notice in the background, the security guard. Every time someone tries to walk in, he like tries to stop them, and they just like walk past him. Oh, and really? At a certain point, like, where, where Chris Pratt goes in, he like goes to go, and he just like uh, puts his head down and sighs, because he just like walks past him again. But it's like three times in the movie, the security guard like keeps walking up, and it's like, oh, okay, uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, we go to the gyrosphere, which was another ex- uh, idea from executive producer Steven Spielberg. According, well, the to best di- ideas. according to director Colin Trevorrow, Spielberg wanted to make a way for people to get up close and personal with the animals, make it a self-driving, free-roaming experience. It loads on a track, but once you're out there, you get to navigate around the valley. Uh, as opposed to, of course, the locked-on-a-track SUVs from the original Jurassic Park film. Uh, Mizrani goes down and talks to Wong. Um, 
<laughs> and Wong's like, you know, I'm not at liberty to discuss the dinosaur's genetic makeup. I'm like, dude owns the park. I think you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if there's one person you got to, it's him. Um, we find it can camouflage. Oh, okay. And it can change its heat signature. And we find out it's that's linked to cuttlefish and tree frogs. Mm-hmm. And he goes, who authorized this? And, and BD Wong gets a good speech. You did. You said bigger scarier i think it's a cooler in your memo and that's a shot there's a great shot there about you know so the idea of you know for science and then marrying science with with like focus groups i think that's a really interesting i think he says all this exists because of me if i don't innovate somebody else will and i'm like okay um he goes you're i want you to create a dinosaur not a monster and he goes monsters a relative term to a canary a cat is a monster we're just used to being the cat I think he's got more to chew on in this than he did in the first movie. Yeah. He's What's such funny a is fun villain. The second movie. Yeah, but he does the same exact role. He's like yeah. one scene in the second movie where he literally says the same stuff. It's kind of funny. All right. <laughs> uh, we get a really fun Jimmy Fallon cameo. At least I thought oh it was my, a really fun oh Jimmy Fallon God, cameo. I, I physically, I, I no. grow, I hate no, this. No, but this is, it's a great cameo because yeah. you guys, if, yeah. if you've been on the Universal Studios Hollywood Tram Tour, he's the host of the Tram Tour. Oh, is he? So if you actually go to Universal Studios, he's the guy who's like, welcome to Universal but, Studios, we're doing this. So the fact that he's in there is yeah. like the perfect in-joke. It's a Universal movie, it's a Universal Park. And I think so if you don't get that though, I get why you wouldn't like it. But I think even for Fallon, Fallon's aware what his sort of persona is out there and he is the oh. schlocky guy and he's purposely drawn attention and satirized Rising himself in this oh, it's, yeah. the, it's he's the perfect late night jimmy to use for it especially because he's that very um brand happy partnership kind of guy it makes sense i just hate i just yeah. hate like, seeing his face if i was in the world of a, if i was in the world of jurassic park and i'm sitting there going oh it's jimmy i get that i get that yeah but in this sure. case it shows like a level of self-awareness that i'm like well played jimmy fallon yeah, it's like, like if we had james like- corden he even has a theme park ride in Orlando. There's literally a Jimmy Fallon oh, race in New yeah. York ride. So, like, he has a ride there. He's the host of the tram tour here. So, like, I mean, I get it. Claire suddenly realizes at this point in the movie, she's got nephews. <laughs> like, it took a long time and tries to ring Zach. And I'm like, why is there no way to text them? They sent a message just a second ago to all of them. That there was a ride closed and the boys ignore it. Okay, A, why isn't there some sort of a call them all back home automated feature? Yeah, there and, would be. And B, if you can text everybody on the screen to say ride closed, you can text them to say, Zach, turn around. You might be able to get a signal. It might be all cut in and out. You can send an SMS message and that'll get through. That is the worst fail safe. Because it's also the, the concept that if you can if you can break this system to go anywhere you want in a park and they clearly can go into the restricted areas. Do you, do you realize how easy it could be for and, someone to take that and steal a dinosaur using that? And I realize that this is probably gonna be the greatest uh, bane of directors and writers existence how do you explain away the phone because the phone removes a ton of possibility for misdirection for characters not knowing how other characters are doing but i'm going to, but if you're going to establish he's got a phone then you got to figure out a way of it just a, if you can make a phone call and you get through even for like a few seconds of of, of cut out whatever you can send a text message and you just showed everybody go back to the park you can and these are the maybe the director's going they they won't notice but i was sitting here going this is 
<laughs> this is stupid. Why do you have a situation where a child can go ahead and just override your, your requirement to go home? Yeah. I mean, well, just the idea, I mean, being fair, like the idea of these balls, like you can just drive by next to dinosaurs and get hit by them. Like there would be, there would be a track still, like you'd be open free, but there would still be a path yeah. and like moats and stuff. Like if you ever go to a real zoo, there's like, it looks like the tiger's there, but there's a 20 foot moat in between you guys, you know? So there'd be stuff like that. But like, again, it's like, can't really have fun scenes with people going next to dinosaurs if there's a track and, so. and what would have been better is that they went ride clothes go back to the park and if they were like oh this is probably because we ditched the babysitter and they went oh i don't want to go back yeah let's keep going that felt that would have been more organic than just look did you want to come to jurassic park do you want to come let's go to the unrestricted area which again i don't know why that's even a possibility you've got a million sensors that turn off the dinosaurs why can i now drive this ball into the restricted area just a thought um why can't they shut down power to it why can't there's a whole bunch of things anyway um claire asks owen for help to find the boys he's in really quickly because he is johnny karate sam neal and jeff goldblum um the (laughs) the boys get used like a football and i mean a british football in the gyro by some i don't know what they were ankylosaurus i can never pronounce it right sure i think yeah um, and they're counting the dinosaurs. They go, oh, there's four. And the, and um, Gray keeps saying five. And he goes, oh, four. And we can see there's four. And then there's like this cool focus pull onto the uh, onto the outside of the gyrosphere the itself. Yeah. And we see that there's a reflection of the fifth. And it's above them. And it is the IR. And um, there's a nice callback to the film because they're looking at this phone they can't reach at. And they look up and you get the eyeball which was a nice callback to shot from the first one, obviously. Um, the IR pierces the dome. Zach unbuckles the two of them. As the uh, It keeps trying to smash it. It was, it was really effective. This is probably if I was a, if I was a, if I was a lizard, here's how I'd break it, too. <laughs> they run to a waterfall and jump to avoid the IR at the very last moment, and it was a magical, cleansing, baptismal-type water because they come out cleansed of any family issues. They have now bonded in every capacity yeah it's not a spectrum it is it's just it's it's just a light switch boom now we are brothers i mean to be fair if you know if i was in the world's worst fight with a friend that i've hated for even the longest time and we just survive almost being eaten by a giant dinosaur i think we'd be on the same team for the rest of the day pretty much really you know really quick question which do you prefer the kids in jurassic park or the kids in this Come on, you're asking this question for it. <laughs> Come on, Jurassic Park. I hate the girl from Jurassic Park. I'm still choosing the kids from from, from Jurassic Park. Yeah, I like, I like the little kids a lot. I like the little boy in Jurassic Park. A the lot. little boy yeah. in Jurassic Park is excellent. The little girl is uh, fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Genius uh, for computer hacking. I can do this. Yeah, sure you can. It's a unit system. <laughs> <laughs> That was the uh, lie. In, in case you want to know where the dinosaurs were, um, puppeteers wore gray suits with fluorescent dots on them and bicycle helmets to represent the uh, raptor heads as well as other dinosaurs throughout the film, just so you're aware. Uh, Owen finds a dinosaur down. It's a nice scene. There's a long neck. It's been attacked by the IR. Claire comes over and bonds with the dying dinosaur in a scene I like to call, let's pretend that my nephews are out there in danger of losing their life and take a beat here for for this scene uh i will say just add this is the one scene with the one animatronic in the movie the the, the neck oh, really? and the head are animatronic yeah mm. oh yeah, yeah 
And he fought for this. Supposedly, like, it's funny, like, he wanted a lot more animatronics, and the studio was like, no, we're on the budget, and he fought really hard for the head. They got the head. And then, of course, the movie was a hit that then in the sequels, they now have a lot more animatronics in two and three. Yeah. It's a lovely scene. I don't believe it for a moment for someone whose nephews are out there potentially dying that you're stopping and having this beat. I know it's important for her character development. Maybe what they should have done. Here's what they should have done. You have this scene and then later on you find out that like Zach's been killed and you come over and she puts her hands on his chest as he <laughs> dies. And then just like she discovers she loves the dinosaurs now, she discovers she loves her nephews now too. Yeah, I and like she, that. There we go. And she finishes a good aunt to Gray. I like the downer versions of movies. Let's do that. <laughs> well, just it was just so. Let's have a beat to go. I, I, I understand how dinosaurs are creatures now. Great. If you oh, boysify oh, this film, oh, it just oh look. There's Gray's head over there. Well, it's set, we, we, we forgot to mention it's set up kind of by like in the beginning. They're like she's like ugh, why is that dinosaur over there? And the one person's like they have feelings, and she's like. In the beginning of the movie, she's like very like not like as the dinosaurs are just like well they keep referring machines. to it as so assets. assets yeah, yeah. yeah. assets um so there we go the Warren movie uh, yes and they find out that uh um, the ir is now killing for sport not for hunger and then we cut and I'm sure it was directed by Michael it's like what. It, here comes D'Onofrio and he's going to go all military. Give us the most military sounding <laughs> score you've got. I want to yeah. feel like this is, uh, oh, what is that called? I love the smell. Apocalypse now. Just give yeah. me that as we go into here. But uh, cartoony. But cartoony. Absolutely. <laughs> I was going to say, honestly, the Vincent D'Onofrio soundtrack, going back to when you say you first introduced him, you don't like him. I think his his theme is also like my least favorite music in the movie, and it kind of annoys me, which maybe is the point. Maybe, but, like, yeah. Every time I hear his character theme, I'm like, ah, this is the one track in the movie I'm not a fan of. Uh, he's back. He wants to take the Raptors. But ba- Owen and Claire find the gyro. She gets really upset about the Smash mobile phone. This is why you need AppleCare, so that when you drop your phone <laughs> and you break it, you do not get upset. You go, hey, I can get a replacement because i don't believe she cares about maybe if she went down and touched the phone <laughs> she might care more um owen shushes because claire's like gray zach and it's like this is the least intelligent thing to do when you know that there's a uh, genetically engineered dinosaur running around <laughs> this film was so funny uh he doesn't think she can, he goes how are you gonna help you won't be able to help at which point her solution is i'm gonna literally roll my sleeves up sort of tie my shirt into something around my waist and go there now i'm ready for the great outdoors and he's like yeah all right and it was part of this film's desire to like strip her literally of her corporate ensemble so that she would be i don't know more traditionally attractive for a female love interest in an action film yeah and they even have the line like what are you doing as if that because they get to be sort of meta and like make fun of it that that gives them a free pass but if anything it just feels like they're trying to draw more attention to it yeah, it was a bit. It was like the now we're going to work on constructing her sexualization throughout the second half of the movie. Mm. I will say, I thought it was funny when I saw it in theaters. Like the Navy Navajo line got like huge laughs, and I was very surprised. Yeah, yes, yeah. I was like, ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. but such is. Um, the boys find the cave of wonders. 
Um, the th- I, I, this was actually really great as far as the music went. Uh, I, I, I've crapped on large parts of this film, but they go in and it's all the stuff from the first Jurassic Park film. Uh, when dinosaurs ruled the earth, the banners on the ground, you have the welcome visitor center, whatever it is, and you hear the Jurassic Park theme, but it's played only one note at a time on what might be a slightly discordant piano and and and, and high pitch. So we get, oh, this is nostalgic because it's in the high range of the keyboard. But as much as I'm having some sarcastic fun there, I thought it was brilliant and the perfect way to sort of harken back to film number one. I think I'm just negative because I think it's more that when this film come, came out, uh, in 2015, whenever you had like a reboot, remake, whatever, whatever you want to call it, um, every trailer would be like, let's get the original theme, but on a discordant keyboard and then have, sl- they did it I with this, they did the tra- it with Ghostbusters. I hear you they on did, the yeah. trailers, I do, I do. But as far yeah. as how you're going to incorporate it into the film, this was the right time for that version of the theme. Just a thought. Mm. Um, I also thought, like you said, they do a good job of, let's be real, you're making a movie called Jurassic World there's no version where they're not going to let you somehow visit or touch on Jurassic Park. So knowing that I thought they did a good job of like, it's, it's p- closed part of the park and they're lost and they had to like stop at it. I thought it was a, a nice little touch. I thought that like, was earned. Yeah. I didn't think for all the things they sort of throw in there. I thought this was earned. Um, Zach asked Gray, do you still have those matches? Was there any reference to matches before? Did I he pick some up? Because this just felt like we need a magic doohickey. We need we need some matches ex machina. Let's go ahead and grow. Oh, you got those matches? Yeah, I have those matches. Let's I'm go. Sh- Let's um, go. There might have been a mention that he keeps a bunch of stuff in his pack or something that he's prepared. I don't okay. remember fully. Was he? Are they waterproof matches? Because they spent a lot of time <laughs> in the water a minute ago. He should have gone, yeah. Oh, wait. No, I just throwing them to the side. Fanny pack. Yeah, I'm just, uh, but that was uh, there. And they find a Jeep. And then we get, hey, do you remember when we fixed up Grandpa's old Malibu? Yeah, I do. Let's fix the car. And apparently fixing the car is just like taking some wrenches and tightening a couple of screws because, you know, that's in bolts because that's about to be all that, that it requires. I don't know anything about cars, so, you know. I, I, I can, I can, <laughs> I can, you know, take out my own battery and put a new one in. That's about the extent of my knowledge. And I feel really accomplished when I do it. Um, no, you should. I don't know if I can do that myself. I mean, I probably could. I could if I was on the side of the road and I need to do it. But like, you know, yeah, if, world, if I, I can pay someone like five pounds to do it. Yeah, I will do that every time. I absolutely <laughs> will. Um, Hoskins meets Mesrani and he's convinced that three Raptors can take down the IR. First of all, how is that happening? How is that happening? I, I, I want to know how, he's, how his plan came about. All this firepower, in some cases, literally. And, and you're convinced that these three Raptors, that you, you can somehow program, and even if you could get them to do exactly what you want, that it could take down the IR. Did anybody ever seriously think for a moment this could actually, even if you got them on side, this, this could occur? Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone watches this thing it's like yeah man those raptors really be running in those caves taking down those here's the question was this even thought to be plausible in the slightest or is this just crazy villains going crazy the film's internal logic is yeah so fun um Ronnie must have seen top gun because he's gonna fly the chopper himself he's got lots of rounds of ammo the 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 boys fix the jeep super easy barely an inconvenience uh claire and owen hear the jeep take off and they uh find another jeep and hide behind it uh, the ir comes in leaves and then returns again through the roof 
uh, before it goes chasing the chopper. Get to the chopper. Um, I will say props to Bryce Dallas Howard. She's running in high heels this entire time, and I'm like, yeah, that they really like to focus on it as well. Yep. Uh, the Jeep the kids repair and drive was the one ridden in by Hammond and Gennaro in Jurassic Park. Uh, the Jeep they hide behind, uh, Owen and Claire, is the one that Grant, Sattler, and Malcolm uh, ride when they first arrive on the island. Just for those of you who are uh, playing along at home. Hmm. Uh, the chopper shoots the IR, but then the IR breaks into a pterodactyl sanctuary. Am I <laughs> supposed to believe the IR is aware of what a pterodactyl is, of where it's located on the island, and the effect that it would have? Or was it just trying to get away from the fire, and this is all a happy accident? It's just so clever. Yeah, happy accident. It's running to get away, and it's all the 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 sun is reflecting off of this dome. It's like a big shiny light bulb. It's running toward it. I I think the movie's telling me anywhere. The movie's telling me it's this clever. I think it is, and I think it's absolute crap. (laughs) Uh, But I'll tell you what, like this, forget how it happened. Which you know, I I know that's the basis of where they're going. But the sights of the pterodactyls through the skies, like. It was another level of threat that we haven't seen yeah. really before in a Jurassic, or at least not on this level. Yeah. I even thought the scale, like the explosion of like when the helicopter hits, like we never yeah. see anything. There's not a shot like that in the first three Jurassic parks where there's just like CG helicopter blowing up and all these things going around. So yeah, um, not a negative or a positive, just saying it's like you're saying it's a different scale and scope kind of than the last few films. Uh, also, I noticed that Zach knows how to drive stick. Do you know how to drive stick, Jay? Um, I mean, I know like, in high school, I did it twice. Really? Because um, I've never done I, it. So I would say, I would say no. Yeah. But like, I know enough that like I could go 150 feet before stalling and getting eaten. Yeah. That's <laughs> this kid who failed his driving test is like, I can drive stick because you know, most cars in, in the U.S. and Canada are not stick. They're not manual. Yeah. So there was, was a deleted scene where he didn't make it past his driving test because he was too fast and furious. He was driving too fast. He liked those other Universal films too much. So <laughs> he was actually such a good driver he couldn't pass his test. <laughs> I'm just too good of a driver. Um, what else do we have here? We got the panic. Uh, oh, hang on. Um, the, the boys approach a gate and the guards are like, "Oh, cool. Look, you don't see that every day. Kids in a jeep." And it's like, are these the only two guys who haven't heard? about what's going on in the park (laughs) mondays am i right (laughs) um the pterodactyls make it to a general concourse of the park and hoskins unilaterally decides it's time as he overlooks the carnage uh the boys are back in the concourse only to stare around i mean they're bad at staring around at the cgi uh dinosaurs the boys Uh, i thought uh i thought bryce dallas howard was really good at reacting to stuff that's not there i thought chris pratt was excellent at reacting to stuff that wasn't there uh the boys were absolutely terrible with these sorts of scenes um not so much when they're in like the truck later on but when they're on the concourse Mm -hmm. absolutely um zara somehow reunites with them i don't know how or when they just do (laughs) they just bump into her like they just see her like they both just kind of end up there and then she gets picked up and like repeatedly like (laughs) tossed almost from pterodactyl to pterodactyl and i'm sitting there going well shouldn't she be like a bleeding mess because they're treating it like it's a bill but i'm like no pterodactyls have teeth and she yeah. goes into the water they pick it up and even that and then sure enough the whatever it was called yeah. the masaurus <laughs> the funniest scene of the, the masaurus picks it up and eats it but then seconds later a pterodactyl with teeth very clearly exposed is almost eating sure. owen so i'm like why is zara not like darth mauled in half of the time that she well, ends up going into that tank 
two things. There's two different pterodactyls in the movie. There's a Deformidon and then there's the other type. I forget what kind it is. So like one that has teeth is a different one than the one that grabbed her. Oh, so hang on there. So, okay, fair enough. I'll take that. Yeah. Um, but then on top of that, like, it's just the simpler version is like, yeah, but if you put the blood, like they would make you cut it and like the MPA would not allow it. Oh, you couldn't, simple you, you couldn't get a PG rating or PG yeah, 13 exactly. rating with that. But no, in reality, you're right. Like she probably just like would have fell from her arm getting cut off. Like in Kong skull Island, when that guy <laughs> gets pulled away, you seen that, you know, the part I'm talking about on the boat. Seen that yeah. <laughs> and all the pterodactyls like tear him <laughs> up his body into pieces. I love this film so much. This this film, I know this was be like, look how shocking. This is so unintentionally funny because the way they fling her around, you can tell it's like a CGI ragdoll. Yeah. It's so funny. I mean, it is shocking, and that's what it's designed yeah. to be. Here's this character you sort of had a minor level of interest in. Now it's not quite deep blue sea levels of what, but it's pretty close <laughs> to deep blue yeah. sea levels of what just happened it's more about the adding of like the the beat increasing like you're wow you're like oh it's she got picked up oh she's falling in the water and then it's like more like it's more it's more it's all build up for the mosasaurus that's really what it is let's be honest it's all yeah. build up just so you can get one good shot of that thing coming out but that's also important because you're going to go back to that beat later for, for, for your climax of your movie exactly so mm-hmm. don't forget it's still here don't forget that this is a live area yeah. <laughs> um, there's a new team on the ground. Hoskins takes over, relieves every one of their duties. And by everyone, it doesn't actually mean everyone because Nick Jackson or whatever his name is, Jake Johnson stays there the rest of the movie and is still doing stuff. Um, the board's giving him emergency powers. Uh, Wait, we're home. We're skipping over that awkward moment where he like, oh, hang tries on. to tell the girl. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> oh, no, we're not there yet. A pterodactyl almost oh. kills Owen with its teeth, and Claire then shoots into the pterodactyl. And it's this, I guess this is this moment of like female empowerment where the, you know, he has to depend on her for a moment. And and so his response is to get up and kiss her, which Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very Indiana Jones. The problem is we're not in that timeline anymore where that kind of like, was there how we treated her earlier? Was there any will they, won't they? I mean, there's them looking, but there's not any sort of will they, won't they kind of chemistry throughout where this is paying off beats you've played off. We mentioned at the start when, when she meets him by his trailer, and then this happens. Yeah. And well, they had like, been on a date before, right? So they had, yeah. So the idea is maybe that she did like him before they went on the date and then was turned off on him by the date because of how he acted, but she's still attracted to him. Like, this is all subtext. I'm not saying, all subtext, I'm yeah. just saying that's the, that's mm-hmm. the idea I think they're going for. Is that like she did find him attractive and they got along, but it just, you know, type of thing. Cause, was, I, cause I think when Indy does it, and I'm trying to remember the movies where Indy does this sort of thing. Um, Temple of Doom for sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe Last Crusade, but it felt like it was a payoff to like this simmering will they, won't they back and forth that had developed over the course of a movie as opposed to you save my life. Now I'm going to reward you with my <laughs> physicality. You're welcome. Sure. Um, which i just want to add also sorry no, that was actually uh like a spontaneous moment it wasn't in the script that they kiss oh well, really it was, okay it was an you added thing that on the that. day they're shooting they <laughs> came up with it so. um a new team on the um the board's given emergency powers the pterodactyl returns and so everybody gets into a jeep i mean all our heroes i mean and the kids go can we stay with you and claire's like yes i'm never leaving you kids again <laughs> and a funny joke we we met him we mean owen which actually by the time that they've all been together it does seem like actually aunt claire's been more of a badass 
Yeah. She shot the pterodactyl dead. Hey, look, yeah. kids, a Mercedes commercial. I park the Mercedes SUV again, and uh, Owen shows up with Hoskins, and then he punches Hoskins in the face, to which no members of his team do anything to back him up. Sometimes someone deserves to get punched. You know, sometimes everyone goes, yeah, he deserved that. Oh, and this is where the movie tries really hard to go. It's all Hoskins' fault. Everything is Hoskins' fault. When nothing to this point has been Hoskins' fault. I just want to say that. That's but, true. But they pivot to him by going, <laughs> they have Claire go, Hoskins, you wanted this to happen, you son of a bitch. It doesn't matter if you wanted it to happen or not. None of this is his fault. Yeah. Yeah. It's your fault, Claire. How dare you it's blame Claire's him? Fault. It's Claire's fault. You should have gone off on her. Yeah. This isn't a shareholder uh, meeting, Claire. Let's not go pivoting sure. the blame just yet. <laughs> uh, before we move on too much, I do want to add also, this is the last set piece. I will say it did deliver what we all kind of secretly have wanted from a Jurassic Park movie forever. People who are at the park just running away from dinosaurs. Yes. Like not people visiting, not mm-hmm. a few people, like people in attendance. Mad like just panic. terrified running away. Yeah. yeah. Um, Claire puts the boys in the back of, I guess it's some sort of like an armored truck. It's a vet truck tells them to hold hands at which, (laughs) at which point like gray goes to do it. And Zach has to remind us that ain't happening. I'm like, Hey, so you need to go fall on a lake again or something like that. And then Zach goes, Hey, do you remember that time that I protected you this other time? This is like that. And I'm like, rather than tell me these things, how about you show me something like this? Have a moment where you protected him earlier in the movie that we can go back to and say, Hey, it's just like before I'm not leaving you. And you go, Oh, and if only there was a time when the movie could have given, Oh, I don't know. Maybe when the Indominus Rex was chasing you guys, you could have put yourself right in front of him and then grabbed him and launched yourself. Mm-hmm. Something where you took the leads. So you can go, remember that time? Same thing here. I'm not leaving you. Yeah. I think that's my biggest flaw with the film. Not like flaw, but what, this is a, a fun, just adventure movie, right? Like not that much depth, but this yeah. is the part of the plot that should have that, that extra tinge of heartfeltness. Like Jurassic Park has that undertone of heart that like through the, that this doesn't necessarily have. And this is kind of the plot point they're wanting to put those ships on, but it feels like kind of, you said like it was added in later in the script. Like they had a script and then like, Oh, we have to make it more emotional. Yeah, so they added moment. this divorce thing where yes. it's like, if you could see the same film, like if it somehow played out and was emotional and you felt for the brother's relationship. And at the end, you really meant something when he stuck up, the whole film would be so much better. But, but you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Is the divorce storyline even necessary or is it just something else? else to give judy greer to do i think it's only there to give the brothers a reason to like bond together like no matter what the whole concept i think is like even if we get divorced oh. and separated or not like we're gonna stay together like we didn't and, need this in the original like the brother and sister there were like hey we're siblings we at no point we we're like what's the conflict they have going on at home that we can parallel into this you know larger than life situation we're like no it's a survival story sure yeah uh, maybe to be fair maybe it's them trying to go let's not go beat for beat with the first one let's create something new we can t- i guess yeah that we can take it again i don't think the plot point i think the plot point itself is a fine plot point like i, I think if i direct i wouldn't necessarily change i think you have to flesh it out and make it a reason there's a way to make that idea emotional but it just doesn't quite come up through. uh somehow nick's back in the control room after being relieved of his duties like we talked about uh owen's riding his motorbike with the raptors because this is the mission now we're gonna have the raptors and we're going to sign off on them going to take down the indominus rex um the boys say that claire's boyfriend is a badass to be fair it's a cool looking shot it really really is yeah um the raptors and that's why go ahead you know know, you're structured i'll just say that's why i gotta be honest this movie that's when it won me over a little bit more because i was like the idea of like riding with the raptors i kind of thought was cheesy like in the trailers and stuff and then seeing the movie, when it gets to that point, I'm like, ah, 
it sold me like the yeah. tone of the film somehow worked that like I bought that this was happening enough. And I, I was probably one of the better parts of the film is just those couple shots of him with the Raptors. Plus it's all a fake out anyway, because the Raptors face off with the IR and it turns out the IR is part Raptor. So they won't attack. There's like a double cross. It's like pro wrestling happening here. Uh, and so um, they talk to each other. Yeah, They're like squeaking so, at each other. Somehow they share a language, but the fact that he's never we it's we were told to no small feet. It's never learned how to socialize, and then instantly meets other raptors, and it's like bar am you, bar am you, and knows exactly what to do in this moment. This is the best film I've ever seen. So they torch. I, I think they're based off like whales and dolphins, and I think whales and dolphins can have can communicate and do stuff like that. So. Even if you weren't acclimatized to, to like the pack? No, so that's the one thing that I do get wrong. Like, I, I okay. learned about this. Like, they do have different packs that have different languages and dialects that they actually can't. So they'd have to be together for a while to learn third. Yeah, that, that, that's my thing. My Maisha's not the three of them. My, uh, totally the three. Because yeah. the first movie established them as well. But they're pack hunters and they can talk to each other. It's just the idea that we insert the fourth one here. And he's like, it's, it's kind of the Indominus Rex is like, hey, who's the new cool kid? All right, everybody. <laughs> we all want to be your friends. Hey. Um, so the, the humans torch and singe the IR, but it runs away. The Raptors turn on the security team and take most, if not all of them out, uh, back in the truck. Grace says he wants to go home. Claire promises that will happen. Cue the Raptors. Uh, one comes through the window and she's driving. There's no way you're keeping that car on the road. There's no <laughs> way. It's so impressive how you, the way you see it, it's like the car is, the, the truck is speeding. It would have to have so, lost it keeps itself. pace with it. It's like, it's, like, it's like the Raptor sitting there going, okay, not yet, not yet, no, 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 no. Okay, now. <laughs> I, I rewound it like three times because it's so entertaining. Um, what do we have here? Uh, there's a great callback to that classic wing mirror shot from the, from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the boys work together to zap a raptor, and then Owen shows up. Uh, Hoskins and Wong continue to ruin the world. Uh, Hoskins talks Wong into collecting embryos, I think, and that ends up being, yes, exactly what happens. And then everybody goes to leave because there's a boat, and then Jake Johnson is told, uh, by by Denise, she's going to go, and he goes, "All right, well, someone's got to stay." And there's this great emotional swell, and he goes to kiss her, and she goes, "No, no, I, <laughs> I have a boyfriend." And I'm going, "Hold on, screw you, movie. You just gave me this exact moment with Chris Pratt, and that was okay. <laughs> and now with Shake Johnson, like, no, we're going to be progressive with this film and be like, that's not the case. He needed to have a conversation with her first, which is fine if you just like listen to the rules of your own movie. I just didn't. But also, it. they make him really scummy because he's like, oh, I thought you- I didn't know it was like a, a serious boyfriend. That, so I he didn't like so that he- line. No. Yeah. So he knew he knew that she oh, she was dating someone, right but there. he was like. Nah, I'm, I'm still going in. Especially because he's restopped. That, that's like his, like the rest of the movie. He's like a really funny, honorable yeah. guy. He's just a chill guy. He's just a little dog. They kind of make him like the, that friend zone guy that like every male friend is just waiting to do this to you. Yeah, I don't know if the movie personally just needed that comedic beat there. Like a movie was getting into a more serious tone. I didn't need that. But going back before we go too much, I want to comment on the raptor attack with that scene. I do like that the third act of this movie, like it's it's clearly the, the act divider is like it's nighttime. There's like the hard cut. Yeah. It's like the, th- the rest of the film is night. Like the first That's two acts point. are daytime. And I kind of like that the whole film's in one day. I kind of like clean structures like that, like one day gone wrong type of thing. 
And again, it's like up to Annie when it's nighttime, new visuals, new stuff. And that scene we didn't talk about is like very Aliens-esque. He talks about, I mean, it's not that good, but like that's what it's based off of with like the video cameras and going away and getting pulled. Like the, yeah. that's the inspiration for that scene he talks about. And I, I will say, I don't even mind the idea that the boys work together to zap the raptor because they just said, they just had this bonding conversation. And then look, instantly a moment to put our new brotherhood to the test and look at how we succeeded. Um, Wong choppers off the island with a briefcase full of DNA, I'd guess. Uh, our heroes run to the lab only to find it evacuated. And Hoskins shows up and like, you know, that bad guy speech I got, I'm going to do it one more time. I know you guys have heard it two times during this movie. I'm going to say it again, just so like the Raptor can like overhear and come on in at, uh, on cue. <laughs> it's so strange. Um, I've got direct line. This movie is so lazy with its villain because they do. They pivot hard to go. Hoskins is the bad guy and Hoskins is only the bad guy for about 15 minutes in the film to this point. But he becomes the sort of guy that if I mean, the first one, Newman, right? What was his name? Um, Oh, Wayne Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wayne Knight, um, yeah, um, shows up uh, 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 and, uh, uh, uh. and it's established early on. He's a scumbag. We find out very early on he's sold out plans. I mean, okay. So when he dies, this has been coming down the pipeline for a couple of, all we know about Hoskins, he's just kind of a jerk. Yeah. That's it. And then he's saying to the raptor that's coming towards, we're the same. We are, we're on the same team, even though I was an absolute bastard to and, you. And it is it is interesting though how he tries to mimic the hand sort of gesture that we see yeah. Owen do earlier in the film, and he bites his hand off. Wait, also, because he touches him earlier in the film against his will, doesn't he? And so mm-hmm. there's kind of that uh, yeah that sort of established thing about his hands and touch. Um. So. Um, and we get a hint there, not that you really think, but we get a hint for the uh, sequel because the, the raptor that he's talking about on the screen is the villain of the sequel. Oh, really? Okay. So when he's on the screen and he's like, yeah, imagine these things, but smaller, like the. the oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, imagine these smaller things. He's just going like, you know, this is the ultimate weapon. This is what we should be focusing on. Terrible. What um, if this was evil chicken? The raptor <laughs> kills him. Our heroes run away, but continue to be pursued. And the raptor is fooled by a hologram. And obviously, it's the one that kills that uh, is Nedry in the first one. And you go, "Oh, I know that thing." What's it? They've got hologram oh, really? tech. Yeah, it's like they've got hologram technology that's massive, and it's never brought up. I will say, like, if you want to hear one of our all-time great BFE kind of tangents, go back to uh, Jurassic Park one and listen to me go nuts about how that dinosaur gets into the passenger seat in order to to, <laughs> to attack to attack Wayne Knight, Dennis Nedry, because there's no way I can. There's no way it can happen. Happen where where he does not realize the dinosaur is just waiting for him just just one of the all-time classics i mean you're not wrong <laughs> oh i went i went way off on that one um so here we go uh owen removes the cameras from one of the raptors because they were surrounded by three raptors outside and he kind of does the whole like hey hey i'm your buddy i'm your friend hey i got th- okay there you go at which point all the raptors are decide they're back on team owen and they now like double cross a reverse double cross on the uh, on the IR, and they now attack Owen's command when he when he gives a whistle. They all jump, which kind of proves to me Hoskins was right. You're right. Let's get some orcas and attack some submarines. Let's do it. I'm just saying, like they're like, no, that's not possible. And then like, oh, it's okay because the because Star Lord's doing it, and if Star Lord's doing it, it, I'm okay but, with this now. 
I know raptors are stronger, but like theoretically, have we not tried? Why don't we send lions into caves then? Like we got li- we lions. Here, you know? Why don't we just send a bunch of lions in there? Get them out. I would like, love hey. to go into battle riding a lion. <laughs> the idea that someone's going for the military. Forget no no. Forget jets. Forget missiles. What aren't we thinking of? And there's the one that goes dinosaurs. Yes, I love it. <laughs> um. <laughs> broken ethan um gray <laughs> says to claire not enough teeth <laughs> which is a strange thing to say without context it, it just i agree it, it would have been like was that a comment earlier about the number of teeth that could attack it that might have been he's, not enough teeth and she goes and i don't remember at any point talking about a t-rex but she tells Lowry, Jake. Well, we see the T Rex earlier. We don't talk about. It. There's a montage where they go to the T Rex place and we see it eat the oh, goat that's from right. behind the people. Uh, that's right, like that. T Rex uh, kingdom. Yes, that's right. And she says, "Open paddock nine. And he's like, "He sure says do something for once in your life." I'm like, outside of he's staying what, here. Outside of making, what, did, what did he not do? I outside don't know of making life, a move, yeah. I don't know what Lowry's done wrong the whole movie. He's he's been like there should be nobody there, and yet he's getting nothing but flack. We had this the part yet where the Indominus Rex like flings one of the Velociraptors into a barbecue. Um, I'd also like to point out where this control center is set up, where they visually make it seem like like they go down the main street and then it kind of goes to the left. There's like that room. It seems like like how does he get out? Like he's in the control center. They escape. Then I want to. Is there a short film about him trying to sneak back to get to the <laughs> boat area because go. he's the one last person left? <laughs> uh, so. Uh, it's a t-rex and she lights uh a a flare and gets the chaser and i'm supposed to believe it even with her high heels she can outrun a t-rex um and then with sleeping no oh, sleep that's okay it's, it's groggy it's a groggy <laughs> <t-rex>. <laughs> uh, the ir is about to get so the, the it, it, basically then it sees like the ir it's like i gotta fight you and we got like dinosaur fight club that's just existed here it's Real kaiju quick, time though, i love nice- it there's a nice fan moment there just for like, cause the T-Rex before fighting the Indominus, it breaks through the Spinosaurus. Oh uh, yeah. Because in the third film, of course, the Spinosaurus beats the T-Rex in a fight. And oh, a lot okay. of people were like, we're like, no, boo, the Spinosaurus couldn't be bigger than the T-Rex. And then the T-Rex now, the first thing it does is burst through the Spinosaurus bones and say, no, I'm the king of the franchise. I will say the shot of Claire running with the flare in her hand and the T-Rex behind her. It, it's a, it, it's a wonderful shot. I will give that every, uh, credence it deserves uh the t-rex then fights the uh, ir and the ir is about to give the t-rex its death shot by by biting into its neck when a, a raptor i think it's uh owens raptor blue, blue yeah blue yeah returns to help with the fight uh the t-rex pushes the ir into the security wall for the mosasaurus who then drags the indominus rex into the tank and to its death the t-rex the raptor and owen share long wistful looks at each other before they all go their respective ways <laughs> And uh, Lowry then grabs a Brontosaurus, a toy one, off his control panel and powers the control room down. I guess he gets out, would be my assumption. Yeah. yeah. No, he never gets out. But I will say the ending is actually pretty impressive. Like, I actually do like that That last. It's like a one-shot, actually. You're with them as the fight's happening around them, and they're running in and out of the buildings. And it's a one-shot. And the one-shot ends on, which is kind of hilarious, but, like, it literally ends on a frame where you have four dinosaurs roaring at the same exact time. Like, if you pause that frame, there's, like, the raptor's roaring, the T-Rex is roaring, the Indominus is roaring, and the Mosasaurus is roaring. It's like, <laughs> we're going to end on the massive roar. It's just like, okay, Jurassic World. This isn't the park, it's world. 
Uh, and then we fade out to the coda and David Wallace and Kitty Sanchez return and are happy to find their less talented relatives uh, and offspring are at the rendezvous point. Uh, at which point Claire just like butters off and goes, I'm going to go hang out with Owen now <laughs> and goes, yeah, so, 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 so what do we do now? And he's all like, probably should stick together for survival. And it's all backlit and it's shot really, really nicely. Um, I like cheesy movie lines like that. Yeah. Like you're in a Jurassic Park movie. You, if you're not going to no, stay for fine. survival, then it's like, come on, what are, you, what are we making this movie for? It's it's the same as when in Speed, uh, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock <laughs> have just gotten off the bus, and she goes, you know, he says, I have to warn you, people who get involved in relationships based on extreme circumstances, <laughs> you know, it it they never work out. Oh, he goes, well, I guess we'll have to base it off sex then. And she's like, sounds good with me. Or, or it's the other way around. But anyway, just it's, <laughs> no, those, it. it's those cheesy lines that sort of wrap. Because it's time. It's time to put a bow on it. We, and we need to do that. So, um, But my question is, don't mom and dad want to ask some more questions from Claire before they before she takes off? Technically, this yeah, is but, her but fault the audience as well. wants to get up and leave. That's what that's the difference. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, the T-Rex goes to the helipad and screams out his dominance onto the park as the theme plays, and it ends. Uh, I will just say a couple of quick facts on the way out. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard was asked about the fact that she wears her high heels the entire film. Uh, she said that it's way better running. It's way better than running barefoot in the jungle the, than it would be. Um, it, was, it was a better situation for her to wear the high heels than to wear but barefoot in the jungle. In an interview with Cosmopolitan, she confirmed that her character did, would not be wearing high heel shoes in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. She discovered that when director Colin Trevorrow texted her hashtag no heels 2018. And uh, film journalists have noted parallels between the workings of the park and Jurassic World and that of the film and entertainment industry. Actor James DeMont, with a small role in the film, said the person and the environment are one. It's an obvious theme. Another theme is those who do not stop evil are supporting and encouraging it. Uh, and there's also some conversations. And Trevorrow side of the 2013 documentary film Blackfish, which is critical oh. of Captain Orca at SeaWorld as a key inspiration for Jurassic World. Um, Captive Orca... Telecom, which was oh, raised, yeah. which was raised partly in isolation, was responsible for the death of three people and served as an inspiration for the Indominus Rex and the public relations and corporate excesses of SeaWorld depicted in the documentary and inspired the fictional park in Jurassic World. So there so we there's go. A lot, I know a lot about whales and SeaWorld and stuff like that and all that stuff. So it's interesting. There we go. <laughs> We're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. Um, Jay, how about you help us out this week? I mean, not that you're not already by being here, but we need a random word, buddy. Chaos. Chaos. Hey, there we go. <laughs> That's a good one. Chaos. So if you're out there, part of the part of the fledgling fandom, or if you're a friend of the podcast, give us a gift that best sums up the word chaos at best film of her pod. You might win our gift of the week next week. How about there that? is a gift I know that you could use that would immediately win. Oh yeah, I mean, it Ian's books. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk off uh, off after no recording. See if it's the same. I know idea. exactly which one it probably is. <laughs> so um, let's talk about the money, money, money. Jay probably knows this off by heart, but hundred and fifty million dollar budget, which actually was lower than I thought that this film would sort of uh yeah, this would be like two fifty three hundred. Yeah. So what do we think it took home? Ethan. Oh I I know it though. Okay, I so think, Ethan's I, alone. <laughs> I think I do, but this is it was like one point two billion, isn't it? it in, I got it. Okay, what do you got? It's one point six seven one billion. 
Yep. yep. I, I rounded down to 1.67 billion, but yeah, uh, it passed the 1 billion mark in 14 days, making it the fastest film at that time to reach such a milestone, surpassing Furious 7. <laughs> another, wow. another, uh, heavyweight of cinema this film is incredible it's universal that was the biggest year they ever had here's a question you have avenged that year as well here's a question how how many people do we see according to the research i found how many Mm -hmm. people do we see die do we see i got what's the body count so it has Mm. to be confirmed deaths i suppose sure so somebody lower than you'd first think i'll say that much it's hard to count up because like like all those people who are shooting, like they'll go to contain it, die technically, right? Like, or most of them. And I don't remember if there's six die to five die to 12 die. So I can't really come up with think, a full number. So it's, I'll say 20. I think 12. Uh, Jay's closer, 25. Huh. For what it's worth. Uh, the old game, who would you cast as who? And there's so few, there's so few roles in this film. Maybe that's part of the problem I've got with it. Cause we did sort of condense it down so minimally. Can I be Zach? Because I hate Jurassic World so much. You want to be Zach? Yeah, because right. he's just a miserable bastard. Jeez. Uh, this isn't necessarily who are you, but who would you cast as who? But if you want to be, if, if you wait, you want to be the womanizer who? I want to be the guy who hates Jurassic Park so much. All right. I think you're looking at one side of his, his thing, yeah. not the other. But all right. <laughs> Um, I just that's that line that Judy Greer has. Recently. Yeah, he can be pretty Zach mean. Police him so much and yeah. starts crying. Uh, I think I'd do the Jake Johnson role. Yeah, if I had to, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not. Um, your 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 alpha male superhero guy. That's oh, I kind of want to be Wu. Wu's insane. Oh, Wu's so, interesting. Yeah, he's so funny. Hoskins. Yeah. I want to be the little kid on the Triceratops. Do you want to be the little kid on the Triceratops? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> no, I guess uh, I don't think I... Ca- Casting-wise, I don't know what you mean by these questions, but I feel like in my head, I've always pictured, like, in a dream, it's like, this movie somehow made in 2008 starring Brendan Fraser as Owen is like, that's what I want. The oh, mummy Brendan Fraser a- as Owen Grace. Oh, so that's, that would be, that's, incredible. that's a really interesting call, actually, that is. Yeah. That's a guy who I don't know what happened, but he just missed like, the mummy was big, don't get me wrong, but you feel like yeah, Brennan Fra- Fraser should have been bigger than he was. Yeah. It's just a timing thing. Like if, the, if somehow he came out today with those movies and he, they were that popular, he would be in superhero movies. Oh, he'd be in all the Marvel. Yeah. He, yeah, he'd absolutely have one of those Marvel roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's yeah. like a Star Lord type for sure. Basically, yeah. any role Chris Pratt has, I would give to Brennan Fraser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing yeah. against Chris Pratt, but he could no, play them too. Brennan Fraser roles. could also play those roles. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down the awards. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, whose story is it? I mean, I hate to say it. It's Claire's story, isn't it? Yeah. Science's story. She's oh. the one who has the character arc. Owen doesn't have an arc. Yeah. Owen's, yeah. Owen's pretty, pretty. He's, he's the. Hey, Owen, you're pretty cool. Hey, you're still cool. <laughs> hey, I really appreciate you're the, the moral backbone yeah, of the film, do Owen. Anything, like questionable. Yeah. No. Like, there's not a point where you like disagree with him or you're like, you're wrong. Like, he's like, no. No, and even when he kisses her, I mean, some of that's, you know, the world's even changed in the last seven years. So, you know, would you write yeah. that in now? Or would you include that in now? Maybe not, or you'd find a different way to get there. So sure. I can't, I can't, you know, begrudge him based on, on, you know, societal norms changing over that time frame. Mm-hmm. Cause back in the day, this is where the hero kisses the girl. That feels like a pretty obvious trope for these moments of high tension and, and, and relief. So. 
Yeah. Narratively, that's fine compared to Jake Johnson being like, I'm going to be a homewrecker. But they played that, I mean, they played that for a laugh. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, Jake Johnson's great for that, like, oh, I'm just a lovable yeah, loser like, kind yeah. of guy. Yeah. Um, what's up next? We've got, uh, what is the story? What is the story here? I guess it's very subtextual. Capitalism, corporate synergy, bad sometimes. Uh, it's it's very m- like foggy almost because they give a sort of a message, yeah. but that message itself gets muddled in them taking part in said thing they're yeah. saying is bad. So I want to say it's that, but at the same point, I think it, I'll just say it's the E.M. Malcolm line of you. You didn't think about whether you should or whatever it is. Just because you could yeah, doesn't yeah. you didn't stop to think about whether you should. Yeah. Yeah. Movie's just about dinosaurs breaking out. That's what they thought. That's what they, that was. That was the objective. Let's how do we get dinosaurs to run and chase people? What if this? Yeah. What if this time there are people in the park? Yeah. Which I will say, to be real, is the most genius. Like, I mean, simple. Everyone wanted, but like the, the the tagline for the movie, the park is open. Like, if you remember back in 2015, 2014, when it was leading up, the hype was real. People were like, saw that. I, I was. I was, yeah. and they were like, whoa, the park is open. It's one of those weird things. Like my hype for this movie was actually really quite high. I was really looking forward to it the first time I saw it, and to yeah. the point where I didn't see film too. Like I, 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 and that wasn't. I didn't get around to seeing it. Mm-hmm. I chose not to see film too. Um, Twenty fifteen was a big year for those franchises because you had was Avengers two, then this, and then you get Star Wars as well. And yeah. if if you yeah. really if you really want to say you had Terminator Genesis, you also had Fast Seven. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I've only made it through the first two Fast and the Furious movies. They're the most unfun. Fast Five is one of the funnest films. See, I was was going to get into it. And I was going to like, okay, I'm going to, I want to watch because five is when the rock comes into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It gets really good. I'm like, like, I want to get there, but I'm, but I'm a completionist. So I thought I can skip Tokyo drift because it feels like that's just them. You can't, you actually, you actually can't skip Tokyo. It's surprising. If you want to watch this, if you want to watch the series, you cannot watch, you cannot skip it. Cause I tried to genius of the franchise is how they took the most irrelevant movie in the franchise and somehow it tied it into like five sequels later on. So they, so they they throw dark world it. Yeah. 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 Um, Oh, cause I watched number four. I started number four and I started keeping track of how many scenes I was watching. And the first like eight minutes, there's like 12 different scenes. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? Like, and the, and uh, the dialogue, Jay, I'm sorry. It, it was so cringeworthily bad that I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I really want to get to five, but I cannot yeah. force myself to sit through four. I can't, a, but I won't let myself game. watch it. <laughs> Yeah, there's a drinking game where you take a shot every time Vin Diesel says something longer than two sentences, and you never take a drink. You never take a drink. You just you just don't take a drink. You're like, oh, if there's a line of dialogue longer than two sentences, he's not saying it. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> Role of women in the film muddled, I oh. think. What do, what do you mean? That sounds interesting. I think it's really weird because they have Claire's arc is this, in a sense, don't you this independent woman. Uh, and you, you, she opens to be like, I don't really want kids. I'm happy doing what I want. And then she, like her, her arc is almost, I want kid. I want man. But also, she, it's also within an arc of, I understand. I understand. Why is it every time you quote people? It turns into caveman speak. I want kid. I want man. 
I think it's fun. I, I will say, I get, it's because it's, it's a woman, I get it, but it's like, it yeah. is just the inverse of Alan Grant. Like, Alan Grant yeah. doesn't want kids, and at the end, he learns he kind of wants kids and wants stuff, and this movie's kind of a similar way to that, so. Is it because, just, if I may, is it because, because I don't think it's as simple as we reverse it and, and we're being hypocritical as a society. I think Alan Grant's like, I don't like kids, but I am married to my job in a sense, and it's, I'm, I'm obsessive with it. But it's this, it's this thing that we provide more honor in. It's not just the, the accumulation of money. It's about truth. It's about science. It's about sure. research. And therefore, we go, there is value in that to society because you are creating and building upon this collective knowledge. As opposed yeah. to Claire, who's like, I'm, I can tell you the by-minute numbers for guest satisfaction. Well, that's the thing. She has two arcs. So it's like, that's what, like the Alan Grant's a secondary thing is like also the kids. Her first arc is the, is the tip is like, she's too, you know, typical suck up needs to loosen up that sort of thing. So it's just, it's, it's just, kind of like two things at once. It's very, it's, it's, it's very one dimensional as far as that, mm-hmm. that first bit goes, Oh, you need to lighten up. And it is. And also you get that line of, Oh no, you will want kids. And that's just, it, yeah, it, I like feels, that. Yeah. it, yeah, it feels like it's just moving her into this specific yeah. idea of where well, she's going to, she needs to have kids. Cause she woman, she do this, this that people, yeah. it's weird. What if she, I agree. People go into stuff so much though. Like at the real same time, they're like, sure. yeah. how many sisters say that to their sister? Like nine, like 95%. Sure. So it's sure. like, it is, a, it's like the idea that like that wouldn't be said, or if I'm saying that, Somehow, it's just because in a movie you're choosing to show it, you make, you put everything gets so heightened, like, and we judge it as if it's like, like, we like to, and this is a, a negative on the film, you like or not like, but people like to watch a movie and assume that the politics or everything said in the movie is exactly how the director and everyone feels about every subject. And it's like, that's not the case. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I hope that's, that's not how, that. how we come across. I don't think no, 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 no. Just... I'm just saying that for other people in general, yeah. not you guys. Uh, I love okay. the show. I love you guys. I'm yeah. just saying for you know, a lot of people listening. <laughs> I, so. I just like poking holes in things. I have no idea what Colin no, Tomorrow really feels. Oh, this is a fun oh, show. Thank you. He hates women so much. He wants them all to be eaten by dinosaurs. Yeah. He's, he's, he's come on, Jesus, come on here just to just to bury us from 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 within. Um, I'm trying no. to direct Jurassic Park Nine. Okay, guys. No, and I hear that, and I was about to say kind of kind of smiley and go. Oh, you're such a defender of, of of directors everywhere, and I mean that in the best possible way mm. because I think you can identify with uh, being in in that. In, in that chair and sort of having to answer sorts of questions along these lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I forget where I was going with this. We're still, it was, it was a role of women, right? Oh, here's the thing. What if she kisses him? What if rather than him kiss her, she kisses him? Cause he's already made the joke about you want to come into my bed. So we know he's got interest. Sure. And if she kisses him, then she's taking agency over that. Mm-hmm. And she's had this moment where she saved the day. And then he goes, I just kind of wanted to say, uh, and before she can get it out, she just lays a kiss on him. And that's yeah. kind of like the last sort of restriction. She's sort of throwing off herself. And then it's not as problematic, not because it's a woman kissing a man. Cause I don't like those double mm-hmm. standards, but yeah. because he's already expressed interest, whereas she's been playing it really close to the vest all film long. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the Indiana Jones difference. Like in the Indiana Jones, where you're talking about the women are throwing, like they've already shown that they're attracted to Indiana Jones. They flirted with him. They've already made like sexual innuendos toward him. Like, you know, all three of the first movies, like they like him, they're, they're acting a certain way toward him and they're having sexual banter toward him. So it's like when it happens, like you said, they've earned, they've kind of gotten to this point where they have this chemistry of playful, will they, won't they, or they will eventually where this movie doesn't fully commit to that and no. it's like oh maybe they had a date and then they they just like oh i guess now they like each it other it just takes or a bit like, of a shortcut yeah okay. yeah exactly <laughs> um 
outside of that i mean it's it's, it's weird that like you know her flaw is you're really successful as a woman <laughs> see i think actually think about it now it's not that she's successful i think it's more and this is like against up like Island Grant is passionate about his job, and so is Ian Malcolm. I don't know if she comes off passionate in a loving way, right? She's doing what she does, maybe because, and maybe this is maybe worse of a character trait for a woman. She's so f- focused on maybe money or business or becoming a successful woman that she's lost sense in what she wants to do or what she wants to be or who she truly is as a person. Yeah, I don't know I what her motivation. Were going for. I don't know what her motivations in this film are really at all. Yeah, I'm just saying, if you honest. see the second one, not that's a different movie, but she seems much more passionate and active okay. about what mm. about saving dinosaurs in the second film than she does about her job in this film, where she feels like she just like has to do it. Like it feels like a different it. character, honestly. Is that a danger yeah. of like when you're starting? To, I'm going to launch a new trilogy. Is that you can go, hey, the story is only a third over, but in the same breath, this is still this is still a narrative unto itself and has mm-hmm. to be has to have a fulfilling sort of journey. So the audience walks away going, oh, "I was all right. I might come back for number two. It's, 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 yeah. it's just a thought when you know you're writing a, a, a trilogy you need to have her story threads. her story's gonna go many places over it you still have to go but what happened in this one yeah personally as a filmmaker i think you should always think one movie at a time everything every movie should end and like that's the end of the movie it's like <laughs> people today act like you need to set up the next film it's like you never need to do that like it's like if they i don't know if like jurassic park never made a sequel it's not like I mean, they found a way to make five more. So it's obviously they didn't yeah. need to set up a sequel in Jurassic Park, you know, or so on, or all these things in these movies. Star Wars didn't directly set up Empire Strikes Back. It's like it, you don't need to necessarily, you know, you just figure, you just write a sequel. You make a good movie, Ocean's Eleven. It's a hit. You come up with a way for them to come back. You came up with a way for them to exist the first time. How can you just do it again the second time? You don't have to like lead into everything. They they tacked on three sequels to the Matrix, and the first one was a perfect standalone movie and did perfect not did not need any. I didn't need closure. He's there. And he's going to fix it. That's all I need. That's, that's what I was walked. Over. That was great. It's not like the end of the first Jurassic Park. Ian Malcolm's like, well, now I can finally get back to my daughter and her gymnastics lessons. <laughs> I wonder what will happen next. Post, post-credit scenes, yeah. Yeah. I'm here to talk to you about the gymnastics initiative. Um, the post-credit scene is just her like putting chalk on her hand doing something <laughs> on the bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Favorite character, favorite character, or best character, whatever you, whatever you want to interpret that as, best performance even, whatever. Uh, let's start with Jay. Uh, the Indominus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I guess uh, uh, Ifran Khan, I guess, I like Masrani. Oh, I really? guess he's okay. my, my favorite. I mean, there's only so many, there's only so few characters we can all pick, like, mm. you know, Claire or like uh, Owen, because there's only really two main characters, I feel like, besides the kids. But he's the one I think is the most fun and the one that stands out that I just like, he fits. I think it's a good, like, it's not John Hammond. It's something different, but it feels natural. And it feels like it's something someone would be like that. Who owned the park possibly. Ethan. I like woo. He's just psychotic and kind of sinister. And he is, he's drunk com- on his own, on his yeah, own. Power. It's great. He's got this God complex and it's one of the most fun scenes when he's just like, the, 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 the we're not the cats anymore. And I'm, oh. we're, we're, we are the cats or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. You're crazy. He's had that bullet in the chamber for, I don't know how long he's been, I've got plan- the perfect he's been, answer yeah. for this conversation. Yeah. He's been saying it in the mirror every morning yeah. and he's like, yeah, I did it. I got it right. I'm going to go with Chris Pratt. I think it's like you need a movie star to carry this. And he is a movie star in this. Like if you think about like how diverse. I agree. Like he carries this in a way that Sam Neill, I'm going to say it, didn't carry Jurassic Park. An ensemble yeah. carry Jurassic Park. Chris Pratt carries this movie pretty much on his back. 
individually. Yeah, like Sam right, Neill's right. not like an action star, but Chris Pratt, he he's a, he's an action. But star. Sam Neill got to hand off to Ian Goldblum for straights yeah. and to yeah, all yeah. these like it was like there's a very small number of characters that we're actually told we need to invest in. And yeah, Chris mm. Pratt might be Superman, but it does a damn good job of it. And you know he's got some serious Indiana Jones, Tom Selleck kind of combination of energy about him. But he yeah. pulls he pulls it off in a way that feels he, he he at no point was 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 my issue of any part of this film he does a good job and i'm not the world's i don't dislike chris pratt i'm not necessarily his biggest fan but he does a really good job with this one and maybe maybe i need to actually give number two a watch before number three comes out it is i just for i think completionist. honestly that is like a uh watch long because it is Ugh. i i was in a theater there were three other people in the theater uh, and that was like opening weekend, I think. And the entire theater were laughing at it. It was, yeah. it was wild. I'm not expecting good things, but I yeah. think just, just so I, just so I can access it. Otherwise I'd come out going, I didn't get that. Oh, it was in the second one. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> so then I'm going to unfairly sort of crap mm-hmm. all over number three because I don't, I don't have the entry point. So I need, and that's on me. Yeah. If I'm going to see number three of a, of a trilogy, I probably need to see number two because that's how trilogies work. It'd be like if I went yeah, and saw no, Return of the Jedi and was see, like... Yeah. You definitely need to see, just based off the trailers, like The Fallen Kingdom. I mean, you don't yeah. need to see, like, and I mean, you're a smart guy. You watch movies, you can just figure it out. But, like, you know, you, you might as well watch it. But no, I'm, I, I'm, it. I'm not a fan. Yeah, There's, um, like, a massive plot point I think it, they're going to end up coming back to. And if, yeah, oh, I'm going to... I We I, don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I cannot wait to see Ian's reaction to that because that, that was... Oh. Um... Uh, Grumbles, grumbles. Sorry, we're not there yet. Best moment, best element. Best moment, best element. Uh, Ethan. I'm going to sound like a broken The sound design of this is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I was watching this with headphones on, and there are moments where uh, there's proper 360 surround sound, and I I thought I had something on because it sounded so far away, and it encapsulates the atmosphere of a park really, really well. And even the design of all of the dinosaurs it's it's incredible it's phenomenal it feels so so realistic and atmospheric and i think for this film that's so important to give even realism and just just tone it was it was masterfully done uh Uh, the sound i just want to comment like i agree with you i was going to comment on that earlier like i Mm -hmm. think the sound design is really great especially someone who loves jurassic park and just jungles and theme parks like even that scene with claire when he's fixing the motorcycle like the sound in the background, like you hear the dinosaurs yeah. far off in the water of the river. And it's like, you really feel transported. Like, I'm like, I want to live on that river where he lives on the, in Jurassic Park. Um, but my favorite part of the film, ah, that's a tough one. I mean, I guess I have to go with, I, I guess the ending. I mean, I guess the, I do like the last like 10 minutes. There's something about it, I guess, just growing up, being obsessed with Jurassic Park and also just, as a, I'm also a theme park enthusiast. I post on theme park forums. I've studied like fall theme parks as a kid. I know all about them, all the manufacturers, everything. So it's like two favorite things. Probably both come from Jurassic Park. My favorite things are movies and theme parks. Like, so, but just seeing the park closed and having the idea of like the theme parks abandoned and hearing the sounds that are still running, like, welcome, you're to the exit. Like there's still the voiceovers and the stuff going and hearing it. I don't know. There's something about that that I've always wanted to experience. Like I've always wanted to walk around a creepy park empty and be the only person at Disneyland and I just think it's a good, I don't know, like it's a fun, good, solid, like fist pump ending to, it's not as deep, obviously, but for a Jurassic Park fourth film, I think it does a good job homaging the first one too, of like raptors, like dinosaurs fighting, like big hoorah. 
um, last kind of beat, like dinosaur roars, Mosasaurus grabs it. I, I think it's a fun, uh, fun, fun ending. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I think it's difficult with legacy sequels like this, where you want to pay off or you want to call back to the uh, existing films that we all know and and, and love, and yet you still want to create something original of its own. And those those bits, those subtle ones, the 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 the, the shot of Vi, the shot of the of the wing mirror of just a part that, that we, it's just enough without being um, self indulgent. I think even the bit with the t shirt and that whole nonsense. I I, I I quite like these little touches that went just enough to make me go, hey, remember this? Um, and and I went, yes, I do remember this. Thank you very much. Uh, um, yeah, so I think that was the part that I was most about. Yeah. It, 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 I actually really struggled to, to think of something that I could actually nail down as, as a singular kind of concept. Uh, outside of that, it was really cool to see the park open. So you like the park closed. I like the park open. Yeah. Where this is what Jurassic Park would look like in its functioning state. And I'm like, I could see why people would want to. I mean, I was like, of course you'd want to go there. It's dinosaurs yeah, and theme park. But seeing just those minutiae, some of the, the petting zoo, we talked about all these sorts of yeah. individual areas. That, all that stuff. That all made a lot of sense to me. And I quite, quite enjoyed seeing that. I think that might even be the, if there's a flaw in the first movie, it could potentially be the idea that they didn't go this way. And they went, let's sure. just have a few number of people in the park overall um yeah and that's probably like again budget and reason and stuff that's something that you can oh, with sure. modern technology like do um but going off on the sense i want to say i had i really like the pacing of the movie i guess that's maybe my favorite thing to really another broad stroke i do think besides a couple fumbles with several scenes the overall flow of the movie each act i think it works really well the first act ends when the t-rex the Indominus uh, breaks out second act ends you know when it turns to nighttime i think there's a good consistent pace and rhythm to the movie for not that deep but it's a good watchable film it's like a background like oh yeah it's very it's very rewatchable not that much depth to it but i think it's in a i think it's i think it works for what it was asked to do sure. i'll agree with that i this is a very is it's a very fun corny film i i remember i i click like i paused it and i was like oh my god i've only got 40 minutes left and it, it went by very quick it's like breakneck speed um pace you, you weren't yeah. taking notes on it trust me i know that <laughs> it's actually shorter than jurassic park in the lost world which is so yeah. rare you see a legacy sequel that's 10 minutes or seven minutes shorter than the last movie like especially what this does you're surprised this movie's not two hours and 25 minutes and like it's clunky and all those dead scenes in it especially just movies today just seem to be longer for some mm. reason as oh, well yes. yeah yeah. yeah, I think how I was having so much fun with this film. I was like chuckling and smile because this is, this is it's so fun. It's just a fun, stupid film. Well, now do the opposite of that, Ethan. Because I want you to grumble. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I keep saying it. The this self uh, congratulatory look. We're satirizing uh, corporate shill and all this idea that everything's sponsored. But also, look at our Pepsi uh, product placement. Look at our Mercedes product placement. It's you know the, the scene we always talk about from Wayne's World. It's funny because yeah, they take the product placement, but it's the butt of the joke, and it's for that one scene. But you have scenes outside of showing that product placement in universe where they do it for the sake of the film, and I go, oh, that feels really disingenuous. It feels so. It's 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 just. It doesn't feel. It's like you got the idea, but then you failed the execution phenomenally. No, Jay. 
Um, I guess I'll kind of second that. What I talked about earlier, how the movie undercuts its wow factor. Like the first Jurassic Park just tries to wow you and transport you. And this film doesn't do the Marvel thing because it's very popular day because we've already gone through the segment of making movies real. We now undercut ourselves and very like to point out that we are watching movies and they are movies. And this kind of does the same thing with the themes and thematic stuff as we're talking about where it's very on the nose and kind of saying out loud what all the like issues or undertones are and the corporate stuff like that. And every single time we're supposed to be like, wow, how cool is that? There's some character to say like, oh, it's not cool. Or, oh, you shouldn't be wowed by this. And it's, it, it's kind of keeps like undercutting itself in that way. And then me being the director, the problem I have is like, I have things that I don't like, but then I understand why they did it. Like the cinematography for me, it's too glossy. It's a little too poppy but like that's what they were going for it's a theme park it's inviting it's open it's colorful so it's sometimes hard to have some complaints when it's like i think if, if i change that would the movie make 1.7 billion dollars it's like i'm not so sure so you yeah, know yeah. i think i think they overall did a success but um i don't know i mean sum it up in like one sentence really military implementation of velociraptors <laughs> that's the obvious yeah i guess i could have said that <laughs> like the, the, this film has a villain problem and it's the idea is, is a villain necessary do you need to have a human villain in there is there a need for some sort of comeuppance for one individual man or could it just be a survival film and could that have been enough and is the indominus not enough of a villain that you could sort of create that and establish that and if you're gonna have a villain like maybe make him a bit more nuanced but this guy is just he's he's a mustache twirl away from yeah. just being you know evil league of evil who eats evil cereal and drinks evil milk um, just wait for the second movie there's two oh, there's two more even more oh, mustache right. you see these people that walk around with curlers in their mustache constantly <laughs> oh jeez oh right. my god and that one that one's oh let me let, let me let me be disappointed on it in its own merit don't you don't need to pre-disappoint I'm, I'm me we won't be doing a podcast oh, it'll be more like, <laughs> so you ever you don't want to talk about yeah. that for three hours trust me there's no way there's no way um so yeah that would be mine anybody's best role ever no chris pratt is he has more range in everything else i don't know bryce dallas howard well enough to give her a she's the only one who i really know from anything uh the guy from slumdog was better in slumdog vincent d'onofrio just he's everything else yeah yeah I, I I really judge over the writing over direction because Vincent D'Onofrio is an, is an incredibly talented actor and could yeah should have done better with this. His direction is chew scenery and granted he chews scenery. Yeah, yeah. I'm forgetting his name. What's the Owen's friend? Has that friend the French guy oh, from yeah. the Untouchables or Intouchables? Intouchables. Yeah. Intouchables, which yeah. is a really good movie. Um, but uh, it's funny he's in there. He's got a little bit of, of scene. Omar Sy, that's his name. That's it. I, yeah. I like him. He oh. did a good job. Yeah, we didn't really we didn't really touch on him, but he does a Mm. he does a good job for his Um, five lines that he gets to say every four scenes, like one line. (laughs) But it's good. He's back in the third one, not in two, but back in three. So I've said BD Wong is better in this than he is in the first one. Yeah, yep, different. (laughs) I like how I like how like he's like just like on a clipboard in the first one. He's like, yeah. No, like on, on, on the job. first one, he is there for no other reason than to set up Jeff Goldblum. That is his whole purpose in the first one. Yes, He's the guy true. who says the thing so we can remember the iconic line that Jeff Goldblum is <laughs> about to say. That's yeah. it. I love that retroactively going back and watching uh, the first ever Jurassic Park and can be like, right on that clipboard is like, my evil plan to make dinosaurs. Like it's so it's yeah. so it, it's two different characters, but it's so funny when you think about the fact that he probably had this plan from the beginning and he's just insane. 
Well, speak- think about what that would do, that knowledge, the magazines. If he really oh, is the yeah. guy who they came out with who created dinosaurs, he would become the biggest thing in genetics if he didn't go to jail and stuff, right? Like, he would become the guy. And he's like, so he's kind of that weird top of his, now he's like snooty, like, I'm the world's best geneticist <laughs> or this or that. I don't know. He's got a little attitude to him. Well, it's time for us to get snooty in a bit, a bit of attitude because... I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Age game, age game. Let's all play the age game. Ethan, what do we got? So we've got Chris Pratt. Oh, Chris Pratt. In the movie, how old is he? Uh, how old was he when he was when he was making the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 32. Sorry, did you say 32? Yeah. I'll go, th- I'll go 34. Oh, you're one of 35. Oh, right, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yep. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Ooh. 32. 27. Oh, Jay was almost that 33. Wow. Okay. Oh. Fair. Hey, I was going with typical Hollywood double standards. That, was, mm. that burnt me this time. Uh, Ty Simpkins, uh, little gray. Gray. Okay. Yeah. The, the younger one. <sighs> 12. 11. Oh, Nick 13. I was going to go 13. <laughs> Uh, Nick Robinson, who is the uh, Zach, the shitty one. Mm. 19. 21. Bang on the money, Jay. 19. Wow, Martin Sorrell. There we go. And then finally, the scene show of Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, okay. 51. 48. 55. Oh, there we go. Wow, he's yeah. good. Because this is seven years ago now. I feel like he looks pretty good. Yeah. He's 62 now? Wow. He's had, a very, he's had a very long career as well. So there we go. Um, oh, I should look this up earlier. The critics. The critics, Ethan. Um, Ooh, 71% yep. on Rotten Tomatoes. Only a 6.9 on IMDb. But we know yeah. why we're doing it this week. Uh, mm. Ethan, what did the critics have to say, buddy? Uh, so we have Mark Kermode of The Observer in the UK, and he says, while well, the 3D boosts are undeniably impressive, their human counterparts remain res- res- uh, resolutely two-dimensional thanks to a script that mistakes tone-deaf jumps and starts for emotional arcs. Um, Chris Climack from NPR says, I enjoyed Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. To the exact same degree, I enjoyed Jurassic World and gave it four out of ten. And uh, finally, we have Richard Roper from the Chicago Tons, uh, Sun-Times. And he says, Jurassic World is pure, dumb, wall-to-wall fun. When they hand you your 3D glasses, you can check your brain at the door and pick out uh, up on your way out. And he gives it a score of four. It doesn't say if it's out of ten or five, though. Out of five, his stuff. Yeah, yeah. four um, out of five. Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't, I didn't consider the impact that um, 3D would have had on elements of this film. Yeah. I think when the pterodactyls are flying, that would have been something that would have been big for the 3D. That was just a really yeah. rough time in cinema when, like, just they were going nuts trying to find ways to to force things into three, you know, force scenes and shoot things in a way that would cause reactions in 3D. And I hate mm-hmm. 3D, so yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, I I just can't get my head around it whatsoever. Uh, I think 95% of the time it, it takes away from the film rather than adds to it. I think that's why going back to talking, Avatar did really well. It was like Avatar movie actually doesn't have any gimmick. There's no shot in Avatar where it's like, look, I pulled the sword close to your face. Like <laughs> okay. it's just a movie that's like 3d world. 
Like there's no fake shots where like this has, a, there are a lot of other 3D movies always have that like thing. Like this has a couple where like the pterodactyl like line up and the, yeah. the, the, the things come straight at the screen and straight at your eyes and stuff like, like in that. Pirates of the Caribbean, the monkey comes right at you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw the, the fourth one, like she stabs the thing and like the sword comes like right yeah. at the thing like twice in the movie. I saw the Lorax in 3D. That was excellent. <laughs> that was, no, it was absolutely excellent. The, the Lorax. Ed Helms, yeah, the animated films are usually pretty good because they're, they're not they're usually just made and then they're easily they're a lot easier converted to 3d yeah. than a live action it's my films. best they they're not as, they're not as gimmicky it's my best 3d experience that i've had um yeah. I, I if i could have chosen not to see them in 3d i i, I would have but it just seemed to be the one we'd uh we'd we'd purchase plus with glasses 3d's terrible yeah um our critics our critics so i put out a fleece just before i closed my phone for some reason was it an okay was it a great film good film okay film or poor film i'm a little surprised 39 percent say good film 37 percent say okay film so it was really on that edge there uh we have a couple people on the outside there we've got uh well but in a second we're gonna go first to our patreon backers yeah. our friends of the podcast ethan do you have the information from georgia there I do. So we have uh, Reverend Bruce. Oh, I'll hit the sound on the way out. Go ahead. Uh, and he says this was too much carnage for Casey, so just him. He says, you'd think after Jurassic Park and its two sequels, humankind would have learned that making extinct carnivores unextinct to make loads of money might not be a good idea. So I was shocked. Shocked that things could have gone so wrong in Jurassic World. The theme park with even more deadly carnivores. It is la- bigger, louder, and has more teeth than ever. Not much plot or character development, but who cares? It's fun. The dinosaurs look amazing. It's funny that a movie that bashes corporate greed has so much product placement for samsung and mercedes-benz but the funniest part bryce dallas howard spent the entire second half of the movie running for her life there is no way she could have run that much in high heels couldn't she have found a pair of sensible shoes or why not just go barefoot we did get that answered uh, looking forward to seeing jeff goldblum back in the next installment he's badly needed for some humor most of the boring characters in this one are way too intense or just boring uh, then we have poet laureate hey, Parker. Oh. breathe breathe i had to forget i had breathe. to forget. allow other people opportunities yeah. to 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 jump in <laughs> as is necessary thanks a lot reverend bruce i'm, yeah. I'm surprised to hear that this level of carnage was 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 was, <laughs> was too high for katie actually and um, that's an interesting uh oh i don't know why i hit that um <laughs> that that's kind of an interesting um parameter i wouldn't have thought of this as being too much for someone mm. cliff clavin from cheers said the secret to life was comfortable <laughs> shoes just saying think about it he said who's the smartest man he asked fraser crane who's the smartest man you ever thought of and he went socrates he said sandals what's more comfortable than a sandal so there we go <laughs> uh next we have poet laureate of the podcast Dwayne smith Dwayne smith and he says this is a tough one for me to be positive about i've never really been a massive jurassic park fan i watched the first one a few years ago after it was released and i didn't understand what all the hype was about when they rebooted it i did give jurassic world a go and i remain decidedly unimpressed the dinosaur cgi has been impressive but i feel like that's the only real selling point the idea that they're persisting with this dinosaur theme park venture after all that's previously gone wrong is ludicrous it's an incredibly dangerous concept and just wouldn't happen the whole thing would have been shut down but movies got a movie right i think i counted four other films that jurassic world ripped off and i found myself focusing on those and ultimately just did not engage with the film even chris pratt could not save it i'm interested to hear all your thoughts but this was just not for me 
and then we have Nate the Great, and he just says, I'm going to keep this short this week because I don't like to be negative about film when I can avoid it. I'm just going to say I, that I enjoyed Chris uh, Pratt in this movie. Thanks a lot, Nate. Yeah. Succinct. Appreciate it. And that's everyone we have. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, low turnout this week. That's okay. That's mm. okay. Um, <laughs> what I have on the Twitter, on the Twitter, we've got uh, Resident Posty Russell says, as a piece of popcorn cinema, it's outstanding in my opinion. Cast are great, and the dinosaur set pieces are thrilling. My favorite being the pterodactyl attack. Yeah, it's a great moment. Maybe I should have paid more attention for that when I was naming my favorite part. Uh, then I've got... Hey, it's your sister! who says watched again with oliver today he believes the lego version is far superior to this piss poor film <laughs> my verbiage not his i'm okay never seeing this again for the record <laughs> jay oliver is my nephew so yeah that's why the uh, things are joke there um i imagine it's danny from its musical podcast says i really enjoyed it as far as legacy sequels go it was well put together and gave me jurassic park but bigger which is what i wanted you're part of the problem you're part of the problem danny <laughs> has to be bigger has to be scarier look at that uh matt sales from bigger movie pod says it's an okay film with the jurassic park films we've seen it all before they don't seem to try anything new why not try dinosaurs in space joking they're good popcorn films meant to be seen in cinemas for sure from bigger movie pod we bloody love you i'm actually going on and doing an episode on uh on their pod on i think i'm recording tuesday i think i'm doing kill bill i got a funny story Ooh, to share about kill fun. bill nice. when, when i'm on that uh we've got uh, anthony and davies who says i really need to get better at watching films maybe next week hashtag sure i said this last week josh from next favorite movie says cover the original jp this week and when we got to this one my guest said it's not good but it is fun and i think this sums this one up fairly well carlo from the movie loot says it's dumb fun but it doesn't really hold up the close scrutiny uh, the first half was pretty good but it kind of falls apart in the second i had issues with the characterization of claire and how she evolves from cold and distant workaholic to kick-ass heroin ant in a minute that and her relationship with owen didn't feel organic i also didn't like the use of the raptors here on the other hand i like vince Pr- sorry, i like chris pratt and vincent d'onofrio and trevor's direction was for the most part competent thanks carlo uh two idiots and a dog that's a that's, that's a might, might be a new one uh it's a lot better than i expected jurassic park was an important part of my childhood lost world and jp3 were varying levels of disappointment so i expected jurassic world to be trash was pleasantly surprised it's actually a pretty strong 20 years later sequel chat tsunami says it was decent enough even with the super dino plot still was a satisfying show off at the end and andy dixon says standalone it was a good film and one of the better sequels to a cracking original felt very samey as the original one in points though i think that's the that's the kind of poison chalice if you will if you stray too far away they go hey i wanted to feel like a jurassic park movie and if you go too close they go you didn't do anything new i'm looking at you again force awakens so um what do we have here now i mean if you like this episode what else go check out our jurassic park episode it's 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 really quite good and it's a much better movie just say it uh it actually has an ensemble cast of characters which i think is really important in a film like this i think i would have disliked bryce dallas howard a lot less if we had other characters to help round out this cast i really do uh time for ratings ethan why don't you start us off this week what are we Ooh. what are you doing with the rating um this is 
I had so much fun with this film, but the reason I had fun wasn't the film's intention whatsoever. I I laughed so much. Like the 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 pterodactyl scene when 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 the Dominus Rex slaps that Velociraptor into a barbecue and it just explodes. This is it's kaiju fighting, monster fighting. Um and when I see that it makes my little lizard brain be like, ooh, funny colours. I love it. Um Despite that, this is not the most competent film we've done. I still prefer the first Jurassic Park. Um, this is just turn your brain off uh, terror. I think it's like, uh, what's it? Fast and Furious. These these are like screwball films. Uh, so for that, I'm going straight in the middle and just going five out of ten. Wow, really? Five out of ten? Yeah. Because I had, I, it's, it's fun, but, and it's just so middling. Even with with how much I I enjoyed it. All right, all right, Jay, provide some balance here. There's no way you're going five out of ten, is there? No, and I feel bad because now I'm going to do like I hate to be that guy, but I'm going to talk down about a movie franchise, not a little bit, but just an understanding. I'm it's something interesting about film today. Yep. Superhero movies aren't considered dumb, but everything else is. What I mean by that is like there's 28 MCU films, and going on Letterbox, I watched San Andreas last night. San Andreas has a lower rating than every single MCU film ever. And a lot of reviews call it dumb. And then you see Jurassic World has lower than like 27 of 28 Marvel films. And a lot of things call it dumb. Is, are these movies dumber than the superhero movies that come out every three months? Like Shang-Chi like movie, has literally like a character from Iron Man 3 12 movies ago just show up and then follow them for an hour, drive there, dress up in battle. And it's like, that's not dumb. That's a movie that I, mean, I just think it's weird that like we've just there's some weird thing in society where we've now decided because there's so many superhero movies. Unless it's really bad, they're like art. But if like dinosaurs and buildings collapse and stuff, it's dumb. I just think it's a weird thing. Like, I don't think, you know, like, as a film, I can point out, like, this is not a dumber movie than like most superhero movies. It's a blockbuster film. They all have equal, probably, amount of things that don't work or don't connect or don't that. There's like, I feel like a lot of films, like, are talking about like super, like, way too long or have a lot of scenes that don't play off or set up for things. Like, this is still a clean movie that sets up what it sets up, pays off what it pays off. Um, that's smart. I, I give it a seven out of ten. That's my personal grade. I think it's a, a solid mid-level movie. And it's a, as a Jurassic Park fan, it's enjoyable. If I wasn't a Jurassic Park fan, maybe I'd be more five and a half or six. Um, but I mean, I, I, I do get enjoyment watching out of it. Jurassic Park's a ten. I give this a seven. I love superhero movies. I want to make that clear. But I just think it's very weird. I see it's a trend, and I go online that like disaster movies and dinosaurs and like every franchise that comes out that's not superheroes gets judged on a like kind of with the lost world girl kicking raptor thing people seem to be bothered by things a lot stronger than when they're in like superhero films um i appreciate your uh your manifesto on um (laughs) the silliness of marvel films i i I think you're 100 right uh are are superhero movies allowed to be dumb in society not really unless they're made by not marvel uh see morbius um (laughs) But, you know, like no one's calling out the Eternals for being an absolute dredge of a film. And even that gets like fresh, but it's not super fresh. So it's like, ooh, what's wrong? But that, that, that was a piece of crap. Um, so but even the fan ratings, like if you go on IMDb and Letterboxd, like that has way better scores than Jurassic World, San Andreas, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean movies. It's like that's I'm, now you're losing me. <laughs> it's weird. It's like there's, there was this guy called George Gerbner and he put forward a theory called cultivation theory. And the concept was that if we drip feed, if opinion leaders drip feed sort of a theory long enough, it becomes adopted by by the whole. And you can see in a lot of social justice issues and things like that, you see the positives of it. 
But then somewhere along the, the way, when Marvel came along and it was like, wow, superhero movies are actually really, really decent in some respects. It became Not this X-Men one and two and Spider-Man two and the Dark Knight movies yeah, were good before them. But. but it became it became this sort of rarefied air now but if it's got that marvel brand on it then we don't hey that that's an that's an excellent piece of and it, how many times do we see 92 percent, 94 percent, 91 percent, and you're going oh, so it became almost like pixar-esque in its sort of mm, yeah. reverence of its quality and so i'm just just thought I'd, I'd jump on that before i talk about my own sort of thing here uh first time i watched this i really didn't care for it that much i don't know if i was in a bad mood i don't know what the deal was i had a lot more fun with it this time than i did the first time there's still things that bug me claire doesn't bug me nearly as much as i mean if you thought i was negative this time you should have heard me after i watched (laughs) it the first time jay jeez and i really do think i've stumbled upon the idea that it just needs some more pieces to flesh it out it's asking its leads to do too much and we talked about chris pratt and how he wasn't very chris pratt in that which is a shame because chris pratt's greatest strength is probably being chris pratt and you know this was a film that was a little bit devoid of humor and one of the the commenters mentioned you know jeff gold and the humor and the swagger he brought to this and it was missing that bravado not at one point did we have that sort of a character and that was sorely missed um there's elements that are just it feels like we took shortcuts in order to play the hits but the hits when you've got them are really really good the end bit i mean it depends on your on your sort of situation are you are you all in love with these dinosaurs that are all fighting each other and has very little to do with the human characters that i actually care about or not um Despite all this, I had a good time. Um, even if the boys' storyline was a little bit tacked on, it felt like. Uh, it did enough to make me go, yeah, I mean, this, this is a fun film. This is a fun summer blockbuster yeah. film. Don't expect anything more than that. But it's enough to get me to go, oh, I don't know. Let's say uh, seven letters from divorce lawyers out of wow. ten. Yeah, no, I thought it was all right. Yeah. This was an all right film. Um, I also like to add to the viewers, just so I don't get in trouble. There is a Avengers Infinity War poster right behind me on the screen for is. them to see. So please don't at me that I hate the MCU or Marvel. But I don't, <laughs> don't want they. I like them all. I like all. And, of them. I, right, and I am not bending to the will of our guest. I will gladly disagree with a guest on a number of occasions. <laughs> uh, I was wrestling between seven and six and a half most of, most of the reviews we talked about, and the more we got, I was like, no, there are there are strong. So I'm, I'm really surprised by the five to say it's that close to being a bad film. I'm like, you kind of enjoyed it too. You made it, you said, you said it was fun a lot of times. That's why I was surprised. I was expecting yeah. a six or something. Yeah. A six think, would have been something I would have expected. Yeah. yeah. I think it's more because the reason I found it fun wasn't the film's intention. And I think because of that, that made me go, okay, if it's intentional, sure. But because of that, I'm going, that's it's, no, yeah. it's still people being chased by dinosaurs and most yeah. of the time i wasn't a i wasn't doubting the presence of the dinosaurs that clearly weren't really there and there, <laughs> there, there's something like, like that's a, that's a cool movie <laughs> it's a theme park <laughs> full of people being attacked by pterodactyls that's cool it's just uh, yeah it's, it's gonna bump its head trying to go much higher than that with who they mm-hmm. had doing what they had chris pratt's he should see a specialist for his back because he carried this thing <laughs> so uh what about the patreon ethan who is the voice of the people i got a feeling it might be you people are more, uh, sa- are more savage from behind keyboards yeah um it's i'd say they're closer to me uh they it's 4.3 so i'm just gonna say yeah, it's four the average is four uh we no, have no, if the average is 4.3 the average is 4.3 oh yeah so the average is 4.3 i don't know if i'm just gonna down on that um so we had a six from reverend bruce 
a two from Nate the Great and uh, a five from Dwayne Smith. Wow, Dwayne Smith. Yeah. So that's a four point three three repeating. Jeez, that yeah. is uh, that is something. Yeah, I was surprised by the two from from Nate. I don't think it's that. It's it's such it's schlocky fun. It's like I don't know. It's like it is turn your brain off popcorn stuff, which isn't terrible. It's it's fun. It's so I, I I was laughing so much when we recorded this. It's just entertaining. I tell you what, it scores higher than Empire Records, <laughs> which I think Empire Good. Records I Good. think Empire Records is our lowest. I think. Wow. Uh, it's it's definitely around there. Uh, I'm just looking for where train spotting because train spotting is the other one. Thanks to Georgia. Train spotting was low. Georgia gave it two out of ten. Jay. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She originally gave it a zero. We had to turn the mics off wow. and have a whole conversation because emotions were getting. I think she, if she had a choice now, I think she would legitimately give it a higher mark. I just think yeah. she was um, traumatized actually by a couple of scenes, and I think she completely wow. then turned on the movie as a result. I think she's found. Um, emotional distance now from situations sure. like that but well, she gave northwood pie a seven so i'll take it you know as long as you know if she hey, thinks my film is northwood pie is three and a it. half times better than train spotting so so yeah so there is uh that as always we want to close by thanking our patreon backers again reverend bruce julene hermes Dwayne smith katie mccray ian davies lena oberholzer chris peterson randall silva the Yeet meister nate the great and cheesy with a fish on a bike uh if you want to be on the pod if you want to help choose a movie go ahead check us out patreon.com slash bfe lots of tears but get in here pick your film put us through the ringer for the most part they've been really enjoyable so there we go thor week coming up like we talked about previously and this is the part where i'm supposed to get on my phone and record this because george is not here to do it herself so i need to record myself saying this so we'll put this up on the patreon in moments so here we go i'll turn it around on me there we are all right all right so we're at the conclusion here of the jurassic park episode and we are naming what next week's film is going to be i tweeted out earlier that i went to lynn this afternoon or early this afternoon in search of a american sweet shop to help determine what next week's film is going to be i was looking for some reese's pieces so you might have recognized i drew special attention to the amblin entertainment logo at the start of the film next week is the 40 year anniversary of et the extraterrestrial so next week we are seeing if et indeed is going to go home so wonderful ethan have you ever seen this buddy yeah i i used to watch this all the time as a kid i uh yeah so so it's been like a couple of weeks then yeah yeah, I've, it's been like two hours. Um, no, I lost my source. I must have been like nine or ten. So there is there is at least a, a 12-year gap between the last time I've seen this. So I, I cannot remember a single thing about this film. It's embarrassing how long. I, I don't think I've seen this movie in 
in in thirty years, but maybe wow, more than that. Wow. I think I think E. T. I compartmentalized as part of my childhood. Didn't go back to it. Didn't dislike it, but just went that that way. That was a kids movie, and haven't gone back to watch it. I don't know if kids have any reason to sort of go back and re and revisit it. Uh, I'll be very interested to hear from from my sister about. I imagine she'll watch it with with her kids. I'm very curious to hear if it holds up, especially even with the Spielbergian "Don't Call Me George Lucas" changes that um, <laughs> that that happened even in that universe as well, and what that means for the film itself. But uh, yeah, so, I mean, Jay, I mean, just, just any 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 passing thoughts on 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 ET and Elliot? I mean, it's ET. It's a classic. Steven Spielberg. It's it's the best. Um, I just think it's it's a tearjerker. Like I will say this: the one time I watched it, my most, best memory of it, I was like fifteen or sixteen. My little sister's like five or six. And the way the thing was set up, we had two different couches. My mom's on one couch, my sister's on another couch, and I'm just sitting on the stairs. And ET must be like 15, 20 minutes in. I just turn it on, and we all sit and watch. And we sit there and finish the whole movie together on different couches. And then when the movie like is ending and ET's going away, my little sister, five years old, turns around full blown tears screaming and crying i've never to this day like seen her cry that much like her mother just got taken and thrown in a van and driven up she is like please tell me they're gonna be okay please tell me she's gonna he's gonna see et again and it was i was crying and uh, i'm i look at my mom she's crying and i was like wow all three of us are crying three different generations three different couches et's great See, I really struggle with tear jerkers on the pod because I'm so busy taking notes. I think yeah, there is the same I, I, there's a level of emotional distance that I have as a result of that. So oh, yeah. I'm sure next week everybody else will be going, how could you? And I feel like I'm dead inside because I because, yeah, I, I can't uh, I can't do more than just trying to keep track of where the pod's got to go next. As someone who watches movies so much, it's funny, even with friends, like I can have it where I have friends over watching a movie and we're all eating chips and something and some scene will happen in a film. And then I'm like, everyone's was like, guys, stop. We have to go back. We were all eating chips. We all put, this is a great moment. Everyone goes that. We were wine 90 <laughs> seconds. Everyone be quiet. Shut up. And all of a sudden, 90 seconds later, we're crying because we're like all invested versus like, oh, dropping the salsa, picking up the salsa, yeah. passing the guac. You know, it really does change your, I mean, if a movie's bad, it can make it worse because now you're bored times two. But if a movie's great, it does make it better to pay full attention to it, obviously. Absolutely. But you, but you, you have a job to do, and you're doing it very well. So thank, well, you. thank you very much. Hey. I, I'm, the, I'm the exception. Uh, that's why that I do it very well. <laughs> <laughs> but in the idea that I gotta get I'm, invited back somehow, right? That's I mean, right. Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, hashtag free Jay Salahi or, or don't or bring back Jay Salahi. Uh, I don't know. I mean, um, I, I really hope I don't go back and watch it and feel the age of it. I hope I'm still lost in the magic of it as much as I can be, given that, given that time, because it really has been. Like, I probably haven't watched this since I've been about. I imagine before I moved to England. So. Oh shoot! That no, hang on. It can't be that late, can it? I imagine. I know. I. I'm pretty sure I can say. I know I haven't seen it since I returned to Canada. So, I'm probably looking at thirty something years for sure since I've seen this film. So, wow. yeah, it's been on the docket for a while. I just wanted to make sure that it's. Uh, yeah, it's surprising. I went, oh shoot! It's already here. It's already et. Because I, I make these schedules up like months and months and months in advance. Mm. So, uh, w- before we go though, we want to give just a massive thank you to Jay for coming and spending some time with us. We're down oh, yeah. a couple of people. Georgia wants you to know it's nothing about you. That's not the reason why <laughs> she seems to always be away when 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 you're on the pod. I guess Liam as well. Because last time it was me, you and Hermes, I think. Yeah, doing a little bit of a guest spot there. So it's the first time we've been on a podcast with 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 jay because was that spider-man was i was i gone for spider-man what did we have you on the first time for jay what was that i was on forrest gump 
Forrest Gump. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you there? No. No, I wasn't. I no, don't think were, I was. I wasn't on the the team yet. You were, you were, you were yeah. kind of in the. Uh, you were kind of uh, the. I was in. The, I was in the atmosphere. I just hadn't. Yeah, like, you were kind of like in case of emergency, break glass, and here comes yeah. Ethan. He was on the reserve <laughs> yeah. list. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'll say the the podcast you guys did with me for my film is available too. If you scroll down a year, you can find Northwood Pie if you yeah. that movie and want to hear me talk about the movie for a while. That was intimidating because I, I'm sitting there going, I've just talked about this guy's film for like, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours. <laughs> and he might go back and listen to this and be like, what did you, oh, I hate everything you guys have said. You guys are butch. You don't understand what I'm trying to do with my movie. And in the same breath, I'm sitting there going, I remember telling the team, look, if, if, if the film's not, not great, we can't come on here and just lie. So when we all sure. watched the film, it was like, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be. And thankfully it, it, it was really, it was really strong. I think I watched it first once by myself to give it the thumbs up and go, yes, that we'll definitely have Jay on the pod. Cause it's like, cause we get, I, I get rec- not as much anymore, but it used to be, I must have been in some sort of loop with a bunch of independent filmmakers where I was wow. getting a lot of, a lot of contact for a lot of movies and I'd watch, I, I'm glad I, I started really going. I need to watch this before I say yes, because there was one who asked to bring it. And it was a. Tr- I really wanted to because there was an actor on it who was like um, sort of semi in the mainstream, and I was like, "Oh, okay. it'd be cool if we could have so and so potentially join." And I watched the film, and it was the least professional film I think I've ever watched in my life. Wow. Like just just horrendous sound mixing like the lips are moving but the dialogue is from a different scene or something like that like they've clearly taken (laughs) one takes audio and applied it to this scene which they don't have oh just just dreadful and i'm like there's spelling mistakes in the credits i'm going i can't even i can't i at one point it was the word supervisor and it was spelled wrong all four times it was on the screen but it wasn't even the same misspelling they were inconsistent as far as that (laughs) went so i was like i can't bring the it it would just be i'd be shooting my credibility in the foot and I would also, I don't want to bring someone on and, and, and be mean. I don't want to be that guy either. Oh, of because course, yeah. That, that's just, that's not who I'm interested in being. So it's just easier if I, I did, a, they kept messaging me. I finally had to go, look, I've watched your film. It's just not the kind of thing that we're <laughs> really up for at this point. And I, I felt like a jerk, but it was a lot easier than saying, this was really rough. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, now I'm excited because I'm going to keep making movies and I'm going to be able to like, and you're going to have to like, for, I'm going to wow. have to wait for you to hear. Wait like, until the next know, time when we have to be like, this wasn't very good, Jay. Yeah, I'm saying. We're gonna, I've, I've done like 50 <laughs> podcasts with you in like 10 years from now. And you're going to have to be in like, Jay, I didn't like your movie. Oh. <laughs> and, do, and I'm, I'm going to sit on the podcast for two hours and listen to you guys talk about it. I'll have to have <laughs> you actually defend your own movie as a result. Of <laughs> but I remember there were things where I was like, if, if you're, if we're going on for a little bit on it, but that's okay. Where I'm like, you know, Jay, I didn't quite get why you put the camera here. And then you explained it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was still going, I'm not sure I understand. I don't know if it would be my choice, but I understand your motivations for making that choice now. And that's something that you like, how often in life do you have the chance to do that? It really is, is something to go ahead and say, tell me about this. Cause I wasn't sure about this. What was going on? And you have some great story about what was going on in the set or the limitations that you had or what you were inspired by and trying to accomplish. So if anybody's out there and you like, listen, like watch first off, watch northwood pie because it's 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 what i said earlier it's it's, it's a it's a lovely little film it's three and a half times better than train spotting three and a half times better than train spotting <laughs> and then uh I, i've ranked it the same as jurassic world so there we go <laughs> wow, that's an honor so, that is an honor so there we go uh and go ahead and give that uh, a, a a watch and we uh, jay as always we'd love to have you back when, when whenever you're free to come by yeah. um in case of emergency we'd love to break glass and uh and get us a little a little jay in the pod 
Yeah, thank you. Anytime. I had a blast. It was great to talk to you too, Ethan. I mean, I haven't been on before with yeah. you, I don't think, so it was great. No, I had always a fun time, always willing to come back. And one day I'm going to get over there and take everybody to the Alton Towers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I will sit on the side and take pictures and, and, and hold, <laughs> hold, hold hats and bags and things like that for everybody else. That sounds fine by me. You're saving us a locker purchase, so thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm just afraid if a pterodactyls come out, I'm getting out of there first. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not waiting for you guys. <laughs> Oh, I'm trying. Oh, I lie. I was a little intimidated because I'm like, oh, I actually get to speak to the Fable J that we that we've we've like hyped up for for over a year, and I was like, I don't I don't want my media takes to seem really really bad. No, you have a great shirt. And you have a great uh, forest <laughs> trooper thing behind. What are they called again? The forest the forest troopers. Oh, uh, the scout you? trooper. Yeah, scout trooper. Oh, come on, it looks great. No, you're a super nice, super funny guy. Thank you. Great talking. I'm just looking for a line to get out of here on, but I don't think it's going to happen. I can't think, I'll say this about the film. I can't think of a single quote from this film that's really resonating with me. Welcome to Jurassic World. Yeah, I'll say about as much passion as she did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's just go ahead and wrap it up. So uh, thanks again to Jay, and thanks yeah. everybody for, for, for listening. Please join us next week when we tackle the Steven Spielberg childhood classic, E.T., The Extraterrestrial. For best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Ethan. And I've been Jay. And I'm looking down the barrel of the gun, ready for my elevator shot, because ladies and gentlemen, the park is now closed. We'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flop. Flippity flip flop.